to the Pulp MX Show, presented by BTOSports.com. Coming to you live from Las Vegas, right outside the Lion's Den, with your hosts, Steve Mathis and David Villaman. And now, strap in and get ready. It's showtime. I just don't like the guy. The guy's just a douchebag. Wah, wah, wah. Welcome, everybody. It is Monday night, June 6th, 6 p.m. Pacific. The Pulp of Mech Show presented by BTOsports.com and Fly Racing. Coming at you live from Las Vegas. Here we are. Strap in and join us, please. Hopefully we don't get our co-host too angry. Starts yelling at us. PulpMechShow.com. You listen to the show on iTunes. The archive on iTunes. You listen live on TuneIn. You can get on the uh, PulpMex app. You can listen live on the app. And, uh, yeah, we thank everybody. We appreciate it. Guests tonight, Matt Bichelia, Oscar Weirdeman, Ryan Lockhart, David Pingree, Denny Stevenson. A jam-packed show. Lockhart's going to talk about the Canadian Nationals. Ping wants to get get a reminder in about an auction he's doing. Denny Stevenson wants to talk Nationals. Oscar Weirdman will talk about Kenny Roxon's dominating 1-1 performance. Matt Bichelia, perhaps a surprise of Lakewood on the Yoshimura Suzuki bike. Thanks for listening, everybody. BTOsports.com, Fly Racing, NFAB Jeep and Truck Parts, Race Tech Suspension, Vortex Racing, X-Brand Goggles, Hot Cams, Gear Alloy, Works Connection, Michelin Starcross 5, Atlas Neck Brace, FMF Racing, W Wheels, Guts Racing, KTMPartsExpress.com, Roos Graphics, and Two Under. All on board with us tonight. Michelin Starcross 5, brand new tire out for Michelin. Whatever you thought about Michelin's before, scrap it. Get a Michelin Starcross 5. MichelinMotorcycles.com. We're having a great uh, luck and success with that tire. Uh, for the month of June first uh, until July 31st. They are at running a contest right now. If you buy a set of Michelin Starcross 5, you get a brand new pair of X-Brand goggles. That's right. Get a set of, Buy a set of tires, get a free pair of X-Brand goggles. X-Brand goggles, a choice of champions everywhere. Uh, go to Sponsor Deals on PulpMexShow.com. Under Sponsor Deals, you will find all the rules open to everybody in the USA. Just send in your receipt. Get a free pair of goggles. Get some tires, and you're in. You're set. And KTMPartsExpress.com. PulpMex16 is the code. 35 years of experience in the industry. They are there to serve you with a huge inventory, great prices, and fast, dependable service. The experienced staff at KTMPartsExpress.com will process your order with speed and accuracy. KTM Power Parts, Powerware Accessories, your number one online source for genuine KTM parts. KTMPartsExpress.com. We thank those guys as well. With me in studio to break down Lakewood, to perhaps get angry at something, he is a former GP motocross winner, a former AMA Supercross winner, an AMA motocross winner. The man beat McGrath. The man beat Carmichael. The man beat Pastrana. The man beat Wyndham. He beat Ferry. He beat Reed. He beat Stewart. He beat them all at one time or another. The great David Villeman. Hey, what's up? You like that intro? Yeah. No, <laughs> not really. <laughs> it's hard to get you excited, bro. Uh, thanks for coming in, DV. Appreciate it, man. Uh, no you, worries. You excited to come in? Talk, talk some moto? Yeah, I drove four hours to get here yeah. by myself in the heat. <laughs> now, let's talk about your bet yesterday. So, you call me just or text me, bro, how much money do you have in your house? <laughs> and I'm like, what do you mean? He, no, know, the first I said, the first take was, was uh, 
Can you loan me money for 24 hours? Yeah, right, which I know you're good for. I would absolutely loan you money. It's Sunday, and you said, how much do you have in your house? And I, or no, how much can you get? And I said, I don't know, like 10 grand or something? And then you said, okay, put it on the, on the, on the Warriors, on the spread. And I'm like, okay. And then I'm like, wait, the bank is closed. And then I said, I think my ATM limit's a thousand, and you were very upset at that. And then it turns out my ATM limit was only eight hundred. I scrounged up another hundred and ten dollars. I ran to the casino for you. I got the time of the game wrong, so I thought I had more time than what I really did. You, bu- you, you believed in the Warriors so much, and you won. You easily won your bet. We bet you bet nine hundred and ten dollars of my money, and you <laughs> and you won eight hundred and sixty-seven bucks. So congratulations. That's pretty good, right? You yeah. just knew the Warriors were going to win by six. Yeah, I think that was free money. Now, you, you were surprised I had no cash in my house. So, this begs you the question. Do you have cash in your house? Like, do you have? Uh, no, we, no. Okay, all right. Uh, maybe we don't want to talk I, about I, that. But I used to, but, okay. you know, to me, times was, are tough. <laughs> to me, it seems. I don't, I don't race uh, your Supercross in Europe anymore. <laughs> right. That's what I mean. Like, like, to me, like, I don't have, I have my money in a bank. Like, I don't have it in jars like Larry Ward or, or, or back like, you know, in socks or anything. So, um, I thought that was really funny that you were like, <laughs> you were like, what? Um, so we're going to talk about Lakewood with uh, David Villeman, uh, the BTOsports.com tweet at Travis segment, the X brand goggle tear offs, race tech emails, the NFAB question of the day, and the NFAB JGR check in with Buddy Antonis tonight, and also the uh, Gear Alloy cold call. And to do that and much more, take your calls, produce the show behind the scenes. He's uh, building the new Pulpamex app. Travis Marks, what's up, Travis? Hello. A new app looks good, bro. Thanks, man. It's coming along. I don't want to put any pressure on you, but you said maybe a month. Yeah, I said about a month, probably. Okay, yeah. it looks good so far. Thank You're you. doing a great job. We'll see. You and Swisscore, busy little beavers over there. Now, we were having a debate before the show about our app. We charge $1.99 for the old app right now. Correct. Do we charge again? We're all on the fence about that. We don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It, it's going to be much improved. It's going to work. You're going to be able to listen to shows and work on your phone. You're going to be able to not need a different link for iOS 8. You're going to have ringtone. It's going to be way better. Way better. You got to pay for it if it's better. Yeah. I Charge him like 500 a pop. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're not all Supercross, you know, Supercross yeah. champions. Great radio. Um, I don't know. It's uh, okay. Well, it's tough. Maybe we can get some feedback, but who knows? Look to me, it's two fucking dollars. Like, who cares? But, I know. But people seem to so, care. Yeah. Well, people seem to that's care. That's what I'm saying. But people don't realize they go and spend five dollars at Starbucks daily. Yeah. But yet, those are the same people that complain about spending a dollar or two on an app that they'll use and keep. So, guys, for years. go to AMPM, get a a coffee for one sixty nine mm-hmm. instead of Starbucks yeah. one day. Okay. And then get the app. The <laughs> We got It looks good, and it's going to be good. And Travis, we got to pay you for your time and everything else for building this. So we're putting a substantial investment into this app, and uh, so we'll see. I, I, Is Travis good? Is he doing a good job or what? As producer of the show or on the app? On the app. Hmm. Yeah, he's killing it. He's doing. I, I think the Gibbs, screenshots. I think Gibbs would have done a better job. Gibbs would not be able to build an app. <laughs> I, I'm, there's there's things about Gibbs Damn. that I'm confident in, and one of them is that he would not be able to build an app. I've actually been collaborating oh. with Gibbs behind the scenes. That's oh, what you don't know. Oh, 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 jeez. Oh, 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 Listen to me. Uh, we do need an Android tester. If we have like a solid fan that's yeah. an Android, I got a couple we... buddies that might help out. But okay, yeah, I mean, All right. we can maybe uh, get no, a couple testers. You know testers. what? They, they shouldn't have the app. If you have an Android phone. You shouldn't be allowed to have Bob Max. <laughs> what was that? I don't know. Why do you say that? 
I, I mean, Androids how, are big sellers. I know, but dude. Dude. How can you? Oh, I worked on with a Samsung. Like I tried a Samsung one day. Yeah. Say, There's no way. How how do they do it? With that stupid phone. I don't know how they do it. They do it somehow. Uh, David Villeman brought to you by RoostMX.net. The folks at RoostMX, big part of the Cycle Trader Rock River team with Colt Nichols, uh, Ranslin, and Tommy Hahn. RoostMX.net, custom Pulpamex uh, graphics, Pulpamex sticker kits, uh, shirts, everything else. And if you don't want that, they make custom graphics anyways. And uh, uh, they like lots of uh, great stuff on there. You can customize trailer graphics and wraps and everything else. They'll customize your bike graphics, put your sponsor logos on it, all that kind of stuff. Uh, RoostMX.net brings you... David Villeman, the great David Villeman. How's your phone, DV? Is everything good? I need your attention. I need you to focus on pull I'm, I'm focusing. Okay. All right. Uh, I'm doing some marketing right now. So people <laughs> marketing? Okay. Yes. Yeah, so people uh, listen to me. Raining Yellow, what's up? What's hey, so this Axel Hodges kid, what's his story? Axel Hodges is the brother of Dirt Shark. No kidding. Yeah. Wow. I did not know that. So... Clearly, I, I've seen the kids' Instagram videos. This kid is talented, ridiculous, you know, ridiculous talent. What's his story? Has he done Loretta's? Or? Yeah, he raced Loretta's. I think he won the C-Class at Loretta's. Um, they, he's, yeah, Chad had him ride. Uh, Chad helped him out when Chad had Team 2-2 or something, did something. So, um, Right. Yeah, I don't know. I think his racing career is over. I don't know if he's going to try to be anything in racing but i'm not exactly sure wow. but um he's got monster money but bro monster money backing him so he's good well yeah and he's got his brother to bust out the camera i i saw yeah. that he had posted like little bro or whatever but i didn't think it was literally yeah literally it's his little bro so wow. uh axel hodges yeah and he's in best whip and dv did you watch five minutes of the x games actually i did you did yeah. what'd, what'd you watch um a little bit of the quarter pipe uh, best whip and big gear. Is that okay. big, is they call it big gear? I don't know. I didn't watch the, the, the one one jump. The one jump. I thought that was just best trick. Best trick. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I didn't hey, watch. What do you think of uh, what do you think of the kid's gear though? Was that stuff cool or what? What what, what gear? Hodges gear. Yeah, I know you've seen the the two piece set and. No, no, I I, I didn't really notice it. I really didn't. Seriously, if cool. you watch X Game to see the gear, it's not good. You know, they yeah. always come well, out. Well, no, that that was just something I noticed. But uh, on a serious note, and then I'll let you guys go. I've, I've been meaning to say this for a while since Kenny Taco Bell was on. Uh huh. I used to judge Vicky Golden kind of a book by its cover. She kind of looked like like this bro type chick, and uh huh. Kind of got it. Well, anyways, I listened to Kenny. I watched the Vicky Golden project, and I even was was telling my wife to do the same because she was on the she's a bro chick vibe too she is not what she seems and she earned my utmost utmost respect and uh for anyone who's hating on the chick and talking crap do a service watch the video series and it'll change your mind and uh have a good show guys thanks Randy yellow thanks bud see ya uh all right everybody uh well said on that um DV, uh, Lakewood. So, Savachi goes 2-1, should have went 1-1, and Kenny Roxon goes 1-1. Um, and we didn't, we didn't do a column on, uh, on Pulp MX because you're coming up here, so you're going to break it down for us here. Roxon's second moto, he got pinched off the start, and Dunge crashed in the first moto, or second moto, from the first lap, which had to suck for him. Uh, Kenny's surprising, though. We knew he'd be good. 
but he should have six. He should be six for six right now, and he's on another level. What's what's he doing better? What's happening? Are you shocked? No, I think we talked about it. I think he's uh, um, like I said before, he's desperate in a good way to 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 win a title. It's mm-hmm. been a while. I think he's he's one of the favorite to win anything. Mm-hmm. You know, when the season starts. So I think uh, you know, last year he was here and uh, in Supercross. Uh, last year he got hurt too. He mm-hmm. was leading. This year wasn't too good. I think it was to win. Like he's, you know, um, the, everybody has zero points at the beginning of the year. So a new series. Um, I think he give it a little, a little bit more than Dungey. I think Dungey is not really comfortable yet. And then J- he has tough time to get out of his comfort zone to to reach the next level. Mm-hmm. So he, he's always going to stay. Um, really, like uh, in his in his safe, yeah, you know, yeah. And I think uh, uh, being like that, staying safe, and not being at the 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 level it should be at to win races, mm-hmm. then that gives you the difference between those two guys. But I think uh, Kenny's riding well. Fitness wise, is there? Um, what, what do you really make? aggressive? Okay. Yeah. Like uh, yeah. aggressive in a good way, where not aggressive towards other riders, but to get to the front. The first one in Langtown, yeah, was amazing. Yeah. He passed six guys in half a lap. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like there was right. standing good, good still. Good guys, six good guys. <laughs> six good guys in half a lap. Right. And he gets to the front, and that's it. So, um, I think that's that's the way. To, I think that's. Um, the case right now. I think uh, I don't think um, Dungey is very comfortable with the bike yet. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. You know because the bike's pretty much the same. It's, sa- it's the same as last year when he dominated. I, you know. I know. Yeah. So uh, <clears throat> you know we talked about it with Stu on the show last time I was here. Mm-hmm. I think everybody's trying to try too many things, and then um, you know some people say, "Oh, if you don't evolve, you." You go backwards, mm-hmm. but at one point, if there's something that works, do you really need to try new shit that you don't know is gonna work? Uh-huh. Why don't you put like last year's setup on Dungey's bike? Say you know what, R- race with that. It was good last year, and it's gonna be good this year. Mm-hmm. You know, uh- that's kind kind of the thing. You know, same same with Tomac. If you give Tomac his Honda from last year, you know. Put uh, green plastic on, it's going to be better than this year. <laughs> uh, Kenny's momentum in the corners is great. Like, he's shortening up the track, but still carrying all his speed. Like, I I really notice him getting over jumps easier than the other guys because he's carrying more speed on an inside line. Or You know, you know? You know who's the most impressive in the rust in, in uh, Lakewood? Hmm. Was Alex Martin. <laughs> you think? The most it, impressive guy. The most impressive, like... Uh, I'm talking about technique. Yep. It was it was him for sure. Like you know the big downhill? Yeah, like, like where Tomac crashed? Or No, the one before that. Yeah, yeah. So when you're all the way to the top, yeah. the highest yeah, and you thing go, yeah. and then you drop down mm-hmm. and then you have that big sweep on the bottom. You have a left, yeah. He was so good in that long inside rut. It was insane. You see guys like they go That's in, where they he kinda, passed his brother. That's where yeah. he passed his brother. He scrubbed up at that jump. And, yeah. And, yeah. When and when you go to those, uh, you don't want to get too fast in a, a long rut like that, because when you get too fast, the suspension compress, and when they compress too much, they have to rebound at one point. Mm-hmm. When they rebound, you lose 
a balance and then it's tough to be really smooth and then so you have to get in and kind of break a little before and just keep you know let the uh, the brake go mm -hmm. early and just get like you know throttle control like a yeah. little bit of throttle and just roll the turn and that's the technique you have in those long ruts if you want to get super fast in the long run and then you're going to get stuck in it like the suspension compress rebound too much and then you lose balance you have to shut off and then yeah and then you're, sometimes you're, 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 your body is off and yeah. yeah yeah and he was doing great and also obviously roxanne is doing a great job um let me get let me switch we'll talk about alex martin for sure because i want to ask you about how he got so much better because he used to not be this good but i want to talk about roxanne first um last week he said he ate mac and cheese and steak on friday night uh this week he instagrammed a photo of a donut and said he had a donut then after the race he said he feels like he could eat a pizza this is all done on purpose in my mind he's not saying these things uh just because it comes to mind he but wants to it, point out that yeah, that his leaving alden was is is fine yeah, I think but, he's playing with the crowd okay. and everything. It, it's, Where do you it's stand a, on that? What, it, do, you, it, do you care? It's it, an act, and it's good. It puts a little fuel to the fire, you know. Obviously, uh, you know. Do I agree with Aldon's uh, training regimen? No. Do I agree on other guys? No. I agree on on different things. Yeah, some things uh, of Aldon are good, right? And some things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But you know, I think it, nowadays everybody. It's all about the training side of things. People train more than they ride. You know, I don't think uh, Steve Curry is spending more time on a bicycle at the gym than shooting actually the basketball. Yeah, you are, you've always said this. You're always like, ride the motorcycle. <laughs> you got to ride the bike. You got to ride the bike. And ride that's bike, and that's ride the what you do. And ride it you know, smart, right? And ride we're watching the yeah. Angel game. You think Mike Trout spent more time at the gym on a bicycle than hitting balls or like uh, playing, you know, practicing defense and yeah. stuff? No, you got to do, you know, those guys, they spend way too much time on the training side. And, you know, that could work for some people, but I don't agree mm -hmm. because – um, we're losing the technique in the sport. When you put like three rats in Supercross, it looks like you, you're watching an REM race like Glen Helen on Saturday morning. <laughs> it's not the, that bad, but yeah, okay. All right. They don't have to ride rats. Right. Like everybody crashed, they're going to A-bails, they don't know <laughs> what's going on, you know? Yeah. Because they ride on chocolate cake all week. Their man friend they preps do. the track. Their yeah, man friend preps they water the track. the right. track. If there's right. like one ounce of dust, a little right. water. There's one rut, they jump on a freaking bobcat and go fix it, <laughs> you know. And yeah. then they spend, you know, three hours on the bicycle, two hours at the gym. That's five hours, you know. They never spend five hours on the bike a day. That's not possible. Mm -hmm. Yes, it's not possible because it'd be too much, but... Instead of, you know, getting a pit ball and doing laps and laps, you got to work the technique, mm -hmm. you know, the proper corner technique, uh, rats, front brake, no real brake, no clutch, you know. And in, in Supercross, it's everybody sit bounce now. I don't know. It's, you know. Right. You know. Too much seat bounce, uh, no corner Dude, speed. You know, it's it's like nobody work on that thing. You want to talk about technique? A few few passes Roxon made, 
he would soak the jump up and his rear wheel would never leave the ground. And then, like, the pass he made on Canard. Like manual, comes, like ma- a manual he, he BMX. Manual, yeah, he manuals the jump. And he has so much more drive than Canard. He goes around him on the outside up a hill and comes in. I'm just like, oh, man. Like, if, um, it, The thing is, people once when I, I don't really follow too much. But what I see is they want to go fast before they learn the technique. You know, it's like... It's like playing baseball. It's like wanting to do home runs, you know, before you know how to hit yeah, the ball and put your elbows up so and all that. So uh, you need to <laughs> work technique. And I think Roxen, you know, um, it's better like this because he might, you know, uh, less training, mm-hmm. more time on the bike. You- and you see it when you pass six guys, you know, on lines that you never took in right. practice because you were on the fast line. Oh, obviously, he passed those guys. He wasn't on the fast line. and But he has enough technique to compensate where wherever he goes on the track, he knows what to do and adapt yeah. in a second. The one thing about Kenny saying all this is, okay, I agree. It's funny. Ha, okay, you're sh- you, know, you're, you want to show. But Kenny, if Kenny wins this 450 outdoor title, it'll be like, hey – 94, Dungey beat you in three out of four titles since you left Alden. So, yeah, it's great that you won. You know, if he wins this one, it's awesome that you won. But it's okay. Let, it's back, okay. It's it okay down. to talk shit a little bit. Okay. But let's don't go. you like Draymond Green? I don't know who from that the, is. I don't know who that is. From the Warriors. He know. talks shit all the time. Does he? Okay. You know, Muhammad Ali uh, talks shit yeah, all the time. If, you know, people <laughs> like it. Right. But it doesn't matter what you eat. It matters because all now the trainers, they're all like gluten-free and this-free and that-free and, uh, you know, uh, blowjob-free uh, before the race. Uh, you know, it's, they, need right. to, they, yeah. they need to stop this. Seriously, JMB was eating Kit Kats in front of Stanton. Right, right. It's just a mental game. It you is. Know? It is. And it doesn't matter what you eat. You know, when you're burning uh, so many calories, you're just, it's Armstrong. Yeah. When Armstrong was, uh, you can see those documentaries. Yeah. When Armstrong was like training for, uh, Tour de France and he was going to France actually doing the stages. So he knew exactly where to go and stuff. Mm-hmm. He was eating whatever it was chips, cookies, whatever. You, if you're a Roxanne or a Dungy or whatever, and during the season, you can pretty much eat whatever you want. Did you? When you were top of your game? Yeah, I I ate right, though. Yeah. But you could eat. But, but it doesn't matter you if would you have, You would have a Sunday or something? You're, you're fine with eating? Uh, yeah. yeah. Okay, right. You can go to five guys and get the, the biggest thing you want. Okay. It doesn't matter. And, really. still be, and still beat Ferry and McGrath it, on the weekends? It doesn't matter. Right. You know, uh, those guys work too much. They, they burn so many calories. And then look at them. Look at right. those guys. You look at Roxanne, you know, he's super fit. It doesn't matter what he eats. He right. can eat a donut before a moto. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, be it's fine. fine. I, I just think yeah. it's funny. He's, he's jab-jabbing. He's but, jab-jab at, at Dungey and Alden. But the thing is, 20 years ago, we wouldn't have this conversation. You know? We, we, we wouldn't. Well, in, we would, in the 90s, yeah, yeah. you think uh, McGrath and Hemig, they were like on top of the game. Maybe mm-hmm. even better on the world scene than Americans now, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. You really think yeah, they yeah, ate yeah. gluten-free and they ate, like, <laughs> broccoli and stuff? Right. No. No. They went to strip clubs and beat everybody's, you know, straight up. Yeah. <clears throat> I think it's more like on the nowadays, so many, like... Uh, bike setup, 
uh, working hard, grinding, training, like working yeah. on my bike setup. But yeah. you know what? Right. That, He's this, getting serious. DV just he was stuff, in relaxed mode, and now he is getting but, serious. But uh, <laughs> yeah, but this stuff gets so serious because right. it gives actually work to those trainers. Yeah. You know, because you know maybe the riders like to to hear, oh, you should eat a. This super bread, gluten free from uh, Trader Joe's, you know, like you'll be better if you eat that. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter. Bottom line is, you have to fucking pin it. Mm-hmm. You have to go ride. You have to wake up, and you have to do the homework on a on a bike. It doesn't matter. Right. I can eat gluten free until next year in Anaheim. <laughs> I'm gonna suck. Right. You know. Well, maybe not you, but hey, most people. Will I'm ride. gonna I'm gonna ride th- two hours of bicycle all day. Yeah. Eat gluten free. Yeah. And uh, eat broccoli all day. Uh-huh. And in Anaheim, I'll suck. You'd make the night show. I might, but you, you know what I mean. Right you you know make I mean? the night show within a little the bit. The priority of is not. You, know. you can go with the hat on backwards with your shoes and go through the wolves. But, okay, look, but, but hey. Ro- Roxanne says something about he, he wasn't eating anything, you know, when he was with Eldon. Yeah, those guys are pretty strict, I've heard. Yeah, I've, I've heard from uh, some guys. Yeah, yeah. Adam, Adam's told me things about being on the program, and, and Kenny has, and everybody but else. You, need, yeah. you know, you have to eat, you know, right. two, um, 3,000 calories a day. If mm, not, you die, if, you know. Matt Bichelia coming up here shortly. Uh, we have five minutes, DV. I want to talk to you about Eli Tomac. So. Um, okay, so the second moto, Dungey was bite behind him, two, three bikes behind him when Dungey got up, and I was like, if Dungey catches and passes Tomac and goes on, Eli's going to lose it. He didn't. He rode great. Eli pulled away, got second. His- I saw the lap times. Um, the first few laps, he was kind of slower than uh, yeah. Roxanne, and, and then and- from like, you know, the middle eight laps, he was faster than right. Roxanne. His starts were absolutely dog shit. So, like, what do you think? I, I've always thought, and Red Dog sucked at starts in Supercross, and he was good, better in them outdoors. And it was because it was all between the ears. He knew that he could do well outdoors, I feel. We used to burn through clutches in, at the test track left and right. Elbow, RPMs, everything else. And now these teams with data, they know what RPMs you need to be in because a light comes up and tells them, like, hey, here's your RPM. It's all between the ears, right? Like with Tomac, like he, there's the bike's fast. He knows how to start. What's what's the deal? Yeah, it's tough. Yeah. I mean, ask Michael Oroko. He hasn't got a start in twenty years. <laughs> I just, you know, he, so, he mentioned practicing starts, and I think you shouldn't. No practice starts. No, it doesn't matter. I never practiced all. No, ever. you know, some guys like like MC would actually test his bike for the start. Uh-huh. Every time they put something on his bike, engine wise, he would do like twenty starts. Because he was setting his bike up to start good, to start good, and then it would compensate he if would, it wasn't yeah, as good on the track. Right. He would see, because yeah. back in the day, that was kind of like his deal, you know, like yeah. get up front, do 10 laps, and then, you know, that was kind of the, the deal. But, um, yeah, I think it, there's maybe a mental block on Eli. Totally, and, man. Uh, and what I is, think, you know, um, obviously, you know, I've watched him this weekend. Um, I watched the... Um, even in practice, he was the fastest one. I watched practice three, online. Three poles, uh, three races. Yeah. 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 And um, uh, his front end is weird. It's weird. I think it was super stiff, weird, moving a lot. Um, Does he need the Michael Lessie KYB fork show a shock combo? Oh, oh my, my combo when I was in the 80s, I had a, on my case 80, <laughs> I had um, white power forks, uh-huh. all in shock. WP. 
W Fox, <laughs> yeah, yeah. White Power. Well, yeah, yeah. And then, um. uh, no, but yeah, I think that's uh, obviously he can go fast. Uh, it's tough for him to get up front. Um, mm-hmm. But obviously, Kawi, you know, they know how to. Yeah. The bike's good, no, so he has no. to get up front. You three, know? He, he laid down three fast laps out of everybody in three races. He can go faster than those guys. He's not gotten the start at all. And as great as he rode in the second moto, and he did, if Dungey hadn't fallen, who knows? You know, Dungey was second when he fell, and Kenny was probably going to the front no matter what. Eli might have been looking at another third place. It's yeah, just, I think it's he bizarre. needs to get up front. Um, bike might be good for one lap, might not be good for a moto two. You know, like stalls, they need to figure it out. But um, you know, his front end in uh, compared to other guys in practice, even if he was the fastest, wasn't right. wasn't up to par. I wouldn't. You know, you could see other guys like having like a better setup than him. Mm-hmm. I think his front end was kind of weird. At, um, at do you there. his second moto? Uh, it hasn't been a great outdoor season for him. He's gotten caught in pass late in races, which is weird. And he's not been as good as we thought he would be. That second moto at Colorado all gives us hope that he can maybe win, right? Or is it still Kenny's deal? Yeah, yeah, is it still think, Kenny's world? You know, I th- and I've said it before. It seems like um, uh, with Tomac, he needs to be on the pipe wide open like uh last year you know like um but now hold on a aggressive yeah, and yeah. stuff but it, it might be tough for him to kind of like ride safe and go fast so right. that's also like might he be, remembers the pain of cartwheeling uh, no you know. no it's oh. not this it's more like a, um he has to pin it to go fast kind of like uh like a Barsha in 250 class yeah. you know like well, you've been a critic of Barsha's 450 skill yeah, yeah. but Tomac was a little like this in 250, remember? Mm-hmm. You know, wide oh, yeah. open, outside. Back, yeah, you know. tall dude. He's yeah. just, yeah. And I think he had to do that because his bike, you know, he was so big at some point. Yeah, yeah. and then 450, he changed it a little bit. But really, to be successful in the 450 class nowadays, you need to be super smooth. So mm-hmm. Like, you see, obviously, Dungy in Supercross Outdoors last year. And also Roxanne, you know. Um, it Tomac, the, the first five races last year, first five models, he was a little sketchy up, at, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah, he, You know, Roxanne could have went five, six for six. It's not sketchy at all. It, do you see anybody beating Kenny? In yeah, the, he, I will, mean, he will get beat. Hopefully. <laughs> you think he's going to go 24-0? Wow, 23. Uh, 20, yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But... Um, uh, for us, he won. Yeah, he won no, six, absolutely. You know? yeah, so absolutely. No, he, he should have. He won yeah. the first one. Uh, and, let's yeah. quickly, before we get to Matt Bichelia, let's take some calls here uh, from Mike. Mike, what's going on, man? Welcome to Pulp Mech Show. Mike, you there? Yeah, I'm here. What's up? Hey, I know you don't follow road racing at all, but uh, early in the year, one of the uh, contracted riders for Yoshimura got hurt, and then in turn, they brought a fill-in rider in from Europe in the first race out. Uh, he went out and won two races. So at that point, they put him on the team, and they took the contracted guy, and they uh, put him in the different class, oh. but still well, he underneath must, the Yoshimura tent. He must have been stoked. Um, so, well, yeah. Yeah, I mean. But, I mean, it's something they've dealt with before, so right. I mean, if Matt's doing good. Um, Listen, you know, yeah, the, we have Matt on the line right now. The plan is for him, the both guys, to be back at high point, and Matt for – 
for Matt to be on the couch, and I can't believe that. I mean, he got yeah. he goes ten ten eighth overall. He rode well. The team has not had any finishes, so um, maybe they'll do that. I, they got to find a, they got to find a bike and a mechanic and a, and a room for this kid. I think if uh, based on Lakewood. So uh, thanks thanks for the call, man. I'm four hours from the track. I can come wrench for him. All right, perfect. There we go. Thanks, Mike. <laughs> Uh, Pulp Mech Show presented by BTOsports.com and uh, Fly Racing Hot Cams. Hot Cams want to help you get the extra power you need by offering all our listeners a 30% discount. Place at HotCamsInc.com at checkout. Type in the discount code HotCams2016. Lot of privateers and factory guys use Hot Cams out there. Move the power around. Give yourself more power. Tame the power a little bit. Camshafts are a big reason why you can do that on your motorcycle. And Hot Cams is pleased and proud to bring you our next guest. Maybe the surprise at Lakewood with a uh, 10-10 8th overall finish on his first ride on the 450. Matt Bichelia. What's up, Matt? How are you? I'm um, doing good, man. You know, just enjoying my day. Just got back from Colorado today. I actually flew in this morning and, uh, you know, went and hit a little gym session. Now I'm just uh, relaxing, enjoying my evening. How are you guys doing? Did you go to the course factory lot yesterday and just get wasted? What did you do yesterday? Just hang out? No, you know, it's funny that you say that. I did go to the course factory and mm-hmm. test the tour, but I did not get wasted. <laughs> I heard it's pretty cool. I've never gone, but I heard it's pretty cool. It is. It's really cool, man. Yeah. Like it's. Uh, it was definitely something I was glad I was able to do. Like uh, I have a bunch of buddies that live in Colorado, and I have some family. Like uh, actually, from you know both of my mom and dad's side of the family, they oh, okay. both live like yeah. My dad's side of the family, my uncle Don actually lives like a mile from the track in Lakewood. So. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So I just met up with all those guys. We went on the Coors tour, and then. Uh, we went to Top Golf and hit some clubs, and oh, well. yeah, just enjoyed the day. So huh. yeah, it was a good trip. Sounds pretty good, Leahy. Nice job. Oh yeah, Randy <laughs> Bobandy. <laughs> Regular Randy Bobandy. That's me. I got cheeseburger belly. Um, <laughs> hey, <laughs> hey uh, great job at Lakewood. Um, uh, real surprise, I think, for everybody. And uh, the team was pumped on you afterwards, getting two solid yeah. finishes. Now, did I hear you say you hadn't really raced a 450 till your since amateurs? You know, I've done a couple little local races here and there, like during the off season. But as far as anything like serious, like on a national level, no, not even, not anything close. Like the last big race I did on a 450 was Loretta's. So, mm-hmm. and you know, beyond that, like the last time I actually rode a 450 was, you know, when I was still on Hondas. So, right, right. You know, you know, it was cool, man. It was obviously it wasn't like I was changing brands, and uh, you know, I have a good feel. Like I'm a good tester, so it was easy for me to kind of, you know find a base setting and mm-hmm. you know it's awesome to work with those guys and no we figured everything out really quick and they were happy with that you know before the the race even came around and um no man it, it was just awesome you know it was a great group of guys to work with and uh no it was it was super cool man i couldn't have asked for a better weekend that's for sure yeah no it was great great job by you um the, you left the Mad Racing Team. Uh, this is where we all thought was going to happen. So you leave the Mad Racing Team, and uh, coincidentally, shortly after Hangtown, I think, and uh, the Geico guys have an injury, and I really thought you were yep. going back there. I'm like, they're going to put you on Craig's bike. Uh, Charbonneau wasn't going to be out too long, but I figured, oh, Matt's going to go back there for sure. Did you think about that? Did you call? Did they call you? Did did you sniff around, or what? You know, what was that all about? Was I? Am I totally off? That was never going to happen. No, no, that that of my knowledge was never, was never the plan at all. You know, I really, I wanted to stay loyal to Suzuki and obviously, you know, unfortunately um, James and Blake kind of had injuries at um, Hangtown and then, you know, the opportunity just kind of arose and, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I was happy to pursue it and, you know, luckily something good came of it. And, uh, you know, it was definitely, 
definitely, you know, the opportunity of a lifetime to get to ride for a factory 450 team. You know, it, it doesn't get much bigger than that in our sport. So it's, yeah. uh, it's definitely something I'll never forget. And obviously, uh, you know, this weekend for myself went pretty well. So, you know, I know they're, they're excited and we're trying to, you know, continue the uh, relationship and, um, yeah, no, it's, it's cool. It's a great group of guys. And I was, uh, really pumped to just, you know, give them a good mm-hmm. finish, give myself a good finish. You know, I think, uh, both they needed it and I needed it. So it yeah, that's um, beneficial for both of us. It's a good way to put it. You're right. You both needed it. Um, uh, yeah. Do we have any news to break? I know Mike Webb told me after the race, we're going to get this kid a practice bike and just see what happens. Yeah. Um, was that not the plan? And now at least they're going to give you a practice bike going forward. Or can we break any news? Um, still no plans. They didn't have, they committed to you for high point or no, 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 there's still no news. You know, whatever Mike told you at Lakewood was still the plan. You know, I talked to him uh, today, just a couple hours ago, actually. So, you know, they're right now just getting me a bike ready to go. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just I'm going to put a bunch of time on the bike. So yep. if the opportunity comes up again to where I can go racing with those guys this summer, Dude. Um, I'll be ready. You know, it was it was definitely good for me to go do this, but I, I think I still have quite a bit more in me. You know, it's uh, like I said, going to a 450, showing up and racing on the third round when everybody's trying to, you know, when everybody's yeah. trying to figure out their motocross stuff. That was huge for me to just kind of hop in and do that. So that was that was cool. And, you know, hopefully if, you know, I get a bike in the next couple of days and I get to put a bunch of time on it in the next couple of weeks, you know, hopefully, you know, I know that if I get to do another race with them, I'll be even more ready. So that's uh, that's where we're pushing right now, and that's uh, what we're working for. Yeah, they got to make it happen. I was telling Webb, I'm like, put the kid with Teddy Parks, put the kid in a box fan. Uh, you got to, you know, you've got to make it happen. The team needs finishes. Look, Blake and James are great riders, but bottom line, they haven't got the results. They've been injured. It's been up and down, and they they just they got to make it happen. And um, you know, I I think those guys kind of agree with me, but maybe not. I don't know. They, you got to figure it out. Yeah, you know, and unfortunately for the team, it was unfortunate that you know they had to. It was unfortunate in the sense that they even had to have me go race for them because yeah, yeah, you know, you know, injuries injuries suck, and you know, I have to commend those guys for trying to race last weekend at Glen Helen. You know, Blake. You know, I I know the pain that that guy went through trying to race, yep. and that's yep. definitely not easy. So you know, I have a ton of respect for those guys and. Um, no, you know, like I said, I'm, I, I was just pumped that the opportunity came up and, you know, I, I took full advantage of it, like I said, and it was, mm, yeah. it, what, it was a good weekend. Let me ask you this. So James comes back and he's okay. And Blake comes back. You're back to being a free agent a little bit. Um, could you go to another team if someone said, Hey, we need you on, on a green bike. We need you on a, on a blue bike. I guess that's open, right? I mean, cause you want to race. Yeah, I, I mean, I want to race, but at the same time, like those guys did something so awesome for me this weekend. Like, yep. you know, I'm I really want to stay loyal to those guys. Like, um, you know, obviously, I we all got along and we all clicked really easily. And uh, no, so you know, I had a very good time over there. And uh, you know, I, like I said, I really want to keep the relationship going. Is mm-hmm. what I want to do right now. So um, that's uh, you know, even even like like what you talked to Mike. Like, even if you can't take me racing this next weekend they're taking the step to get me a good bike to practice on in the meantime. And, mm-hmm. you know, um, in a sense, hopefully something comes up, you know, I, 
I hope, uh, you know, I'm a fan of James and Blake, so hopefully, you know, those guys can stay healthy. But, you know, yeah. at the same time, yeah. I, I would be pumped to be able to go race for those guys again. It would be, uh, it some, would be cool. Something tells me you will be. Something tells me if you're not at high point, you will be at some point. Uh, 702-586-PULP. If you got a question for uh, Yoshimura Suzuki's Matt Bichelia, give us a call. He's on the Pulp Mech Show presented by HotCamsInc.com. Uh, and... Um, uh, your Supercross season for the Mad Guys, uh, up and down for you. Podium, obviously, in Toronto. Uh, some other races didn't go so well. It was a real roller coaster for you in Supercross, huh? Yeah, it, it was for sure. Like I said, you know, I had some good races and I showed some speed, but nothing like I really, really wanted to. You know, I just had some struggles in Supercross, and, you know, it was just – I tried as hard as I could, you know. It was just mm-hmm. – uh, I was in kind of a slump in a sense, you know. Like I said, you, you know, like you said, I had that podium at Toronto, which was – awesome for all of us you know not only myself but the mad racing team you know uh getting a podium in their first year um in supercross was amazing for them and i was really stoked to do that and uh but you know with that also came a lot of struggles and uh yeah obviously i kind of came into the season a little bit under the radar a little bit you know probably not as ready as i could have been with the injuries i had but you know you can't really uh Use that as a crutch for too long. You yeah, know, bro. You, you, had, like, hey, you had a rough you know, off-season. You had a rough off-season. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I did. But, you know, I, I came in as ready as I could, um, did mm-hmm. everything I could. And towards the end of the season, I, I started to, uh, you know, progress more and more. And then, you know, that kind of leads us to now. You know, I've got my confidence back. You know, I know I'm getting where I should be. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, that's what that's what counts now is, you know, I, I know where I belong again. And, uh you know, just yeah. getting my confidence back up. That's huge in this sport. So getting that back is definitely big for me. I uh, I talked to Robert Lind at Mad Racing. I've known him for a while. He used to wear X-Brand goggles, by the way, the goggle of choice of Matt Bichelli, everybody. X-Brand.com. Yeah, yeah. Clear, clear vision. I talked to Robert Lind a little bit at Mad there, and, uh, you know, he's happy for you. Um, mm-hmm. He's, uh, he's you know, also he's kind of was puzzled why you wanted to leave the team. we got to ask you um, anything you want to talk about there or just what, I mean, obviously it wasn't working. You felt like you had to make a step. But um, what exactly went down, if or as much as you want to tell us, I guess. No, you know, it, it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't a, um, a, an instance of me leaving. It wasn't them uh, getting me out of the contract. It was mutual on both of our parts. Mm-hmm. And um, ideally, like I said, be, because of that, I got to pursue this deal. So, right. Um, you know, like I said, there were there were no uh, there were no hard feelings like when I left. And, yeah, he he was cool you know, with the race. Uh, he he didn't shit talk you like a lot of people would. You know what I mean? Like no, in, in no, this industry, in this industry, you expect that. And he and Robert was cool. No, and exactly, and that, that's that's exactly if 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 something had to end like that, I'm glad it ended the way it did because everybody everybody came to an agreement, and it was it was very mutual and civil. Mm-hmm. And you know, I have nothing but respect for you know, those guys in that team. And it was, uh, you know, it, it definitely went smoothly. And, um, you know, like I said, ideally, you know, those guys were willing to let me ride a 450 for Yoshimura. And, yeah. um, you know, that was, that was cool. That when, was definitely when you were, uh, awesome. when you were out there, uh, DV here was just talking about Tomac and Barsha riding 450s, like revving the shit out of them a little bit and taking outside lines, which is not ideal on the big bikes. Did you have to tell yourself in Lakewood, shift up, shift up, like, like use the power? Like, were you finding yourself after being in the, in the 250 class for so long that you, you needed to adapt? Honestly, no. Like, I've, I've always known since my amateur days that I was always a very good 450 rider. Mm-hmm. 
And like I said, I hadn't ridden one in a while, but it, it's kind of like a second nature. Came back, me. like yeah. just because of my size. Like you know, I, I'm a bigger kid for a 250. Mm-hmm. Um, and just my riding style kind of suits a 450. So, in a sense, no, I you know I kind of had to be conscious of it a little bit, but at the same time, like riding a 450 kind of just comes so natural to me. I was just able to kind of hop on it and right. do what I needed to do to ride the wow. bike good. And that's, that's another thing those guys were pumped with is just that I, I fit the 450 and ride a 450 well. And they were, you know, stoked to see on the first day that I went out with them that it, it, it worked out so smoothly. So, yeah, you, you know, were, I, I definitely you were good. Yeah, you were good. Yeah. Let's let take some calls for you. Uh, James, welcome to the Pulp Show. What's your question for Matt Bichelia? Uh, what's going on, Puppet Max? Live from Florida, uh, Matt. One quick question. So now that you got your top ten and four fifty, do you see yourself uh, looking for four fifty contenders next year, or do you see yourself sticking with the two fifty and trying to grab some points and more, or um, just move up to the four fifty after that performance? And yeah, by the way, man, you 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 wrote the hell out of that thing, so I got to give it to you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's you, it's a good question. It's a good question. What do you what do you see going going long term here? Could this be a <laughs> permanent move for you, Matt? Um, you know, I, I would be happy with that. You know, like I said, I do like four fifties, but, um, you know, obviously there's a, there's a long way to go. So we'll just have to see what comes of it. We'll have to see what comes of this summer. Um, and you know, kind of take it day by day, week by week. And Mm -hmm. like I said, just see what comes of it. But, you know, right now, you know, I'd be content if I could ride a four fifty. um, just getting more time on the bike and actually seeing what I can really do outdoors would be, uh, big for me if i if i get the chance again so sure hopefully that comes up and you know if if i get to ride for a 450 team next year that would be awesome um you know i I would like i said i really like to continue the relationship with the yoshimura suzuki squad but you know we'll just have to see if i can put some more good results in this summer that definitely won't hurt and uh just see where it goes you know the only bad thing for you is that 86 riders are also looking for contracts next year. <laughs> it's uh, no, yeah, it's insane. This, this yeah. sport's gnarly. It's, yeah. There's there's a lot of guys that are, you know, a lot of guys that deserve rides that, uh, you yeah. know, it's it's just tough. It's it's really tough. You know, you got a handful of spots, and you got two handfuls of riders that potentially deserve rides. Right. So it's uh, like I said, it, it's it's pretty gnarly. It's it's not easy, but. You know, I was I was lucky enough this you know this last weekend to get the chance to ride for these guys and really give them a good result, give mm-hmm. myself a good result. So um, it's gnarly, but like I said, we'll just see how it goes and yep. you know take it day by day for the rest of the summer and just all I can do is kind of um, try as hard as I can, keep training, and come race time when I get the chance again. Um, just lay it down, you know, like I know how to. Right. Uh, another call for you. Uh, Damon, what's going on? What's your question for Matt Bichelia? Uh I guess mainly my point is, you know, when I see the amateurs go from amateurs to pro, right, they yep. go basically in the middle of the uh, outdoors. What's it like to go from from the outdoors to, like, Supercross, which you really don't have experience with, right, for the most part? Yeah, pretty and much. How can you, tra- you, how you transition better? What's that? Go ahead. Oh, going from amateurs from pro racing in motocross to supercross, it seems like you guys just get forced into supercross with no experience. So, how could that be better? Well, like, yeah, th- you know, there's differences, Damon. People are doing it different ways. Tomac and these uh, Jeremy Martin and these guys are debuting. Alex Fortner, they're debuting at Nationals. I feel like, Matt, that 
the tide is turning and teams are trying to get these guys into nationals before they hit Supercross right mm-hmm. off the bat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right, and I'm, I'm also curious about getting the chance to you know ride for a factory team. Uh, what was the difference that you you saw in that? Um, obviously, being on a factory team for the equipment and the crew and you know the 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 whole deal alone is very important. But as far as going from you know if if say if you go to Loretta Lynn's and you do the last three outdoors, you get a small glimpse of what the pros are like, and then you know you jump straight into Supercross, and it's kind of tough. Like you have a lot of work to do during the off season to get ready for Supercross, especially being your first year, but. In a sense, it's like it's kind of everybody kind of has to do it. Like everybody that comes up through Supercross has to eventually get used to Supercross somehow. Yeah. And, you know, it's, you know, there's no really amateur Supercross races to kind of get your feet wet like there are, you know, outdoor races or just, you know, local races. So it's definitely a learning curve. But, um, you know, like you said, Steve. You see some of these guys like what Tomac did and what Forkner did. If if there's a position on the team where they can potentially race the whole outdoor series, you know, I definitely think that's that's a big help just to get um to get to get more racing time under yeah. the belt with the guys they're going to have to race with the next year. Granted, it's not Supercross, but you still kind of get the feeling and you know who you're going to be racing with the next year rather than if you only do three races you kind of get a small glimpse of it and then you right. you know have to jump right in so yeah i agree we see, know, plus we saw like yeah we see guys like uh tortelli or albi or these guys come over and they just weed themselves in supercross right away and they never get used to it i never understood the uh, the doing the last three Nationals? outdoors yeah well just cuz loretta's because, over yeah i mean yeah i understand that but if you already have a deal with somebody for next year right why not do the outdoors story? Who who gives a shit? Wow. How many titles? Rick, how yeah, many Loretta I, titles has Ricky Carmichael today? Yeah, we don't. They're not rid of it. They no, don't care. I don't think it's that. They I help. think it's just all a space on the team, like Matt was saying a little bit. You know? Yeah, but yeah. those guys already signed up. Yep. They already signed up before yep. they go to Loretta's. So yep. whatever they do, they're gonna race Supercross the following year. Yeah. So why go to Loretta's? Uh, we don't care. Well, that's the, what they're skipped. Like Forkner skipped it this year. You know? Yeah, but, yeah. And, and I think that's that's a right. good way to do it because right. there's no point. A title of Loretta doesn't mean shit. I think it's just spots on the team, though. How many spots do you have? Yeah. Uh, are you committed? That's you know? Exactly yeah. But yeah. it doesn't. If they have, if they have an extra spot on the team for, let's say, if there's an injury they can kind of treat that rider as like, say, you know, you fill in for the guy for the rest of the summer, but it's, you know, it is a big expense taking an extra guy to every round. So mm. I can kind of see from a team's point of view, it's like, all right, let's have him do the last three, yeah. finish him out as an amateur. You know, yeah. it, there's pros and cons to each of them from each side, yeah. like team and rider. Yeah. You know, who, sure. you know, it was interesting a few years ago, Baggett and Wilson came out of Loretta's no deal from mm-hmm. Mitch, no deal. Baggett and, and the family went in the motorhome and did the last three. And Wilson stayed home, and Wilson yep. got the Wilson got the PC ride, even though Baggett put in some good rides. So it was interesting. Both guys were top amateurs. Both nobody had a deal. Baggett chose one way. Wilson went the other way, and it didn't matter that Baggett had performed. Mitch still chose Wilson, and Baggett had to go to Rockstar Suzuki for a year. So it's interesting. Just an interesting look back at how it happened. You know. Um, yeah, and I, I think two things changed from like you know what was that five or six years ago now. I think things have changed a lot since then. I think, I think a lot of the teams year by year, like I think pretty much every team is trying to hire an amateur year by year too. So, and I think back, back in the day, they didn't do that as much. Like I think back in the day, like 
TC would pick a guy up every other year, maybe. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, I know Geico picked up every year pretty much shoot. And maybe in the last 10 years, they pretty much picked uh, up a guy every year. But yeah, they had, um, I think one year they had the RJ and Jordan. They had two guys, but other yeah. than that, yeah. Yeah. But I think now, I think, I think all the teams are pretty much trying to do that now. I think rather than just a couple of them trying to do it, I think they're all pretty much trying to do it now. Right. Uh, well, hey, what you should do is go to High Point. If you're not at High Point, I am going to go over to no, Mike. No. I, I'm going over to Mike Webb. And it, it, what? You have to go to iPhone. You have to go and qualify. You know one of those guys only is going to ride practice. They always do that anyway. <laughs> and then you jump for the bike for the race. Oh, there you, you go. Just, just show up, Matt. It just seems like a, a Yoshimura Suzuki, all they do is practice. And then they say, you know what? No, nah, there's no race. We'll go next week. You know. No, you know, and like I said, I, I, I really hope I get to the chance to go to High Point. But right now we're just trying to take it well, day by day. No, so. you, I'm going to buy you a plane ticket. I'm going to get you there. I'm going to bu- put your bike in a... You can qualify with a bone stock bike. Come on. And then... And then jump when, on the Yosh. Yeah, 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 jump on the Yosh uh, during lunchtime. Just <laughs> change the levels and then uh, the numbers and you're fine. I'm going to yell at Mike Webb. I'm going to make it happen. All right, Matt. <laughs> uh, thank you for coming on Hot Cams, presenting Matt Bichelia. Great work at Lakewood. And uh, thanks, for thank your, you. uh, thanks for coming on the show with short notice, too. Appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me on, guys. All right, thank you. Matt Bichelli, everybody, from the Yo Suzuki. 10-10, goes for eighth overall, first 450 National. And Suzuki, if you're listening, get the kid to high point. I don't care that you don't have enough mechanics or enough bikes How or anything. How did you do at your first national? Me? Yeah. Uh, I First Canadian national I ever went to, I crashed out of the first moto, and I got like 17th or 20th, 17th or 21st or something in the second moto. What class was it? 125? No, 250s. Yeah. Yeah, with me and Rollerball. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, 92. Cowie? Honda. 92 Honda with a white airbox. 7.62? Yep. All day. All day. All, All day. right, everybody. Commercial Great break. Radio. Commercial break here on the Pulp Mech Show presented by BTOsports.com. Jason Thomas coming back after uh, we get back. Uh, the great David Villeman in studio. We got uh, Danny Stevenson, uh, Ryan the New Flockhart, uh, Oscar Weirdman, and David Pingree. All coming up. Jam-packed show. Lots to talk about. See ya. Hey, this is the voice of Supercross Guy, and you're listening to the Pulp MX Show. Hey guys, this is Jason Thomas. I wanted to talk to you for a minute about fly racing. Fly racing has grown by leaps and bounds since I started wearing it back in 2003. If you go back and look at a picture from back then, and flash forward to now, we see guys like Trey Kennard, Andrew Short, Justin Brayton, Weston Pike, and the 250 Rockstar Husky team wearing, you'll see what I'm talking about. We're now producing premium products, but our goal to give you more bang for your buck hasn't changed since those days. Our F2 carbon helmet, worn by all of our pro riders, is what I consider to be the best value in the motocross world. Our new Evolution 2.0 and light hydrogen lines have been continually improved and perfected over the past couple of years to give you the ideal fit. Whether it's off-road, supercross, motocross, or just riding in the backyard with your buddies, we have something purpose-built just for you. I invite you to check out our website at flyracing.com and, of course, your local dealer and online retailers to learn more about what we have been working on. Follow us on social media at FlyRacingUSA and post pictures of you riding on our Fly Racing wall on our website. From all of us at Fly Racing, I want to say thanks for listening and support companies that support Pulpamex. 
The Pulp MX Show is brought to you by BTOSports.com. Whether you are looking for new gear, helmets, boots, or you need to rebuild your bike from the ground up, BTO is your source for all of your motocross needs. As a proud sponsor of the BTO Sports KTM race team and the heart of the BTO Sports amateur motocross team, it is obvious that we are about more than being just a store. We support the sport that supports us. us. We at BTO Sports want to give back to you, the listener, for supporting us and the Pulp MX Show. Use coupon code PULPMX when placing your order at btosports.com for a VIP listener discount. Certain brand restrictions will apply. Gear Alloy Wheels. Since introduced in 2004, the Gear Alloy brand has dominated the truck, SUV, and Jeep market with a wide range of styles, sizes, and finishes. Featuring unique, aggressive off-road styles, along with fashion-forward SUV styling for today's discriminating sport truck and off-road vehicle enthusiasts alike. Designed and engineered in SoCal in order to stay on trend with design. And sourced worldwide to ensure the highest quality, best-looking product available. With styles available in 16-inch through 22-inch diameters and 5, 6, and 8 lug applications, including 10-inch and 12-inch wide options. Whether you drive a Ford, Chevy, GMC, Dodge, Ram, Toyota, Nissan, or Jeep, there is a gear alloy wheel style for you with 20 different wheel styles to choose from in black, machined, milled, and chrome-plated finishes. Gear Alloy is a proud sponsor of the NFAB and Pro Yamaha GNCC race team and has been a longtime supporter of seven-time WMX champion and X Games athlete Jessica J.P. Money Patterson. Be sure to check out all the Gear Alloy wheels at GearAlloy.com or ATDWheels.com. Get your trucking gear. For your Jeep, truck, or SUV, Gear Alloy is the choice of the NFAB Ampro Yamaha GNCC off-road racing team. Race Tech. Privateer proven. When riders choose, they choose Race Tech. Supporting the world's fastest racers. Providing factory-level products, support, and service to the everyday rider. Each setup and product is 100% guaranteed and made in the USA. When racers choose, they choose Racetech. Visit Racetech.com for a full listing of suspension parts, tools, and information. Or check out Paul Feed's Motorcycle Suspension Bible, your guide to everything suspension. To receive 20% off parts and labor... Enter discount code PULPMX2015 when ordering. Race Tech. NFAB is the undisputed leader in high-quality accessories for your truck, Jeep, and SUV. For products that are as unique as your vehicle, check out NFAB Off-Road Accessories. From Nerf Steps and Lighting Accessories to the all-new Adjust Step and Endura Step. NFAB has you covered. NFAB products are handcrafted in the USA, delivering unsurpassed quality and durability with cutting-edge style. Available in cab length, wheel-to-wheel, and bed access models, NFAB Nerf Steps offer the widest array of configurations to access your vehicle. NFAB also offers a wide range of mounting solutions for auxiliary lighting, including pre-runner light bars, light cages, and full replacement front bumpers. All NFAB products are backed by a lifetime craftsmanship warranty and a five-year finish warranty. To find out where to buy NFAB products, visit www.n-fab.com or call 866-806-NFAB. NFAB, truck products for truck people.
Michelin tires are back, people. MichelinMotorcycle.com. Michelin Starcross 5, brand new, available in hard, medium, soft, and sand. Uh, their off-road tires are some of the best ones out there, and they've revamped this whole lineup. There's no one who knows these tires better than our own, Chris Kiefer. When they're calling it comfort casing technology, what are they talking about? Is this a fancy marketing term or what? No, it's actually the carcass of the tire itself, so how much it flexes or how you know sidewall stiffness that you have when you come into corners. And... What's cool about this tire is even from the previous version, the MH3, it gives more. So when you hit square edge or you're coming out of a corner with some bumps, it has some give to it. It's more comfort, so it doesn't feel so rigid. A lot of that has to do with the the CCT. So you're telling me the comfort casing at the end of the day, maybe it helps you a little bit to have some suspension in tires. Yeah, obviously it's flexing a little bit, but also, too, when you come into corners, you don't want it to roll on you. So they've got that dialed in to where you come into a corner and you still have enough stiffness where it grabs and bites, but yet straight line, you have comfort. Hey, as a former factory mechanic, Kiefer, I know all about mounting tires, um, so no problem for me to mount anything. Right. Well, maybe not a moose. Uh, you found mounting these new Michelin's uh, pretty easy, actually. Yeah, I'm a great test rider, but my mechanic skills are novice at best, so mounting the tire wasn't too bad. They sent me a bunch of tires to mount before testing, and I was out there busting in the garage, and normally you got to put some tires in the sun, let them soften up a little bit, but this... Um, the bead rolls on really nice. I didn't have to struggle. No curse words were, were sworn in the garage. So uh, it was a lot better for me, you know, putting these on. Four versions of this tire. They cover all the uses, Kiefer. Reduced weight, comfort casing technology, mounting, traction, handling. They do it all. Starcross 5, MichelinMotorcycle.com. Thank those guys. Check them out at the local dealer people. These guys know tires and they know what they're doing. Colton, one of our ride engineering triple clamp sets with a much smaller hit to your wallet than other manufacturers. For around $635 complete with rubber mounted bar mounts and poly cones, you'll save hundreds over the other brands and enjoy the same benefits. All ride engineering clamps are made to flex like stock, which assures suspension action is not compromised. We offer both a soft and firm polyurethane cone to better tune for the rider's needs. All triple clamp sets are lighter than stock by 4 to 8 ounces depending on the model. Other than those pesky KTMs which are the same weight. All ride engineering clamps are available in two or more offsets to customize the way the bike handles for the rider's intended use. Most clamps also have the option of adding a Showa steering damper. Add our one-piece anti-twist bar mount with 8 pinch bolts instead of 4 and keep your bar straight in the event of a crash. Vent posts can be unscrewed and replaced for $19.95 and fit both our clamps and stock too. Visit us today at ride-engineering.com. Usually, safety comes at the expense of comfort or mobility. Notice how we said usually? The all-new line of Atlas braces are 20% lighter, have three times more suspension in them, maintain the much-needed flexibility and even contact 27 more percent surface area of your body than the competition. All in a smaller overall package to make it feel like you're wearing less. The experience speaks for itself. The only thing left to do is join RV, Jason Anderson, Dean Wilson, and Martin Davalos to experience why Atlas is the fastest growing neck brace on the market. Get yours today at atlasbrace.com. Follow them on social media at atlasbrace to find out new and exciting things all the time from Atlas Brace. We thank those folks for coming on the show. If you're on the fence about a neck brace, please try the Atlas one. Best one out there. X-Brand is continuing to focus on low cost and high quality in the new year. RCH Racing's Brock Tickle and Freddie Noren are on board with Matt Bichalia, Daniel Baker, and a host of others to make up a motivated group. 
Our simple approach to a fresh look, unmatched comfort, and elite performance remains pegged in the red. You can rest assured knowing X-Brand has you covered with a full offering of lenses, tear-offs, laminates, nose guards, and our zip-off system. Order direct to the EKSBrand.com store and enter discount code PULPSHOW16 to save 30% now. The leader in design and development of high-performance dirt bike camshafts, Hot Cams is now a proud supporter of the Pulp MX Show and its listeners. Looking to increase the horsepower of your engine without spending a fortune? You need to get a set of Hot Cams. Engineered using state-of-the-art valve train software and CNC machined from 8620 billet steel, Hot Cams camshafts are one of the most economical, reliable, and easy-to-install ways to add 5 to 10% power gain to your engine. By selecting one of our three stages of camshaft profiles, you can specifically tune the power band of your engine to best suit your riding style. Designed, dyno-proven, and made in the USA, Hot Cam's performance camshafts are used by privateer riders like Jimmy Albertson, Mitchell Oldenburg, Michael Lieb, Adam Entignap, Nick Schmidt, and the Monster Energy Leading Edge Kawasaki team. Hot Cam's wants to help you get the extra power you need by offering all Pulp listeners a 30% discount on all orders placed online at hotcamsinc.com. Type in the discount code HOTCAMS2015 at checkout. Hot Cam's Unleash the power within. Works Connection is proud to be a sponsor of Pulp MX because just like you, they're passionate and dedicated to the sport. For over 23 years now, they've been producing innovative products like their Pro Launch Start Device and the 123 Easy Build Elite Perch Line. Just take a look around the AMA Pro Pits and you'll see Works Connection's proving ground for products under the canopies of Yoshimura Suzuki, RCH Racing, Star Racing, and other top teams. Plus, they now stock hints and clutch components, peg armor, ARC levers, and Fasco products too. Visit them on the web at www.worksconnection.com. Works Connection, your one-stop shop for cutting-edge products. Do you own a KTM like Andrew Short? Then listen up. You can stop searching for the best place to get genuine KTM parts and accessories. Grab a whole shot like Shorty and go directly to KTMPartsExpress.com, your number one online source for KTM parts and accessories. There's no shortage of genuine KTM parts in our huge warehouse, as well as a full selection of KTM power parts and power wear accessories. We also offer the same aftermarket parts and accessories that you see on Shorty's bike for your own KTM. 29 years of experience would be impressive, but we have over 35 years of experience in the motorcycle industry. We're here to serve you with a huge inventory, great prices, and fast, dependable service. The staff at KTM Parts Express is not short on experience and will process your order with speed and accuracy. Our goal is to get you the parts you need in the shortest amount of time. If you're in need of KTM Parts or accessories, this is the place to shop. Roost MX. Roost MX, the official graphics company for both Cobra Moto and Cycle Trader Rock River Yamaha team. For over 16 years, Roost delivers professional level graphics for every rider from amateur to pro. Choose from our huge selection of graphics online and make yours one of a kind. Roost also offers a wide range of other custom products from t-shirts, sticker kits, helmet kits, trailer graphics, and more. With our quick 48-hour turnaround, shipping orders is top priority. Be sure to check out the new Pulp Nation section to get your Pulp MX swag. And follow us on Instagram at RoostMX for monthly sales. Get your equipment looking fresh by visiting RoostMX.net and use the discount code PULPNATION to save 20%. 
Roost MX. Hey, 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 hey. W Now that I got your attention, let's talk about wheels. WUSA, based in Orange County, California, the nation's leading supplier of high-quality wheel sets for some of the best teams in the sport. They carry the top brands like Talon, Kite, DID, Excel, as well as Galfer and Brembo Brakes. All the W wheels are built by the same guys that build Chad Reed's wheels. Whether you have a new bike or looking for a set of new race wheels or a backup set of wheels, W can get what you need. Complete wheels are not in the budget. Let W rebuild your stock hubs with their OE spoken nipple kits and a quality rim like DID or XL. WUSA, used by Reed, Rocks, and Millsaps, Anderson, Dungey, Short, Brayton, Grant, Antonap, Peters, Partridge, Freeburg. They all use and trust W for all the wheel needs. If they trust W, why don't you? Don't buy a, a set of cheap wheels. Just because you paid $500 for a set of wheels, you're not going to put those on your bike. They're not that good. Really, seriously. WUSA.com. Anything you need. Cool colors. Better strength. They've got it. And they've been proud supporters of the Pulp and Mech Show for many years now. And we thank those guys. WUSA.com. Do it. Don Emler had a simple vision for FMF racing when he started it in his garage back in 73. Provide top-level U.S. racing equipment at the grassroots level. 43 years later, FMF racing is known for delivering the world's top performance exhaust products. Today, Don's vision continues to guide the family-operated company in its 100,000-square-foot, state-of-the-art manufacturing facility in the heart of Southern California, where 100% of everything is built under one roof. FMF is factory. Want a chain and sprocket kit but aren't sure what you need? Then call Vortex Racing at 800-440-3559 and get hooked up with a V3 performance kit. They have more gearing than your garage has room for. With over 30,000 possible gearing combinations, Vortex has the right gearing for any track condition. It's a ridiculous amount of gearing for nearly any bike. Join the ranks of JS7 and Chad Reed in the 2016 Supercross Series and rock a Vortex Sprocket. Available in red, blue, black, silver, and now green. Yes, green. Call a doctor, because things just got sick. Warning. May cause extraordinary power, excessive performance, and speed so fast your eyes will bleed. Call Vortex Racing at 800-440-3559. Mention promo code PULPMX16 and get 40% off your next order. 800-440-3559. VortexRacing.com or email Jake at VortexRacing.com and mention the PULPMX show. Ride Engineering is stoked to be the only brand offering a trick billet brake caliper. Machined from billet aluminum, this front brake caliper comes in anodized black or machine silver for that trick factory look. We use larger pistons than stock for more power, reduced weight, and have machined openings for better venting to keep the temperature down under heavy abuse. Add our braided steel brake lines for a more consistent feel and cut the amount of pedal travel in half for more efficient braking. Combine our braided lines, 270 rotor, and billet caliper for the ultimate brake system and a great way to lower lap times. 
Visit us at ride-engineering.com. Hey guys, it's Brady Chisholm here. Listen up. You'll spend $9,000 for a new bike, $3,000 for bling, and you wonder why I have monkey butt? I'll tell you why. You didn't go to GutsRacing.com for new seat foam and cover. Guts Racing has been the leader in seat technology for 25 years. They've worked with every top rider at some point in their life, and that tradition continues. With riders on teams such as Cycle Trader Yamaha, Motor Concepts Racing, RCH Suzuki, Yoshimura Suzuki, Pro Circuit Kawasaki, Geico Honda, they have worked with them all. They have riders like Cal Chisholm, <laughs> Ben LeMay, Matt LeMoyne, Ryan Sipes, Brett Metcalf, and many, many more. They have been working behind the scenes with factory riders for over two and a half decades. So here is your chance to join stars of Supercross, Motocross, Arena Cross, GNCC, and FMX by taking advantage of the discount they have going on. If you head over to GutsRacing.com and use the code PulpMX2015, it'll save you some money, save you from having monkey butt. It's win-win. Head over there and check them out, guys. BTOsports.com and fly racing. Call BTOsports.com. Tell them we were pulp. They'll give you a discount. Thanks for listening, everybody. Appreciate it so far. David Villeman in studio. The great, fantastic David Villeman, who also won his Yankees Angels ticket tonight. Tony, are you still on hold? I am. What's up, buddy? How are you? Uh, what's going on? Hey, big fan, Steve. Appreciate Thank you, buddy. It. You guys, uh, Thank you. Who's you your guys, f- I'm in the Air Force. You guys got me through uh, long deployments by just listening to your podcast. Oh, that's awesome. Good so. to hear. Who's your favorite co-host? I know DV's sitting in the studio, but who's your favorite co-host? Um, I'm going to go with JT, uh, simply because he treated us right. We went on one of his uh, BTO uh, tours with the, the team there, and like I said, he's just a class act. Oh, there we go. All right, I agree. He's a great class act. Uh, what uh, What's on your mind, bud? What do you want to talk about? Uh, I'm just curious about, you know, I, I know I uh, watched a little ring across with uh, Faith, taking, Faith taking that championship, and mm-hmm. uh, Stanky was uh, Stanky, Stanky, Jared Stanky. Uh, I know he was he was riding in there. It was pretty competitive. Yep. And I, I've seen him on the, uh, in the outdoors on the 125, and we're two-stroke fans as well and just really pulling for him. But I, I know I've listened to some past podcasts talking about taking a knife, or a knife to a gunfight, essentially, where – you know, especially this weekend with the hills and everything, they were just, you know, he was yeah. just out, outmatched. Absolutely. Uh, I'm curious as to what you guys think, how, you know, there's a lot of guys out there that are real competitive, but they just don't have the 
equipment that the uh, you know the top factory guys do. I'm curious how you think a guy like that would do on some quality equipment. You know, he's already, he's 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 ripping it as well on that two stroke. I'm just curious what you guys think. Uh, well, he's a good rider for one, for sure. Uh, how he would do? Uh, I'll tell you what. How, he'd do better. He'd do better than bringing a 125 to the nationals and eating. 30 minutes of roost and rocks, you know. Um, he, I mean, he'd be, he could be a finish. He could finish in the top 20. You know, the bike is everything in that class, Tony. And if you're a privateer guy, that you know, you have some motor work done and everything else. But you're at a disadvantage compared to the big factory teams. So, um, How did uh, James Stewart do uh, against the four-stroke with the one? James Stewart dominated on 125. Oh, okay. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> DV, <laughs> DV has a point. Um, so, you know, he'd do better, but... I mean, he wants to be Lobster Claw Boy with the 125. He wants to be look at me and have fun and, and do some heel clickers. And, well, good for him, you know, uh, whatever he wants. But, yeah, if it's me, you know, I want to race and do the best I can. And that includes not having a 125 out there. So Right. Hey. All right. Thank you so no much. Problem. I appreciate it. Thanks for the opportunity. Yeah, thanks, Tony. Appreciate it. Uh, JT, you hear that? That guy really thought you were the best co-host. Class act. That's cool. I would, um, I would uh I would also like to ask DB how many more horsepower do you think the 250s have now than when Stewart was racing against them? So I would say it's probably uh, somewhere around. It's a good point. It's a good point. You're right. The bikes are better now. Hey, if you put Stu this year with a, uh, I'll take Stu. I'll take Stu right now and uh, we have again. Uh, with, with the O4, no problem. With the O4 KX 125, he still wins this class. Okay, I'll take Stu right now against pretty much anybody because I think I'll win. <laughs> now, uh, uh, Stu 0-4 uh, against anybody in that you, class okay, this year, right he now, still wins. You think right now Stu beats J-Mart and beats Savachi? Yeah. No way. No way. He's 15 horsepower down, at least. No way. Uh, it's, no. A great, it's, a great, it's a great bench race question that will never uh, ever I mean, he's, answer. He's obviously a much better rider. It's just if, the bike. You know, if he can, if he can crash on the stall and win by a minute... Uh, Brutz Creek, uh, 04, I think he can yeah, win now. But JT's right. The bikes are better, man. They really are. Yeah, especially at Colorado? Come on. I, I'm not talking about Colorado. I'm talking about the oh, series. I'm talking about Colorado. That's the what we're series. About, the series. Are we going to start with San Francisco again? Is this going to start San Francisco talk? You two, between you two? <laughs> Uh, Fly Racing, uh, flyracing.com, the original stretch fabric racewear. Fly Racing's light hydrogen line continues to lead the way in minimalist racewear design. Uh, flyracing.com, check them out. Uh, their size 34 pant weighs basically nothing. Uh, JT, Fly Racing got on the podium in the 450 class with uh, Trey Kennard. That was good. Good good ride for Trey. Yeah, it was, uh, it was good. We've, we've been hoping he was, uh, you know, it's kind of weird. The starts were killing him in Supercross, and then... He's been getting great starts, and then he's been making big mistakes in the first lap. So, mm-hmm. fly, um, fly got a, fly got some a good exposure with uh, some orange gloves on TV too. Yeah, yeah, a couple weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, I have I have bigger hands than JT, so I gave fly a little bit more coverage. So, um, uh, hey, let's uh, let's do the NFAB question of the day. Let's do that right now. I got something right off right off the top of my head. But I gotta ask you two guys. What's wrong, DV? What, what's the matter? Hockey. Okay, all right. I gotta change the channels constantly for DV here in the studio. Glad to see you're paying attention, DV. It's awesome. It's great. Thanks. Um, 
All right, n-fab.com, proudly built in Houston, Texas, USA. Customize your Jeep, truck, your SUV with the market-leading design and style from NFAB. Phil Nicoletti on the NFAB Yamaha JGR bike, of course. And if you need something for your Jeep, truck, or SUV, check them out. NFAB supports the sport, and you should support them. So, yeah, support those guys. n-fab.com, question of the day. First, I'll start with you, DV. Savachi has the points lead. Savachi has won two races. J-Mart has won zero races. Who's your favorite for the 250 motocross title right now? Has it changed from J-Mart? I still go with J-Mart. Okay. You're not worried at all by the no, first? No, because I think uh, he's going to have tracks where it's better, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, like Millville? <laughs> Redbud, Bud's yeah. Creek. Uh, it's kind of like the track he likes better. Maybe those, then those, um, the first three. Um, I don't, you know, he wasn't, he didn't look very good in Thunder Valley. But, uh, mm -hmm. um yeah, I still, I still go with the with the champ for okay. the championship. Uh, JT, who's your favorite? Yeah, I would take I would take J Mark. Really, the same reasons. You're not worried. Um, You're not worried after the Lakewood. Uh, I don't think it, he's been riding all that well. Mm -hmm. But for riding poorly, and for what I've seen, I, I would say he's been riding poorly on a, you know, if you're looking at what he's capable of, mm -hmm. uh, to be where he's at in the championship, I think he's sitting pretty good. Yeah, he hasn't, yeah, like I said, he's still, like, scoring big points. And, look, Savachi won two, and then, then Helen, he was, like, yeah. you know, top ten guy. Yep. You know, that's kind of, we don't really know Savachi consistency yet. Right, right. Um, this weekend, they'll open my eyes a little bit for Savachi the way he dropped J-Mart in that first moto. And in the second moto, J-Mart couldn't make any time on him. You know, and obviously he fell and J-Mart won the moto, but Joey was the better rider, you know. So yeah. Even um, even we, Alex actually we, passed his mother. No, Alex passed him. This leaving Osho stuff, JT, I'll start with you because DV touched on it earlier in the show. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear that, that the Osho thing is, is hurting J-Mart. Like, he knows... What he did with Osho, uh, he can do the same work. You know, he doesn't need a guy in his ear. All the like, this isn't going to upset the apple cart. Don't give me that. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't know all the details behind it. I I know that Jeremy was saying he was a bit sick at the first few. Um, I think he's fine. I, he's definitely not the same level of dominance that he was, but um, mm -hmm. I think it'll be fine. You know, it's, it's such a long season. I mean, we have months of racing left. But so, I, yeah, I I don't think you know if you leave Osho and then you say yeah maybe Osho is on the tra training side I think he's you know he, he might be good or he makes you work hard you know do uh, motos and stuff but right now that's not the uh, Jeremy's problem no Jeremy's on the bike riding he knows yeah, how to work hard yeah yeah, yeah it's yeah. it's I think it's the riding and uh, you know to to get back to the level it needs to be at to win races. I mm -hmm. think it's it's more uh, the problem is in the riding, mm -hmm. not the training. I don't right. think. I don't, so uh, I don't think the Osho is a factor. That's been the NFAB question of the day. Uh, let's move right into the X-Brown Goggle Tear-Off segment. It's the X-Brown Tear-Off segment. 15-second rapid-fire Q&A. Rapid-fire. Gonna get some pap. Uh... XBrandGoggles.com, uh, EKSBrand.com, the uh, the choice of champions like Brock Tickle, Matt Bichelia, Fast Freddie Noren wearing X-Brand, uh, Luke, uh, blah, 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 blah. Um, 
Luke Reslin, wearing X brand, and uh, many, many top guys are out there running running X, and uh, we appreciate it. Use the code PopamX16 when you go to X brand and save money with those guys. Great goggles. WMX champion Jessica Patterson also chose X brand, and uh, and like I said, yeah, great goggles, great price, great features, everything else. Here's uh, some questions submitted by Corey Moser. And uh, these are for uh, for DV, for JT, and everybody. And you have to uh, you have um, limited amount of time to uh, to answer them. Hold on a second here. I'm, uh, I know this makes for great radio. Um, Thirty seconds or so. I'm trying to get great D- radio. Trying to get DV's channel on because he's freaking out. All right. Um, let's do it, Traff. Oh wait, let me turn your mic on. There we go. That Thank helps. you. All right. All right, Steve. Start with you. Uh, who's usually the last rider you find hanging out in the pits after the races? Um, Phil, Phil Nicoletti or Alex Martin. <laughs> they always were. They always have been. They still are. Alex was loading up his truck to go to uh, Minnesota late, late, late in the, uh, in the day. So, um, all right, DV, what situations do you feel justified pulling out of a moto and not finishing? Are you talking about Marvin? <laughs> uh, no, just whatever. Yeah. Who knows? It's Moser. Yeah. You, you know, you, Bike problems, I guess, you know. Okay, but let me if you're if you're dead, dead last, like Oldenburg was this weekend, he crashed off the start and he took forever to get going, and he finally got on his bike, and I think he was already a lap down, and that guy finished the whole moto. He got twenty fourth. And, you know, is that acceptable? Is that Oh uh, yeah, you can you know, at one point it's it has to be the manager's call. You know, he has to tell the the mechanic, say, Hey, okay, you know, Pack it in, you know. Right. Keep energy and then you know kill it. Second moto. JT, what you was know? your? But the thing is, oh. you have a bad pick for second moto too. Yep. Like bad gate pick. JT, what was your uh, voice in your head? You didn't quit very much, if at all, in your racing career. But when would you pull it in? Um, the only way I would quit is if I uh, something was wrong with me or the bike. If it, if I just crashed, honestly, in those days, and I don't know how it is now because I'm not out there, but. In those days, if you were in shape and you rode as hard as you could the whole moto, you could get back to points or really close to it. So oh. I would just keep going. Uh, what's the furthest you've been back that you can remember where you kept going? Was there? Yeah. Okay, but but I mean, like a whole lap down or? Uh, if you're a whole lap down, like early in the race, you're not getting points. Okay, uh, so you that's never happened to you. You've never been like old. Yeah, like, it has. Okay. It has. Um, like Troy, Ohio, it happened to me, and I just kept going. I just whatever, like we, you know, in those days especially, we were driving to the races, and I wasn't gonna, I wasn't gonna waste an opportunity, so I was gonna go race as hard as I could. Do you remember if you got so, points at moto or no? You just twenty fifth, twenty sixth, or whatever. You know, you know, the frustrating thing was I, I got up, and the guys were coming around, and Troy was one of my best tracks, and I got up and took off, and I was in, uh, I was in eighth, like a lap down, and yeah. then Rhino passed me for ninth. And then I stayed there the whole race. So <laughs> it's the funny thing is when you come back into the truck and everyone's like high five you and congratulating you because they weren't necessarily paying attention on the first lap. They just saw you come around. And <laughs> down. You're like, so, you're like, yeah, bro. I, I, I was down for a lap. <laughs> yeah. I mean, whatever. Like the riding was good. And, and at that point, especially like you're just trying to get better. So right. Actually, I didn't got, want to waste opportunities to, to ride hard. Actually, I got a flat in Glen Helen. Okay. 2001. Remember, like Ricky crashed in that hill, whatever. Yeah. Like Timmy that, won. That, Timmy yeah. won that day with a two-two. Yeah. I was uh I was leading for a small. I got a flat. I stopped. We changed the wheel, and then uh I went back 
And I got 19th. Oh, okay. Yeah, so you got two points. So that was the toughest point I ever got. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, when you play Fantasy Moto, you watch these guys, JT, and there are some guys that are fine, and they just pull off. And you're like... Yeah, I, I hate quitters. Yeah, I hate There's that. a lot of those guys out you know, there. You know, you hate quitters, and I hate fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, next question. <laughs> Uh, JT, now that you're watching the races from the couch, what is some constructive criticism you have of the TV coverage? Ooh. Um, I don't have a lot of criticism. I, you know, the only real thing that – it's not even criticism because I know they're not doing it on purpose, but it's it's really a bummer when they miss the crashes or they go to commercial and they come back and there was a big pass or crash during the commercial. But that's that's honestly just coincidence, and that's circumstance, and there's really nothing they can do about it. Um, that's the only time I've ever, I'm ever a little bit bummed out on the TV coverage. But as I said, that's not something they're doing on purpose. Right. All right. That, that's, that's what's good about GPs. If you watch GPs, there's no commercials. You oh, can't watch the old model. On CBS Sports, there's commercials, though. I don't know. I don't have CBS Sports. Oh. I watch it online. Oh, okay. But, no, uh, I think if you watch the Nationals online, there's no commercials. Is there, JT? Do you yes, there is. I watch it online. Oh, and there's commercials? Yeah. Oh. There's three pro moto. It's ridiculous. Oh, okay. I thought yeah. they just kept the camera going with because no commentary. Because they do. Okay. I watch GPs on French TV with a VPN online, which is the live live right. French TV. Mm-hmm. And there's no commercial during the moto. Oh, okay. All right. All right, next question. Steve, do you think we'll see Webb finish out the outdoor season? Cooper? Yeah. Or Mike? Cooper. <laughs> Maybe uh, both. Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah, looks good. Feels good. He says his wrist is better, and he's able to start practicing. So, yeah. All right. DV, who has been more impressive, Alex Martin or Seeley? Oh, Alex Martin. I don't. Jeez, where'd that come from, Moser? So, yeah, I mean, yeah. Seeley's been good, but. Yes. <laughs> I don't know. Somebody actually tweeted me something about Seeley. Like, uh, yeah, he got third, right? A moto or something? Yeah, or? yeah he went 6 3 this weekend. He rode well. Yeah, but it seems like a. Yeah, I only noticed him this weekend. I don't know where it was the other weekend. He was third at Hangtown until two laps, three laps to go in the first moto of the year. Yeah, so, yeah, obviously Alex Martin, he's been riding so good. But, you know, like, um, his, his ruts speed yeah. was amazing. At the, yep. I was, like, really impressed. All right, next question. JT, where do you think Millsaps would have finished had he raced Lakewood? Um, somewhere inside the top ten. What about him winning Canada? Nobody's surprised, right? He went 2-1. Yeah, I mean, we talked about this. He's the most talented guy. Yeah. So, first round of the year, he's 100% healthy. I mean, I don't think it's the big surprise. Yeah. If he if he finishes out the series and stays healthy and stays consistent and wins the championship, I think that would be a little bit surprising. Right. All right, next question. Steve, why did, uh, why did Bisseglia leave mad? I don't know. We asked him. He he's not talking. The team's not really talking. Um, I don't know. I'm, I guess he's. I would guess he's just. If I had to put money on it, I would say that he was upset with the equipment. He wasn't happy with the either mechanical failures or the the horsepower of the motorcycle or or something. The bike the the bike was bad. Yeah, I mean, when you're these smaller teams, you can't afford to rebuild your bike all the time. You have less power put into the motor to make it last because you don't want to spend money on parts and rebuilds, and therefore you get a slower bike. And Matt, coming from Geico Honda, knows what a fast bike is like. So that would be my guess. JT, you, you think I'm far off or no? Uh, yeah, I would have to say just 
the drop down between Geico Honda and a satellite team, you know, the bike funding, uh, just how things are run because Steve, you know, very well, um, a lot of these teams are not run like teams at all. You know, it's a complete mess half the time. Uh, and I, I'm not saying that's how this team was, but I know that's how many teams go. You know, it, it looks fun on the outside, but on the inside, it's complete turmoil. Mm-hmm. So I would assume he probably just was used to something at a factory level and, and just maybe wasn't happy uh, between bike and team. Yeah. Was it, wasn't it like um, uh, a factory-supported team? Yeah, Yosh was doing the motors and stuff, so, uh, yeah. But still, I mean, if you don't have a lot of money, I, I've yeah. you know, spent my whole career on teams like that, and your practice bike starts getting beat up and you can't ride and just, there is no testing, you know, like it's it's just not J- a situation J- to try to compete. JT, Osterman just fucked you. You could have been Alex Martin if Osterman hadn't fucked you. He didn't cheer me. He actually tried to get I know. Him. I'm kidding. I'm joking. But you were almost on Yamaha Troy, or you were talking to them, and um, it didn't uh, work out. But you could have been Alex Martin. Get on a factory bike. Yeah, Osterman wanted me to do it. And then at that time, the sport was different. Back then, on the, in the, on the big bikes, you could make a lot of money, even getting you know, 10th, 12th place. Mm-hmm. Um, and then money that Yamato was talking about paying me, I was going to probably make about half of what I was making, and I just decided probably yeah. not the best move for me. So. All right. Next question. DV, if Dungey hadn't fallen in the second moto, what do you think his chances were of holding off Roxon? Uh, not too good. You know? <laughs> I was not, not too good. <laughs> not too good. No, Roxon is, is it's, you know one level better than everybody else right now so um and he showed that he could pass anybody anywhere so i think uh the week off is going to be good for you know tomac and dungy just to regroup and maybe improve bike and you know show up high point with a better like more comfortable i guess right all right next question speaking of that jt who do you think makes the biggest improvement after the break in each class uh, I, I, this was actually a poll on Racer X Online. Oh, wow. For Dungy. Yeah, I voted for Dungy. Uh, I think he has shown uh, a really strong ability to improve over an off week. Time and time again, I think he he will come out swinging. At, you know, maybe he doesn't beat Kenny, but I think the gap will be closed down some. Uh, and then the 250 class, I think J-Mart will make a pretty big jump in the, in the break. All right, 26 seconds, too. I like that. It was very impressive, JT. Good job. Uh, there's a bonus question for DV. Okay, all right. DV, what advice would you give AC about riding technique with him being over six feet now? Um, yeah, it's it's tough. Um, uh, just a leg position, basically, that's what it is. You know, and then it, when you get big, also the, the weight transfer on the bike is different. So uh, suspension can also... Uh, you have to set up your suspension in a different because when you're all the way in the back, you have more weight in the back than when you're small. You know, that actually, same thing for seat bouncing and stuff. You have to sit different, like a mm-hmm. different position on the seat. He's a big dude uh, now. He's a big yeah, guy. I see, yeah, I see, I yeah. see, yeah. So he has to 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 uh, work on a leg position, especially in a big rut, though. Yeah. All right. That has been. XBrandGoggles.com, EKSBrand.com. The best goggle in the business, bro. Way better than every other goggle. It's fantastic. I miss building them. Not really, but... Oh, you don't do it anymore? No, I don't do it anymore. Who does it? Uh, Frankie from Astros. Yeah, I gave it up. Who's Frankie? 
Uh, you probably don't, don't know. know him. Yeah, you don't know him. Oh, um, uh, yeah, I know. Uh, kind of like a little bit of a camera diver type of deal. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I don't That's Sonny Garcia's brother, right? What's that? Is it Sonny Garcia's brother? The surfer? Yeah. No, I, no. Don't, I don't think so. Yeah, I think Frankie. I know what you... Like Frankie Buddy Garcia. with Roxanne and stuff? Always with, yeah, he's with yeah. Roxanne a lot. But yeah. Sonny is... Uh, um, uh, a, a, a race of some sort, like he's got, you know, like he's a, he's an ethnic. He's Hawaiian. He's Hawaiian. That's that's I'm trying to freaking think of the word. So stupid. <laughs> um, um, he's Hawaiian. Yeah, the other one is is as white as you get. What the fuck are you doing? Exactly. I don't know <laughs> yeah, what I'm, I'm doing. Thinking, I'm thinking of a different guy then. Okay. Yeah, I mean maybe. I'm thinking I used to do work for Suzuki. That's Frankie Garcia. Okay. Oh. Okay, right. well maybe it is. There's uh, a lot of Garcia in this country. Somebody will text me and uh, and talk about it and uh, and let me know. Um, all right, JT, thanks for uh, coming on. We'll try to get you on in a little bit here. See if, see if right. you're still around. Uh, thank you, buddy, for everything, and uh, we'll talk soon. Yeah. All right, Jason Thomas, everybody, Fly Racing, flyracing.com. Uh, let's quickly get to this call for DV. He's been on hold for a little bit. Dominic, what's going on? Uh, what do you want to talk about here on the Fly Racing Show? Fly, Fly Racing BTO Sports uh, Pop Show. <laughs> What's up, guys? How you doing? I was just wondering your thoughts. Uh, have you guys watched? I'm sure you probably watched the GPs already. I haven't watched it. I saw a couple of highlights, but I didn't watch any of them. So, but anyways. I was just going to see your thoughts on uh, Darius Denai's race and uh, what Fernando did start there to hurling. Just your, your thoughts on that. I, I didn't really. I didn't cutting see. Out. Oh, right. your, uh, Fernandez did something to hurlings off a start? No, I didn't see anything. Okay. Yeah. And then what else, Dominic? Dominic, you there? He's talking about Sanai, right? Sanai, yeah. Winning, yeah. Like, yes. yeah, he, he won both motos. Uh, of the EMX or whatever? Of the European, okay. yeah. Right. He's been on the podium and, and stuff, but there's that, this Danish guy, or I don't but, know where he's from. For, forgive me, isn't he good enough to race MX2? Um, yeah, it could be, but there's a lot of guys that good uh, to race MX2 but they ride the European really? you know depending on what team just you want just support they can have yeah, yeah, yeah. so um, and then he went the, the Iron went 1-1 one, one, so that was pretty good yeah that's your ex rider bro yeah yeah, yeah he got a you know he, he crushed really hard and um, um, I'm glad to see him do, do well you know it's he's you know 19 years old going to France by himself you know yeah, yeah. it's a, a big change but yeah. a big um, change so that's good um, he has a good program going. Like he has a good trainer too. I think um, he used to be like a, a, a very fast youth French guy back in the nineties. Okay. And um, so yeah, he killed it this yeah. weekend. One one Saint Jean. Uh, You've been to Saint Jean, right? Saint Jean Angeli. Yeah. 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 There's nations. Two times. Two oh. times. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right, everybody. Uh, Vortex Racing. Chad Reed. Uh, Yosh Suzuki runs Vortex. Babbitt's Kawasaki runs Vortex Bars and Sprocket. Email Jake at Vortex Racing for a killer deal. Uh, besides the bars and sprockets, they have uh, they have a lot of things that you can get. Brake pads and performance brake lines. Uh, oil filters. Uh, tie downs. You can get the code. Pulpamex code saves you money at anything at Vortex Racing. If you email Jake at Vortex Racing. And they're pl- pleased and proud to bring you our next guest here on the uh, Pulpamex show. He is a former 125 Supercross champion. And a friend of the show, former co-host, Denny Stevenson. What's up, Debo? What's happening, gentlemen? Hi, David. What's been going on? Hey, how you doing, man? 
Good. Uh, you kind of gone social media uh, blank there for a while. Where, where did you go, bud? No, yeah, I quit Facebook. I gave up for a while. Over <laughs> <laughs> the shit. DV, DV, DV quits uh, Twitter and uh, Facebook and, and Instagram once a year. Every year. <laughs> <laughs> yep, he's yep, actually he's that. actually quit writing his column. He's been great this year. He, he's been doing it every week, and it's been fantastic. But almost every year he goes, I'm over it. I don't want to do it. And I'm like, well, are you upset about your pay? No, I don't care anymore. I'm not watching. This. I'm not watching the races. So yeah, I'm gonna have to talk about this because I'm I'm, I'm going to France for a month, so I don't know if I can watch the races or not. So it's gonna be tough. I did you know, read your last one. The Glenn Helen one was pretty good, and then it's always uh, good. Yeah, yeah, you wrote some. You wrote some great stuff for the national or for the Supercross. I mean, that was stuff I'd never even had, had known or even paid attention to. Yeah, you definitely wow. uh, definitely offer some insight for this old motocrosser that I didn't. It's some stuff I didn't realize. Yeah, sure. he's he uh, and actually to stroke his ego a little bit, a couple things that he's asked, he's written about, he's had riders on the show, he's asked them, and the riders have confirmed what he's been writing. So it just it just blows his head up even more Danny, <laughs> than what it already is. I don't have a big head. <laughs> I know. I'm kidding. I'm joking. Um, Danny does have a 125 Supercross title, DV. That yeah, you do, that I, you do I, not. I have no titles. No titles for David Villeman. One for Danny. No, I've been smoked by David a few times. I remember the first time I went over. Well, not one of the first times, but first time I ever raced David. Um, Budman and I flew over and raced. I think it was. Uh, I think it was Nice, France. Yeah, France. Nice, Nice, Nice Supercross. Okay, by, yeah. uh, it's by Monaco. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. By yeah. yeah and, and I was getting great starts. I think a whole shot every race. And uh, what year was this? What, what year was this? That was '97. '97. Oh, okay, '97. Yeah. yeah. So, but it was our first year. Bud and I raced in Arena Cross, and we went over and raced our tough Hondas. And I went over there a little banged up with some bruised ribs and stuff. And uh, I'd never even heard of David. And David raced a 125 against all of us on 250s. And uh, man, he—that's where you got to know the Cobra because he had that back. Did, did that you win? Back and yeah. Oh, D- so DV won. David, David kicked our asses. I hold that every race, and he blew by me about <laughs> lap three every race. You and Budman are like, this isn't fun. We're supposed to win, buddy. <laughs> right? Who's this, yeah, who's this 16-year-old kid who's like 6'4", riding like a madman? Hey, did, 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 did he have the first gear or whatever it was called? What, what, what was yeah, 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 first gear. Um, first premier helmet. Premier helmet, yeah. Cobra then, style, elbows down. You know, and, there was a lot of good guys racing. There's a... Uh, uh, Mascio was there. Okay. Bole was racing that oh, day okay, yeah, too. Yeah. There was a lot of guys. That huh. was a t- yeah, that was a good race. Um, it was good. Uh, Danny, welcome to the show. Thank you for coming on. Appreciate it. Um, for yeah, pe- thanks for, for having for, me. It's been a while. Yeah, it's it's lo- love having you on and ha- and coming over here too as a co-host. Um, for people who don't know, uh, you got a YZ125 and you are back riding and racing. YZ250. Oh, I thought it was 125. Okay, 250. Yeah. No, I'm not. Yeah, I don't have enough. I'm 45 years old. I do not have enough energy to ride a 125. <laughs> Are you kidding? But, uh, yeah, a couple of months ago, I got a YZ250 uh, in 06 uh, from a buddy of mine. And, um, you know, some of my good friends um, have helped me get the thing kind of running tight. Cog, my old mechanic, kind of helped me get some things going. I got some parts from, I uh, got some oil from Dogger over at Maxima. Got some tires from Michelin, uh, SMS pipe. A little bit of everything. So mm-hmm. I had my first race a couple weekends ago. Uh, one of Cody Gilmore's first round of the best in Midwest MX series. And I ate shit on practice pretty good on Saturday. <laughs> um, it's crazy. That's the first time I crashed that hard. And I don't know, since I raced like a real yeah, you know, like yeah. O2 arena cross. I came back in 06 and 07, did the Reddits, but never crashed that hard. And, man, the ground hurts. You, you don't feel alive until uh, the bike goes yeah. sideways and you're like, okay, I need to do this. And 
Meanwhile, the bike's got you on the ground and dragging him. Yeah, ripped my jersey, ripped my oh, pants, geez. broke my visor, and that was just practice day. I still had to race the next day, so <laughs> it was uh, a quick reawakening and a uh, welcome back to racing dirt bikes. I, I did the same thing when I came back. I hadn't crashed for a while, uh, for a long time, and I went right over the bars at Mesquite. And you got up, and you, you know that you, you that feeling of energy through your body and rushing through your body, where and you don't really quite know where you are, and your body's like got this hard hit, so everything's like hypersensitive. I remember it all came back to me where I was like, "Oh, this sucks!" Like I remember this, like where you were. That like, was that was it exactly. Yeah. You know, it was it was a section of these uh, roller sandy whoops, and off the last whoop, you'd kind of preload and jump over this tabletop. Some of the faster guys are doing. I'm like, man, I can do that. So I did it a couple times. And one lap, it got a little sideways in the sand, and so I just I backed it down instead of grabbing a handful. And I just still wasn't, you know, my mind and body just aren't in tune yet. Like, how do I react to the bike doing this? And mm-hmm. next thing you know, I'm dragging alongside the bike, and uh, the rear wheel's eating me up. And my like, grandpa just let go of the bike, so I throw the bike, and I just face plant right in the ground. And, and like you said, everything, your whole body, just it's, it's just shocked. Like, what yeah. did you just do to yourself? Yeah, it's And crazy. it was in front of everybody, you know. It was right along the front straightaway oh, yeah. where we were pitted, and everybody's standing <laughs> watching, and watching. And so I jump up, and, you know, my bike basically just rolled off by myself and hit the fence and fell over. So I didn't bring any spare parts today, so I was lucky nothing got bent on the bike. And uh, I think I pulled the muscle on my chest and stuff. But uh, it was all right. But it was, it was a shock to the system for sure. Hey, one of the things we were talking about earlier in the show, DV and Denny, Denny Stevenson joining us here. Uh, so we talked about how Tortelli and Alby and many guys would come over, and they wouldn't race nationals. They would jump into Supercross, and they would weed up, right? DV, they would get hurt. And, and so, like, w- w- the French were a little different, maybe, because you guys had your French Supercross series. Is that why the French guys were, generally speaking, Roncada, Pichon, you, they were better at Supercross because of the series you had yeah, in France? Yeah, okay. we had the series that started in... Um, Was it full uh, American style? Le- like- yeah. Yeah, kind of more like arena cross type of deal. Uh, started in the late um, 80s, okay. actually, maybe 87, if I remember right. So, actually, the first year, I think, uh, the the Bale uh, brothers won 125 into 50, 87. Okay. And then uh, from now on, it was kind of like uh, over the summer, mm-hmm. you know, it was outside. And then it kind of like started to go inside, uh, s- small convention centers and then small arenas, like yeah. 5,000 people. So kind of like a, like MGM Grand or yeah, something, yeah, yeah, like yeah. kind of like okay. Arena Cross, and yeah, it's been good. But the thing is, now you don't see that many f- good French riders no. because um, we race GPS every week. Oh, yeah, we race GPS. We race French National French Series, yeah. And whenever Supercross was on, we jumped on the Supercross bike and raced Supercross. Now, like. Fev doesn't do it. Yeah, he, he does uh, lead because he gets twenty or thirty grand. Yeah, uh, same thing as Pauline. He doesn't ride any Supercross. He only races at the end of the year to make a buck. Yep, and nobody else, nobody else does it. Yeah, nobody wants to sort of get no, better. So, to come yeah, to some of the teams said, "Oh, it's too dangerous. You know, we don't want you to do it." But it doesn't matter. At the end of the day, you. Um, <clears throat> You're the writer. You decide yeah. what's going on. Yeah, because Danny is Dylan Ferrandez is he French? He's French. Yeah. yeah, he's French. But same thing. He's actually pretty good in Supercross, and he might do good next year. But he doesn't race any Supercross during the year. He's gonna race a few at the end of the year, like maybe Geneva and Burst, uh Lille or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they don't. They they lose touch of Supercross from 
you know, January to September. Do, do they these, don't do any Supercross. Do these guys not want to come to America? I mean, obviously, Ferrandis is coming, but do they not dream of Pichon, Moncada? Yeah, you, 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 it, does, it doesn't work that way anymore. Right. Anyway, now they want to do, uh, I think they're going to focus on, on, uh, on motocross, obviously. Okay. Like, Gochi is yeah. going to be a GP rider forever. Right. Uh, I think Favre, too. I don't think he's going to come over. He signed until... Yeah. Sign another three-year deal, so until, yeah. you know. So, Danny, when you first started going over there, like, you had to deal with – hey, turn the radio down, Danny, in the background. Whatever you got going on in the background. We can hear you. I have nothing on. Oh. No, it's the echo, the echo of the, the show. The show. Yeah. Yeah, I don't have anything on. Really? Oh, that's really weird. Um, Coming through that way. Okay, so, hey, Danny, when you started coming over – like, when you started going to Bercy every year or these – or Geneva – you would deal with Roncada and Pichon and DV. No, but even and, and even uh, Bole, De Maya, yeah, yeah. all those guys well, first, raced. Yeah, all those guys. Yeah, raced. I mean, I went over there in '90. You know, after I won my title, right. And went over there with Bud and Fro, and I was riding with uh, you know a broken navicular at the time, so I was still a little banged up. But you know, I was going over there to race Everts. You know, and I'm like, I'm, yeah, I'm that was uh, down. Yeah, actually, won two nights that that year. Uh, on the Suzuki with the blue sea and everything. Yeah, he killed it, man. Yeah, that was, you know what? That was a so, crazy. Remember that year, Dean Matson going through the wolves? Yeah, they were crazy. I mean, I heard they were shooting shots of adrenaline in their ass and they were just going <laughs> wide open. Matson, Matson, and someone else was over there. I can't think of who it was. And there was rumors that they were shooting some type of shots of adrenaline straight in their ass, and they were going racing, man, because they were turning like the last first three, four laps there as fast as anybody, um, and then they just blow up. I was 12 years old. I remember that oh, race. Yeah. I was I was yeah. an 80 rider, yeah, and yeah. I would go, and I don't know, maybe I got like those Oakley goggles. They were like pink and neon yellow, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I think I maybe yeah, got yeah. a pair of uh, goggles from Denny or something. Uh, One of the you were Oakley back then, or some. No, you he know? was Scott. No. Danny was always Scott. I was Scott. Uh, somebody yeah, was, Scott. was uh, Oakley wearing those, like, probably a neon. Bud, probably Budman. Yeah, maybe. And then I remember in the 125, it was stacked. It was so many fast so guys. Stacked, so here's the point that I was getting to. Like, Danny, you were the 125 Supercross champion, maybe the best 125 Supercross rider America had. Um, and, you know, Ty Davis was on the other side. McGrath obviously was coming on. But 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 Everett's beat you. Do you know what I mean? That, that didn't happen. Yeah. Yeah. No, they were ripping, yeah. And you, you like just nowadays, you uh, you know, you send over, you know, Webb and those guys over to Europe and race against against the same guys in Judy's, and I didn't, I would think that they would smoke them. Yeah, I don't think they have quite. Uh, you know, I, I think like David said, I think they're more specialized in moto, and that yep. they ride moto all the time. They don't practice much supercross. Um, you know, it's pretty rare that you have a right. German kid like Roxas show up over here and do as well as he did. And not kill himself like many of the guys had done in the past, you know. Yeah. Um, hey, do you remember uh, that year in Bursley '90? Like Wally jumped off the bike in the air on the triple. It was insane. Oh, the track he was, was gnarly. He was going so off gnarly. the track. He was going to go off the track. Yeah. And then he pushed the bike off the track, landed in the downhill of the triple. And then 125 is uh, Frederic uh, Vial. Vial, yeah. Yeah. He was yeah. like a, a little. He was leading. And then outside of the turn, it was like a little double, like kind of tough. And then he went like side, like almost like did a 180 in the rut. Like, yeah, yeah. Brrrap, he got kicked <laughs> 180, and then Everest jumped over his head. That was those years were so much better than 
than now. Yeah. I, well, everybody the, was there. Everybody yeah. was there. It the nineties were yeah. the, the best thing ever. <laughs> and I think, and I think moving it out of Bercy. I mean, Bercy, there's going to be only one, and that's Bercy. I mean, the track was is so tight. I mean, they packed so much into that little venue. They go down the hallway, and like you said, you, you're bringing the best guys in the world at the time together. Dude, it was um, it was, was everybody. It was really it was RJ. Different. It was RJ. It was Bale. It was Ward. It was Larry Ward. It was Bradshaw. Uh, it was you. It was Fro. It was but I mean, it was McGrath. It was everybody. Everybody was there. everybody. You know, you you were yeah. You, the Bursi was just part of the year. I mean, the best guys went, and you were honored to go. Like you wanted to be yeah. invited to go. Um, and now if you're not, if you're not getting paid, someone will come up with an excuse not to go. You know. Uh, one of the things I wanted to talk to you about, Denny, was we. I've talked to you many times about your career. It, it really turned on your broken wrist. You know, your navicular injury that you kept riding with. Um, you know, maybe looking back poorly, a bad decision. Um, but you know, back then it was just kind of one of those things. Webb's going through that now. now. Now medical advances have gotten better. These injuries aren't the RJ killer that they were in your era. But you can relate a little bit. Um, yeah, I mean, I I've been, I've been really quiet in this whole thing because I'm a, I'm a huge Cooper Webb fan. You know, um, I've known him since he was a little kid. I used to sponsor him when I was at Smith, and you know, he's a badass. You know, what he's done on the 450 last season is just was was awesome. And and to see him, and I predicted he's going to go undefeated. You know, in the 250 West, mm-hmm. and then to hear he broke his wrist, and to him have him line up these last three rounds, he's done pretty well, but. For them to say that that wrist is healing by itself, I, I'm just going to have to call bullshit almost. You know, I'm not a doctor, and I, I, I don't, think, I don't know the severity of his break in his navicular yeah, scaphoid bone. Of course, yeah. But I know that I broke mine halfway through when I cartwheeled at Oklahoma City. I spent the next, I think, ten days or less than a week because the LA Coliseum was the, was the last round. It was going to be the East West Shootout. Mm-hmm. And Suzuki wanted me to ride it. I wanted to ride it, so I went to Spencer's uh, little voodoo shop, Jeff Spencer. And he put me on some tension machine and did all this ultrasound for 24 hours straight. I slept there. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm going to make this bone heal. They're like, we can do it, man. We can make this bone heal. Chicken set me up. Wardy set me up. You know, this guy can do magical stuff. I took four laps of practice. I cased one of the doubles and broke the bone all the way through. And so for him to think that that thing's healing, I just find that very hard to believe. And I know the grip that I had or right. didn't have. Um, you know, and I raced because I had a contract the next year. I raced all summer with a cast or like a rubber cast in my arm. Um, by the end of the month, I couldn't even hold on. So what Cooper's doing is great, but I think that if he's going to be the next, you know, 450 guy, he's the chosen one for Yamaha. I just think it's really kind of asinine that he's out there running around third and fifth. Well, when they already got four, four of the Yamahas could win, you know. Dude, I'm with you. Like, he's got to deal with a factory Yamaha next year, 450 full-time. He's going to make so much money. It's ridiculous. Um, between Monster and Thor and Yamaha, he's going to kill it. And he just really wants to get this outdoor title. But, God, I'm with you. Like, what are you doing? We all were surprised as shit to see him. What's, w- what's the what's the, the injury? What's what is it? Scaphoid, navicular. Is it, yeah. is it broken? Is it wrist? airline? What is rhino- it? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know the severity. You know, it's the same what Rhino had, the same what Zillapoto had, and you mm-hmm. know, different guys. I had a cast on for six months, and they took bone off my hip. They had a bone graft. Other guys have had it pinned, but I've never heard of anyone riding through it and it healing itself while you're riding. I yeah, it's the smallest bone in, in, yeah. in your body and the, the longest to heal. There's <laughs> so, no blood flow. There's yeah, no blood flow there. So. Yeah, I'm with you. Like, obviously, everyone has, has signed off on this, you know, and maybe it's just a hairline crack, right? Like. But he has it. But then it's yeah. It's, it can't be healing itself. It, it, it just the, the right. dirt. You know, just dirt bikes. Yeah, riding, racing a dirt bike. <laughs> exactly. Do we but really you know, need to add much you more know, like that? moving actually, moving around and everything yeah. actually helps healing, 
rather than well, being it did, in a cast. It did for me because I had surgery. They put me in a cast. I had a cast on for six months. After three months, I started riding with you know I had a cast up to my elbow and, and around my thumb. And I just started practicing. I go to my doctor. He's like, no, you can't hurt it because the thing is completely solidified with the cast. And the vibration will definitely help stimulate blood flow. Oh, okay. So I started going in. I started going in when I started eating on my cast, and I was shaped around a handlebar. And I actually raced Gainesville and Daytona Supercross in a full cast. Jeez. And it, the problem I went, I went before I went to go race with races to get a new cast, and they put it on too tight. And so I couldn't race very long. I think I rode half the motos in both nationals. I qualified for Daytona Supercross in mm-hmm. a cast, but you know, the, I'm, but I was fully locked, yeah. you know, so yeah, the yeah, simulation yeah. helped. So hmm. I can see the simulation, like you said, helping Coop, but he's still damaging. Yeah. He's still jamming. He's, well, I don't know, man. Dude, it's I, gotta I be, he, it's gotta be okay for him to ride. It has to, it can't be that bad. Otherwise there's no reason to put him out there. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm with you, Danny. I'm hundred percent with you, but He's yeah, he's Yamaha's next golden child right now, yeah. and, they're, and they're risking this for when they have what five of the top ten right now, guys. It just makes no sense. Yeah, I agree. Uh, hey, we got some phone calls for you uh, on the Pulp and Mech show here. Denny Stevenson, one twenty five uh, Supercross champion. Aaron, uh, what's your question for Denny? Hey, Debo, awesome to hear you on the show. Are you going to come out to Southwick this year? You know, I was. Uh, you know, we're trying to talk Gilmore into. Ra- or Gilmore was wanting to possibly race it. Cody's just coming back from his broken jaw from Supercross. And he was thinking he was going to ride a 252 stroke at Southwick. And I'm yeah. like, man, that's a tough race to come back and ride a 252 stroke on. You know, I mean, you just want to eat a lot of sand and shit sandcastles the next morning. And so Dude, I posted on Facebook, asking Treadwell and Keith, asking Keith Johnson, those guys, you know, would, you, would it be smart to ride a 250? You know, because Cody was going to go, I was probably going to go with him. But uh, as of now, probably not going to make it out there. I'm pumped that the track's back. It's one of my favorite tracks when I race. Yeah, we, uh, uh, and I'm stoked that an old motocrosser like Keith Johnson, uh, an old legend like that, has got the place back. Can we uh, can we rent a Debo for Southwick? We can always rent a Debo. Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> the new silver improved one. We can. Uh, we're a lot less trouble than we were in Seattle a couple years back. <laughs> hey, you can bring that 06 out. They're going to have an amateur day the day after. Yeah, I actually rode there not long ago uh, when I was at Smith. I remember they had a ride date on a Sunday or, or a Monday afterwards. Yeah. And uh, Aaron, places Aaron, get ever. your buddies together. You can rent a Debo. It won't be nearly as, <laughs> the Debo won't be nearly as much trouble as it was in Seattle. And yeah, really um, destructive. And you can get you can rent a Debo. You can come out. You can uh, hang out with him. He, he can tell you stories for for days and ones that nice. you know won't that he can't tell on the air. He'll tell you those ones. So, hey, I can get you a tour at ESPN. You can ride my 252 stroke for the day. Rent a Debo. There, there we, we go. go. It's done. There you go. Yeah. Thanks, buddy. Thanks, Aaron. Hey, take it easy. All right. Uh, this call, Byron. What's up, Byron? How are you? I'm good. How are you guys? Hey, Debo. Uh, I got a story for you from oh. about 10 years ago at a Millville vet race. Uh-oh. Is this suitable for on air? Yes, this is okay. absolutely suitable for on air. I was <laughs> nine years old. He was nine. And, okay. Uh, this this was the year Debo was on OLN announcing the Nationals on TV, and I was probably the world's biggest Debo fanboy seeing him race. And I was like, holy shit, there's this guy that I see announcing the Nationals on TV. He's out here riding plus 35 class or whatever he okay. was racing. Yep. And at the end of the day, I finally uh, nutted up and went over to him and I had him sign my shirt. And Debo, you probably made me the happiest kid ever that day, so thanks for being a cool cool dude to a nine-year-old kid nice man that's very cool yeah that would have been oh six did he saw yeah, when, when racer x had their uh like their vet kind of series around the midwest and, um, uh, one of the rounds yep. was up byron there, did yeah. he sign at denny 360 
Uh, I believe he did. Yes, yeah. that is his move. That is his move. Denny, <laughs> Denny 360. No matter what number yeah, he was, it was Denny 360. Oh, yeah. Hey, was those, it's, it's the only one I can remember years. at the time. <laughs> Hey, was 06 the year that the water main broke right after the Holy Schmidt and there was a giant river running across the track for probably 10 motos? Um, possibly. Possibly. <laughs> <laughs> anything's anything's possible. It was a long time ago yeah, for Danny. I remember but... that happening one year, and it was just the craziest thing ever. Yeah. Um, all right, man. Thanks for calling. Yeah, I appreciate the story. Yeah, no yeah, no problem. Have a good one, guys. All Thanks, right. Ryan. Thanks for calling. Rented Denny is available, everybody. Rented Denny is still going. It's still strong. If you want, to- <laughs> hey, I, I want to do it one time. Seriously, I want to do it. You want to rent a Denny? <laughs> no, I want to. We do like a two for the price of one. Oh, rent a DV. Like a Denny and a DV at the same time. <laughs> Why Let's not? Do it. That, that'd be fun. Why not? You did Seattle, right? Seattle Supercross or something. Yeah, I went to Seattle and went with Moser and those guys a couple of years ago, uh, and it did not it did not go well at all. I, I remember Moser sleeping in, on the cooler. Yeah, it was not didn't go well. <laughs> um, but there, Seattle Supercross is back, and so I'm hoping for a, a redemption sequel. Um, my favorite, never, my favorite part of that, know. the favorite part of that thing is that Swiss Corps' favorite rider is chicken. He loves chicken and everything else. Chicken's favorite rider, blah blah blah, and then. Uh, Moser sends a photo at three in the morning with chicken in Seattle. <laughs> He's hanging out. He rented a Denny and he got a chicken. <laughs> We're like, you got yep. a chicken with a Denny. <laughs> that's a that's a good combo. <laughs> that that brought that, that's definitely nineties moto right there. Um, uh, yeah. t- what's the latest with chicken? Do you have any stories to tell us? Please tell me you have something. You know- I was shocked to hear, uh, you know, because Cody's good friends with him. And so last weekend or, you know, two weekends ago was the first round of that series for Cody. And uh, I guess him and Chicken were talking, and Chicken was going to fly in and race and <laughs> ride one of Cody's bikes and race. <laughs> and so uh, I think the second round is coming up here in the end of this month. And he, Cody's either, he's either flying in on uh, for that one or there's the next round that's actually close to here to Omaha uh, in, in July. So we might have a chicken sighting in the Midwest. So, <laughs> Why not? And, that, and that's never happened. He's never made it to the Midwest as long as I've known him for 30 years. So um, it could be a first. Yeah, why not, huh? Chicken, uh, he's got nothing going on. <laughs> he can leave any time. It doesn't matter. <laughs> as long as he gets his veg line orders in, I think he can do that anywhere in the United States. And, and he, exactly. And he, and he can uh, paint some flames. He can uh, airbrush some flames. He's got to make sure he feeds that cat, you know, raw chicken <laughs> and, and that monitored lizard he's got. I mean, oh, <laughs> God. he's got those things. We, do you think there's any chance of getting you and chicken in studio together? Would chicken come uh, up? You know, I tried, I tried to get him to Vegas before, you know. And, I know. You know, he's, he's kind of one of those guys that's, uh, you know, he shows up in Vegas and loses a week, I think. So. <laughs> right, he stays um, away, yeah. Yeah, so you never know. You know, I I, I was going to hit you up about maybe coming out this summer again and doing some in studio. Yeah, but, uh, absolutely. We to, Anytime. We might have to we might have to drag chicken out as well. For um, sure, that'd be a good in studio. Hey, one thing we talked about over text a little bit. Uh, so this weekend, DV the Todd Gendo from Feld was at the race. Yeah, he was going around and talking to all the team managers and trying to get a vote on this chase format for next year from the teams. Uh, AMA has kind of said, hey, what do the teams want? We'll do what the teams want to do. FIM has cleared it as far as Feld wanting to do it. Um, so from what I understand, Todd and the guys at Feld were going around and talking to the teams. Danny, you're in favor of this, huh? I think, you know, what the hell, why not? You know, when is the last time um, that the series has gone to the last round? Um, if you're not named Ryan Dungey or Ryan Villapoto the last six, seven years, I mean, why wouldn't you be for it? 
it makes no sense that you wouldn't be. I mean, if you're a rider, you have a shot much deeper in the season you ever have. And uh, if you're a team, your rider has a much deeper, you know, longer chance of winning yeah. this title. Mm-hmm. So why not? I think um, what what was kind of the result? It doesn't sound like it's very popular with some of the fan base. But yeah, no, what is the riders and teams saying? And what sport you can win a series before the last race? Yeah, MotoGP, Formula One, yeah, yeah, you could. Yeah. But in the U.S. or whatever, like yeah, you know, it's it's so ridiculous to have a champion in Seattle or mm-hmm. St. Louis or you know. It has to go all the way to Vegas. Also, you know, if I was in position to be champion, yes, I would want to clinch early. Okay. But for all the other riders, but the champion and all the fans and all the industry, it, you know, that it also more makes fun. more heroes. It makes more heroes. You know what I mean? It makes the overall champion a hero. It makes the guy leading the chase a hero. It makes the race winners here. Like it makes more heroes and that's fine. That's good for me. That's good for the sport. Yeah. I mean, you, you relight them up, you know, with uh, the, the top seven, top 10 going into the last, what, five, six rounds, you know, when the East to make the East swing and, you know, you get them all up on the podium. You get to do a whole new uh, press conference like you did at the beginning of the season. And mm-hmm. I, I just can't. I mean, I see nothing but positive things. The only, what's, the, they give details of like well, the format? Yeah, the, what I hear, and I don't like this part of it, DV. What I hear is it's only going to be the last five. I think that's a little too little. I'd rather see the last seven. Seven. Yeah, um, do ten and ten and seven, right? Yeah, yeah, but I hear it's the last five, which I'm a little shaky on. But whatever, let's try it out, right? I, I I don't see why not. You know, I mean, uh, every sport's kind of changed it to kind of go to this uh, playoff format to try and keep the excitement all the way to the end. And, um, I, and if these fans say, well, that's stupid, I'm going to stop watching, well, then, you know, yeah, they're you, not, never they're really, not gonna, yeah. you're never a fan anyways. But Dude, they're not going to do that. They're not going to do that. No way. Why wouldn't um, you? You would you'd draw more attention. Like The problem is I kind of came up with this little fantasy chase that I was keeping track of um, at the end of Supercross. And even no matter how I try to twist it, Dungeon would it either way. So, yeah, no, he's uh, uh, he's won it. Uh, Travis kept track this year of the chase, uh, and, yeah. and 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 uh, we did. We went back every year and did it using seven races, and um, uh, it was the only year that would have changed was uh, the year he RV blew his knee out. Brayton would have won the title. Other right, than that, that's right. I did read that. Yep. Yeah. Other than that, everybody everybody would have. Oh, actually, you did that too, Travis, didn't you? Or was that Swiss score? What? When Brayton would have won the title? Yeah, you? that was me. That was you. All right, yeah. Travis Martin. Yeah, he did that. Yeah, yeah, I did one. It was kind of similar to, to NASCAR, where they you know they dropped three guys after a couple of rounds, and then dropped three more guys, and it was mm-hmm. like a four rider, you know, winner take all in Vegas. Yeah. And you know, obviously, Dungey won that. So. Um, but, uh, before we let you go, Debo, let's take one more call here. Uh, Christina, welcome to the Pulp Mech Show. Uh, what's your question, Christina? What's going on? You have a you want to go to Italy? I hear. I see. Yeah, I've been with my boyfriend for almost eleven years, and I think it's time for a big trip. So I figured if I got a bribery tactic, a motocross of the nation, maybe you guys can get him fired up and he'll commit to it. <laughs> he doesn't want to go. He does. It's a big trip. We haven't done anything really big like this. And, you know, we don't know a whole bunch about motocross of the nations over going overseas to do it. So um, any tips? Or... Yeah, a go, man. You've got to. First, get... you have to go online and then you get a plane ticket to Italy. <laughs> and then you might want to rent a call. And then, you, <laughs> and then you figure out where the truck is. Christina, to, and... go, to go to motocross of the nations in Europe, have you, did you go to Lakewood or Bud's Creek? No. Okay. 
They're, they're Which 100- were amazing, by the way. They were good, but they're better in Europe, Denny. Yeah. The, the, the I, nations I can, in I Europe, imagine. they're phenomenal. They're they're amazing. They're so many passionate fans from so many countries all over the world. You've got to go. It's it's a great thing. Majoria is an historic track. Probably good viewing. How did you say it? Majoria. <laughs> okay, John mm-hmm. again. Yeah, I'm from Canada, bro. I'm, I'm Paul. Majora. Majora. Okay. Majora <laughs> is an amazing track. And uh, you, dude. It's great. I mean, why wouldn't the... What, do, you have the, do you have the money to go, Christina? I mean, is that a pro- finance? I could save up. No, we could pull it off. Dude, it's you got to go. Uh, it's a yeah. big trip to commit to. You can put it off. In the U.S., they make credit card. You can pull yeah. off anything. Uh, <laughs> you fly into Milan, right, DV? Fly into Milan? Yeah, you could. I mean, I know, yeah. Yep. And, uh, and uh, it's easy. It's an easy trip to do, and Italy's great. Uh, I've spent a lot of time in Italy as of DV, obviously. It's a fun country. I like it. It's cool. It's not as good as France. You would, you would it's better than France. It. Be no, it's not. It's better than France. No, there's it, no it, way. It's better than France. There's no way. It's, it's not better than Canada, no, but it's better than France. Yeah, yeah right. You think, you seriously yeah, think it's... Yeah, going it, on and on ever since he got back from Glen Hill in a couple weekends ago. Uh-huh. But, so so wh- about, what's the holdup? Are you from uh, California? It's a lot of money. It's, um, are you from California? I, yes, I am. Yeah, whatever you see at Glen Helen, it'd be like 126 times better than that. Oh, yeah? 934 times better. <laughs> Jody's, Jody Weisel does not make the track. Yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> that's, the, that's the main reason. One of the main well, reasons. That guy, that guy, are you guys going? Uh, I'm going, yeah, I'll go. DV, eh, you won't go. You'll be in France next week. But it's You'll, um, you'll be gambling somewhere. <laughs> He's out of the nightclub business now, everybody, too, by the way. LeBlanc is, is no longer around. Um, yeah, you got to go, Christina. Make it happen. Tell the tell the boyfriend. I'll listen to you guys. Yeah, no, DV says go. Denny, Denny your vote, got to go, right? I, you got to go. Yeah, it'd be chance of a lifetime. You'd never forget it. Just go. You go to, on uh, Ad Italia, and then you, you rent a Fiat. And that's it. You're going to drink wine for lunch and, and eat pasta. <laughs> yeah. And then you're going to eat actually a, a real coffee once in your life. And then that'd be good. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Awesome. awesome. Thank you, guys. All right. Thanks, Christina. Thanks. You got to go. Uh, one last call. I lied. Chris, what's going on? You want to uh, talk to DV? Oh, no. Yeah, DV. Oh, God, Danny. You oh. know who it is. <laughs> hey, DV, what would it take? Have you come back and race one of the Midwest, or best of the Midwest races against Debo, and then possibly the race we could get Chicken back here? Uh, chicken, Debo, and DV. On you know the line. what? I'll go and I'll be like, uh, I'll, I'll pitbull or something. You know, I'll, I'll be like, <laughs> you know, I'll change no. the, I put like the tear offs and the goggles and stuff. There's no, no way I'm going. If you're coming back, you got to get in shape and you got to ride. There's, the, the first, yeah, the first challenge is getting shape. <laughs> that's, that's a big challenge. The second challenge is I haven't rode since uh, around my birthday, which was mid-October. Um, and actually, a funny story. I, I bought a truck two and a half years ago. I said, oh, I'm going to buy a truck. I'm, I'm going to get a bike. I'm going to ride maybe once every two weeks. Yeah. So I've had the truck for two and a half years. I never put a bike in it. <laughs> oh, I bought a, a brand new truck. Yeah. I, I never, I, I did not have a, I never bought a bike and I never put a bike in my truck. Yeah. So, and I'm trying. I, I, I did see when you were training your guys, uh, you started out, I think, walking behind or bicycling behind them. And by the time, uh, 
a couple weeks from then, he would got a moped, and you were mopeding behind him. <laughs> I got the, yeah, the 110. <laughs> At one point, I said, How oh, screw you? the bicycle. There's a 110 here. I'll just take the 110. You know what it is with those kids? You tell them, like, go run for an hour, and then they run, like, until you don't see them anymore, and then they're going to walk for, like, I'm, <laughs> so I'm like, you know what? I'm going to stay next to you, bro, and you're going to run the whole time. How about, how about when DV had the, the extension cord for a skipping rope? Yeah, that was sick. That was the sickest thing. You know what? They couldn't, you they don't couldn't, ride at all anymore? They couldn't even jump rope. They don't know. It, it looked like a, a frog trying to cut a steak. You know, like, you know, they couldn't do anything. I'm like, so they got better. But um, no, I don't ride anymore. I don't want to. I don't want to get hurt. I have friends, you know, actually my partner at my club, he bought a brand new KXF450. You know, he rode three times, and he ended up in a wheelchair. He crashed, like, small crash. Yeah, got her. Yeah. I'm scared. I went to ride um, at Palak a few years ago. I was so scared. Like, guys, <laughs> the guys, they don't know what they're doing. Yeah, yeah. They're swapping around everywhere. Like, you pass them, like, you have them, like, six feet or something or on the jump, and then... They jump towards you. They don't know where they're going. There's no flaggers anywhere. You know. You know what? I'm, I got really, really scared of uh, riding. You know, maybe riding on my own and then having fun. Okay, but it's no but, fun to ride on your own. Uh, yes, well, was that the weekend you missed the cover there. photo for Dirt Rider? Uh, no, actually, the cover photo was actually a year and a half ago. Yeah, basically. Uh, okay. the, the, so the, the you know what? That's that's basically it. So I wrote for the Dirt Rider. That was October or November 2014. I rode, the next time I rode was October 2015. Oh. I did not ride for a year, and I haven't rode since uh, you, over you still, six months. You still got your bike or no? I have no bike. Okay. You, you, I have no toys in yeah, my garage, uh, okay. nothing. All right, Chris, thanks, right. man. Thanks for the call. Hey, DV, I have the utmost respect for that. Good for you. Uh-huh. Thanks. Oh, All right, yeah. oh, shit. He gives me crap every day when I don't ride. He's pissed every time I don't go ride with him. And, and now DV's oh. got his respect. No, now, called, now, now he gives DV's respect. <laughs> yeah, but me, why don't you ride, Danny? Why don't you ride? You're a piece of crap. <laughs> uh, Vortex Racing bringing you Denny Stevenson on the show. Email Jake at Vortex Racing for a sweet deal on some sprockets, chains, bars, anything else. Uh, Vortex Racing. Uh, Debo, thank you for coming on. Always fun. Uh, to get you on one of my favorite people in the industry, no doubt about it. Glad to see you're back on a bike. That's awesome. And, um, yeah, man, thanks uh, thanks for coming on. Always, man. Thanks, Steve. Uh, David, great to talk to you. Yeah, nice to talk well. to you, man. And, uh, hopefully see you soon. And uh, if not, we'll see you guys in Millville. If not, I'll be out there in Vegas doing a show hopefully soon. Yeah, so awesome, you, man. you're going to Millville? I'll be at Millville. Yeah, it's kind of the only race I go to. It's about six what? hours away from us. We always drive up for that one. When is it? Maybe I'll, I'll make it's, a trip. It's, it's July 23rd, I think. Oh, uh, maybe I'll maybe I'll, I'll July thirteenth. It's it's middle of next month, like thirteenth okay. maybe. Yeah, that's a good one. You should come to it for sure. Yeah, maybe I'll I'll plan some. Tim I Fer- like Millville. Tim Ferry and Steve Mathis third overall there in 03. I got second overall in one. <laughs> okay, uh, uh, take that. And in 06, too. Yeah, in the mud. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, oh. the mud. That was a hell of a one. Uh-huh. I remember watching launch a bike uh, that little hill with uh there. with uh Smith goggles. Yeah, we sponsored you. That's right. Yeah, I, I did sponsor David for a while. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thanks, Steve. Bye, right, guys. Have a, thank have you. Have a great night. Talk to you. Okay, thank right. you. Vortex Racing bringing you uh, 
Denny Stevenson on the show, BTOsports.com, Fly Racing, MFAB Jeep and Truck Parts, Race Tech Suspension, Vortex Racing, X-Brand Goggles, Hot Cams, Gear Alloy, doing a Gear Alloy cold call here in a little bit, Works Connection, Nissan Starcross 5, Atlas Neck Brace, FMF Racing, W Wheels, W Wheels, uh, Davey Millsaps used W Wheels to win this weekend, and, uh, and also to uh, uh, the whole KTM effort uses Kevin Benoit as well. Guts Racing, official seat foam, seat base, RCA Suzuki, PC uh, Kawasaki use Guts Racing for their seat uh, foam and base needs. KTMPartsExpress.com, Roos Graphics, Ride Engineering, 2 Wonder, all on board with us. The Nitro Circus, NitroCircus.com, please go there, check them out. We gave some tickets away a couple weeks ago. Travis Pastrana was on the show last week, and uh, so that was awesome. And DV, you, uh, your big winner tonight on your bets so good to have you yeah hey you know what i bet i had four tickets uh-huh. the last two days uh-huh i have four winners yeah cha-ching and you're gonna win over a thousand right uh total yeah 1300 1300 dv uh gambler kenny rogers he's known when to fold them and when to hold them and all that um Ken, so kenny roxon is the points leader right now in the mx he should have Six moto wins in six races, um, but he does not. He has five and six, should have had six and six. He's off to a terrific start. A lot of his success is due to this next guy on our line, and uh, we're happy to have him. As a former mechanic, I like to have these guys on the show because uh, mechanics are the true heroes in the sport. Oscar Weirderman. What's up, Oscar? How are you? Good, thanks. How are you guys doing? We're good. Thanks for coming on, bro. Appreciate it. Yeah, no worries. No so, worries. So did your GP mechanic and career, Oscar, coincide with DV at all? Or no? Uh, yeah, he was there when I got started. Okay. Uh, when you, did he leave? Like 2099? Yeah, 99. Yeah, my last season was 99. Yeah, that's when I that's when I first started with uh, factory. That's when I got a factory mechanic job in with, Europe with the group. Uh, end of 98. Yeah, okay. end of 98. So you were working for Machio? Or no, that's uh, no Burwoods, Monic Burwoods, the first year. Ah, there okay. was Burwoods, Byrer, and Van Rees, right? In that team. Yeah, Van Race wasn't on the team, but he was just supported because he was Dutch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so who so did, who'd you, who did you work for, Oscar? Uh, Martin Burwoods. Oh, Burwoods. Okay, because Bayer yeah. was fast. Uh, Bayer was fast that year. Yeah, he got. Uh, no, he, he he got second. Yeah, he was that two years. He was. He, yeah, no, but, but uh, Martin led. And then he uh, got her. Yeah, he, he, they were both one and two. I think they were like forty points ahead of uh, really? Bali. Wow. Yeah, and and then uh, Monocrest in Belgium hurt his hand, and then after that, uh, Pitt started to struggle more and more, and Bali got stronger and stronger. Was that the year Pitt broke that DNF, DNF in Germany when he had a big points he, lead? Or he had the points lead? Uh, I don't know. No. No, okay. He had a DNF in Luxembourg. There was a year where Pitt had a lead, and he went DNF, DNF at his home track or something. Um, and DV, that was the year. So it's DV. It's Bravotes, it's Bayer, it's Bole, there's Mash, R- Rhino. Mash, Rhino. Rhino. Yeah. Rhino. Yep. So at the end of the year, it was Bole yeah. first, and then uh, Bayer second, I got third, and Rhino got fourth. And at the end of the year, Everts came back, he blew his knee at the yeah. uh, Boker, the international race, and yep. he came back and he won a couple races. He won the USGP, I guess. Uh, no, Wyndham yeah. Wyndham won. He won a moto. No, he, yeah, he, he won, won a moto. Won too. Yeah, he won a moto at uh, the USGP, and uh, yeah, it was it was pretty. It's a good year. That's yeah, what I, there's I, a lot yeah. of fast guys. Yeah. My point was the year. This, yeah, it was good. It was a good year. Yeah. Um, and there was that one. Oh God. Uh, 
Well, I don't want to get too far into the 99, 250 GP series. It was but. like uh, uh, Brian Jorgensen. Brian Jorgensen <laughs> was at a Suzuki, yeah. Suzuki. with uh, Leon Giesberg. Uh, Giesberg, oh, yeah. Yeah, Suzuki. Yeah. Uh, those guys were actually yeah. pretty, they were good, too. You know? Oscar, a kid from Sweden, getting a job with a Dutch team. Yeah. I know, huh? Like Just a, down the street. Were you there with uh, Woody? Woody was there, right? Yeah, Woody, he worked for, he worked for Fun Race, so he... He was in a different workshop, but then the, okay. uh, in 2001, I believe he worked for Ramon, Steve Ramon, okay. on the 125. Then he was in the same workshop as us. Oscar, did you work for DeGroot when the team put the shock underneath the bike where the linkages was? No, that was after. Okay. No, uh, no, a couple no. years after. Okay, all right. That was after or that was before? No, it was after. They, they had one before, and then they I think that was after the, with uh, Leok. They, they had one in 97. Oh yeah, I think. Yes. okay. Yeah, yeah, 1997 they had one. Um, I think Demaya rode with it. I'd also in um, uh, maybe even before that at Rinaldi, okay. he rode with one. Yeah. Huh. All right. GP talk. 99 season. It was a good season. I was working over here for good season. I was working for Tim Ferry over here, top privateer in Supercross that year, bro. So there you go. I remember DV. You had to take your tent down in Valkenswar because you, your your dad got mad because you rode bad in the sand or something. <laughs> No, I didn't. Like, I broke the engine first moto. Second moto, second moto I was second. I was catching Van Rees, which is amazing. In, in the, the sand? In yeah, okay. Spot. And uh, I blew an engine again. So oh. it was great. It was a great moto. But, so, but you ended up taking great. the tent down? I always took the tent down. Oh, you did? I took the tent down at Factory Yamaha. You did. We always joked about how you needed a, It was contract time when you were taking the tent down. No, did you... <laughs> You guys are No, you did help, though. Actually, yeah, I can vouch for that. In any team I was, yeah. I always helped yeah. uh, with the tent. Which, actually, when you think about it, I've never had seen a rider help in my whole mechanicing career. Oscar, have you? Not, not many times. I can't really even remember it. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, probably not. <laughs> but I do remember DV at the end of Nationals taking down the tent. Like, I was, I was uh, you know what? I'd rather help with the tent than sit in traffic. For two hours, yeah, yeah, for sure. So. <laughs> no, that's a that's a good point of view for sure. Um, Oscar, so uh, great job this year, by the way. Uh, way to kill yeah, it. Thanks. Um, was the was the wire that caused the problem of the fork? Did you have it on this past weekend, or was it off? Can you no, tell it us? Off. It was off. Okay, yeah, just one yeah. of those things. It wasn't a KYB issue. Uh, Kyle and the whole team was pretty um, uh, uh, adamant on that, and so yeah, so it didn't it didn't come off, it, or it came off for this weekend. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, no, it's gone for sure. For sure. Um what what's okay, so us idiots in the media, we we you know we talk about his triple clamps, right? Um we talk about the and you know he added some more horsepower near the end of Supercross. You, uh, you guys changed the link. Um and he'd been riding Maybe, okay, right? Where you change a link? You changed a link or no you didn't change a link? No. Oh, okay. My intel was bad then. All right, the whole point. Yeah, intel. Was bad. Uh, it's not. The first, it's not the first time. <laughs> Anyways, the point is like he was riding well. He's been giving the bike a ton of credit for the changes that you guys made with the bike. And you were there. Were you there? And do you remember him being like instantly more comfortable? I guess talk about the bike changes that have sort of helped him near the end of Supercross and then helped him so much now. Yeah, but I think even even in the beginning of the season, like he was comfortable and good, but he had a like A1, you know, he was on the, I believe he was like top three, and then he had a tip over, and he got a six. Mm-hmm. And then in San Diego again, he was like top three, and he had a tip over again, and got a six. I think 
if if he hadn't fallen earlier in the Supercross, it mm. probably might have happened even earlier. You know, you how you know how it is. You build confidence. You get yeah. a couple of good yeah. results. Well, see, that's Oscar. That's why, like, as a former mechanic, I come on this show all the time, and DV's in my camp too. But like, I don't, I don't want to hear about bike changes making this big of difference in these guys. Do you know what I mean? The bikes. I think, are, I think so- he does sometimes. You know, and yeah. sometimes it, sometimes it's hard to believe, right? For good or bad. Yeah. You know? Right, right. But either I, way, I, either I, way. I think, yeah. 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 If you're missing that little piece, then for sure the bike will help you, right? <clears throat> but in the end of the day, you still have the rider doing. You, you need a good rider. That's what I'm saying. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Like, like, you know, because Oscar, I go around to these guys after the races and the, uh, my bike setup was off. Uh, we're working on some things with the bike. And I'm like, come on. Like Barsha last year. <laughs> like Barsha last year. There's nothing happened to his bike. He simply. In the mud, got a great start, rode amazing, won, and it all flipped upstairs in between his ears. And he started winning and challenging Dungey. It's because his confidence, because it's nothing to do with his bike. Yeah, no, I think you build confidence, and then if, if at the same time, you know, you can make some small bike changes and the, and the mm-hmm. rider get even more confidence in the, in the bike, right? Yeah. Then I think the changes can make a huge difference for them because they're building themselves and they believe their equipment's getting better and better. Yep. You know, and these top guys are so all good. You know, they just need a little edge yep. over each other. Are you are you surprised at Kenny and how good he is? Like, uh, look, he should be six for six. Um, are you surprised, or is this? Did you think that this was possible? I mean, there's no doubt to me. He's just amazing right now. I didn't think I knew. We all knew he'd be good. He's Kenny Roxon, but this good? Yeah, I expected even before the Supercross that we would have been better. Uh, than we started off the first rounds. Mm-hmm. You know, I expected him to be like. More like this, how he is now in right. the earlier Supercross. Right. Uh, for sure, I didn't expect him maybe to like win six motors easily, you know, because that's 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 knowledge. Just like yeah, Carmichael and Stewart back in the day. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, yeah, the kid got so much talent that's it's unbelievable, you know, and he works his ass off. Um, how did he react when the when he came in after Moto One at Glen Helen? Was he calm or did he start throwing things? No, he he took it like a champ. Did he? Yeah, that's <laughs> Obviously good. Obviously, when he when he first came across the finish line, you know, he handed him handed me just a bike. Yep. But then after, after when he came to his bus and we speak to him between the motors, he was just like, "Oh well." Yep. Hey, shit happens. I was gonna go out and beat him in the next seat. Yeah, I I I can't stand these guys DV when their bikes break and they throw temper tantrums or they throw them down or whatever. Like, look, the team doesn't freak out on you when you tip over in a turn. They don't start calling you names and mother effing you some riders are just unbelievable when they have mechanical problems and i just shake my head at them just come on man the team's allowed to make a mistake uh there's thousands of moving parts in these bikes shit happens sometimes just like you tip over in a turn you know what i mean some, yeah, I don't yeah. like. Sometimes they leave the bike in there. <laughs> Dude, Chad, Chad, to, Chad would leave the bike, not scared at all, to drop that bike. Um, what I don't like is when when riders actually win race and they throw the bike and celebrate. I hate that. I hate it too, DV. Trust me, believe me. I never done it. If you win a title at the last round, you can throw your bike down. Not even, even. I, I'll give you a pass, but yeah, yeah. other than that. No, you yeah, should... if you win a title, you can burn a thing. <laughs> you can do whatever you want. Yeah. No, Josh, but... Josh Grant wins Moto 1 at Glen Helen last year or two years ago and throws his bike down. 
uh, hey, bro, it's a super tight schedule. You just won a moto, big deal, and there's a lot more to go. Like, yeah. like I don't get that. You like, know, you, you didn't I, just want a moto, I, I bro. I actually hate that. Yeah. I hate that. Uh, yeah. I'm with you. I'm with you, DV. Um, so, yeah, it's good to hear that, that Kenny, you know, acted well. And, yeah, it, it happens. Shit goes wrong sometimes, you know. And, uh, and, and Yeah, no, he didn't he'd be really good with anything that – <clears throat> that goes wrong, so to speak, you know, that's not mm-hmm. scheduled or things happen whenever it happens. Yep. He's really, really, every time he impresses me, how cool he is with it. You know, he's just yep. accepts the situation and then does the best of it. I'm guessing that the stock clamps that we all talk about, it's just a flex issue, huh, Oscar, with, with the aluminum frame and the, and the size of the forks and everything else, just a flex issue that he prefers? Yeah, you know, they, they designed the, those clamps, you know, for the frame and swing arm we have to use. You know, yep. the, the Japan, you know, they spend a lot of time making it yeah uh, and i think the days are over where things had to be super rigid you know everybody has yeah. 50 millimeter forks before and yeah big no. old billet clamps and 18... everything's getting slimmer and slimmer uh, nobody's are, are people still using 18 mil shock shafts because i remember at yamaha we went away from them for a while uh, i think certain brands are using okay yeah um because uh we found that hey yeah the frames are getting stiff the clamps are getting stiff the forks are 50s uh, back in the day, uh, and, and the 18 mil shock shafts—it's like too much, you know. Like we need to get these things to flex a bit. So yeah, yeah. Because even the frames, you know, from the first frame that came—I well, don't even know—it was like 97. 97 or whatever. Yeah. Yep. They're like the half the size now, you know, because they—they they know how to make them. They're mm-hmm. <clears throat> obviously in the beginning they were afraid everything should break, right? So you just make everything beefier. Yep. Yep. Um, how much do you get into the suspension? Do you at all get into it? You're a former suspension guy. That's how you came up through the ranks and that's what you did with Chad Reed on his team forever. Do you get into the suspension stuff or is it all Kaipo? No, Kaipo does all the work. Yep. You know, uh, I, I think um, I, more of a link in between them, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yep. me, me and Kenny kind of understand each other and then we all, you know, talk as a group, the whole team and yep. and even Ryan from KYB. And uh, then we just do the best decision we can together. Okay, yeah. So, you know? so yeah, so you're not getting your hands all oily anymore, but you're still heavily involved in the suspension end of things. Yeah, yeah, no. Yeah. Kaipo, Kaipo, that's, all the suspension is all Kaipo's work, right. you know? Um, where do you stand on this air fork spring fork debate, uh, Oscar? As a, as a suspension guy, uh, you know better than everybody. Chad Reed's failings, and and uh, it seems like uh, a lot of Cooper Webb's on spring, J Mart's on spring, Alex is on air, you're on air. Uh, the show of things got a, like a hybrid spring air fork in there. Tomax on spring. Like, what's your thoughts on this? Obviously, uh, Chris Kiefer is a co-host in here. He comes in and he rides all the bikes and talk, tells us what he thinks about air forks. And it's a mixed feeling in the pits. But as a suspension guy, like, what's your thoughts? Yeah, it's, it's mixed. <laughs> as you took a big, a big exhale. Yeah. No, I, I think it came out too early. I don't think it was it was ready. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know if the, in the beginning you just did it for cost and, and then it was obviously lighter. Mm-hmm. But I, I think uh, majority of the riders, like now the KYB Air Fork is really, really good, mm-hmm. right? And and the show, I don't know because I haven't been around the show, but for sure, you know, they're new hybrid and everything's getting better and better. Yep. Uh, but yeah, I think it's there's something to spring forks. They maybe a little more consistent or or, or whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. There's definitely been some work the last yeah five years with Air Forks. That's do sure. you do you think in five years will everybody be on air or will we still be debating this i think we still be debating <laughs> yeah it so be you know what the biggest problem is 
is uh, all the guys the the suspension you know they most of them have, have the same philosophy when they build stuff you know and when you get something with air forks uh -huh. you have to completely change and then you have to start from zero relearn the process whatever you learn on spring and in and, and everything might not work on 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 air forks mm -hmm. and then you have to kind of maybe put your ego aside and whatever you learn on what's good or what what a spring fork should yep. do you have to start from zero and i think not too many people have the capabilities to do that mm -hmm. and also and the resources it's new you know they need experience you know and to build experience you need to make mistakes you know so people are making mistakes and then going right going left going you know yeah. and they need to find a good setup but learn the process and the the philosophy of airfox compared to a spring spring's right. been has been here forever so everybody knows you know uh, you agree with that oscar yeah, no, for sure. But then, um, unfortunately, you know, in the world of racing, you don't you don't have time, right? Mm -hmm. so if, you, if you can't get your, any rider confident or happy with a product, you know, they're going to search back to to their past. To what they want. Everybody yeah. knows. Right. Their old their old bike was always greater, right? Two two years later and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, it's interesting. The suspension guys tell me that if you on the dyno and Oscar, you can back this up, or maybe maybe this guy was wrong. The suspension guy tells me on a dyno. An air fork is perfect. The curve, the linear curve, it's perfect. Theoretically, it looks great uh, all the way, you know, on a dyno. And then in the real world, uh, it doesn't always work that way. Do you, do you but it, do, can they uh, make the same curve, uh, the spring in the air? Can, um, can they make the same curve on a no, dyno? No. I, now they're way closer, but it's it still is different, you know. You have yeah. one, is, one have a cold spring and one is air. It's always... Yeah, it's the same it's thing. Same but different. Look, when when uh, it's same but different. Uh, yeah, but <laughs> yeah. when we rode um, with, we went from it's it's not as big as a difference, but we went from a steel spring on the shock yeah. to titanium spring. Yep. Mm -hmm. I hated titanium. Springs. Oh, you did? Okay. It's the same yeah. rate. Yeah. You know, it's it'd be it'd be the five one. I've or, never really heard a rider yeah, in, my, in my end of things complain ever. It's yeah. five one. Yeah. Oh no, tons, many times. Yeah. Oh really? The, okay. It's a All steel. Right. Yeah. It's a yep. steel five one, and it's the titanium Ti five, five one. one. It's the same thing. You put it on the on the yep. the dyno. The, the yeah. dyno. Yeah. It's the same rate. Same everything to the to the tenths. Yep. You know to. So. And then you ride it. One is horrible. One is good. Oh. One is not comfortable. Yeah. Titanium is not comfortable. It's more springy. It's kind of like... doesn't settle. Yeah, yeah. weird feeling. Yeah. It's the same thing. Huh. On the dyno, yeah. it's exactly the Interesting. same thing. So, Oscar, you know? you, yeah, so, you, you've seen that too, Oscar, then. Yeah, no, for yep. sure, many times with that. You know, and then See, some, some guys prefer to tie and some... Yeah, uh, yeah it's all right of preference at yeah. one point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know? for sure. So. And I think it's what you're used to, you know, if you've been riding a spring fork, spring fork your whole life, then you have to learn something new, right? Mm -hmm. Same when you when you come from a two-stroke to a four-stroke. They hated four-stroke. It's, the the it's the same thing. Yeah. Like us, now like it's opposite. All the riders that race 250 two-strokes yeah. across, when we went on four-stroke, we hated it because it, it it was so different. The response, the yeah, everything. everything is different. The way you have to ride it, you have to relearn pretty much everything, how to ride a dirt bike. And But for the kids that grew up riding... Amateur 250 mm -hmm. four stroke and then 250. You know, there's no yeah. learning curve because 
they already know it. Yep. You know, and for us all guys, it's always tough to True. actually yeah. ride a full stroke property, kind of. Um, I also had another suspension guy tell me that the Showa system, where they put everything in one fork, you know, all the springs or airs in one fork and the other valving and everything's in the other fork. This guy was telling me, Oscar, that it's not a good system. It doesn't work. The KYB philosophy is way better. Obviously, maybe you can't say, but but that's what this guy was telling me. It's like it's not a good system. It doesn't work. And I'm like, okay. I think I think they both have good ideas. Mm-hmm. There, there's great things with both systems. I yeah, think. Yeah, yeah. Because with the show one, you have separate, right? So all the heat is just mm-hmm. getting in one leg. So you won't affect the other leg, which is great. But then on the KYB, both legs are the same, right? So it's right. more equal. Okay. Um, yeah, no, it's interesting. It's just, it's the constant debate in the pits. Like people, what do you got? What do you run? And I hate these things. I love these things. Blah, blah, blah. You know, and then the OEMs are like, yeah, sure. hey, run Air Force because that's what we fucking sell. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so it's a big, big problem. Even though I think for for the average guy though who just rides a bike, I think it'd be really hard because most guys don't even check their tire pressure. No, right? exactly, <laughs> exactly. I agree. I got buddies who'd never check sag, and you're <sighs> just like, oh, you know. Yeah, and so, it, you buy your bike and the air pressures, but in the end of the end so, of the year, you know, you probably no 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 air left in it. Right, right. right. So I did the the, 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 shoot, the yeah. shootout. Yeah, DV did a shootout. Yeah, like a year and a half ago for the two two. Uh, 15? 15, yeah. 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 2015 bikes. And whatever bikes were Air Forks, I hated it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the Honda was dangerous yeah. for me to ride. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You know, and, you know, Yamaha was still spring, and then maybe somebody else, maybe Cowie or something, were still spring then. I don't know. Yeah. But way better for me as, yep. as a bone stoke bike. Right, right. The f- yeah. Uh, I think KTM was here, and then uh, Husky and uh, Honda. Yep. Without it felt dangerous, twitchy, and and you don't like it. <laughs> yeah, it's different. It's different for sure. Um, but but my dad does. You know, my dad does all the suspension yep. for. You know, and he loves Air Fox. He says, "Oh, we have better. It's easier to make it good. Everybody loves them. You hmm. know, they're happy with them. So okay. You know, yeah. There we go. Yeah. Depends. You know. Um, Oscar, uh, our buddy Chad Reed, he's going to Europe. He's racing two GPs. Uh, what do you think about that? Is that is that cool? You think he's going to enjoy himself? I think it's I think it's super cool that he's going there. We yeah. we always talk that we should go back and do a whole series, you know, just for fun, right? But uh, I don't know. Uh, I know he's been riding some uh, some outdoors and stuff because Kenny has been over at his house mm-hmm. riding, and uh, yeah, it'd be interesting to see how he does because it's you know obviously is way different, right? And yeah. Than, yeah. than riding here and but in the last it, couple of years to be more supercross guy. He's choosing the tracks that kind like Mantova is kind of like uh, U.S. style. Oh, it is. Uh, okay. It's yeah. like a Melville. I went there. Yeah. Me and him went there, but it was fourteen years ago, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Fifteen years ago, we did an international. Yeah, it's like a sand. It kind of like Melville. Okay, you but get, no hills, yeah. flat. Give him those settings. Give him those settings, Oscar. <laughs> Call him up. I think it, I think it was muddy that day. I think it was like two feet of water everywhere. Oh jeez, um, yeah, it no, should be I interesting. Think it's cool. yeah. I yeah. think they they gotta love him there. You know, I know. For the fans. Yeah, and it'd be cool. I think it's a cool thing for him to do. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see how he does. He's doing uh, Matoli Basin and uh, and Mantova. So um, ne- next week, right, or two weeks? Uh, Mantova is in two three weeks. So I don't know if when oh, Matoli okay. is. Um, Oscar, thank you for taking the time tonight. Appreciate it. Um, Thank you for coming no on the show. Great job with uh, with Kenny and everything else, man. Uh, you're one of my 
favorite mechanics to talk to in the pits for sure. Uh, you've been killing it, so thank you, man. All right, Norris, thanks for having me, guys. All right, hey, thank you. Bye. All right, Oscar Weirdeman, everybody, mechanic for uh, uh, Kenny Roxon. So, killing it. And um, not just a, a, a parts changer, DV, a real suspension guy at that. So you would, you know. Finally, finally. <laughs> grips uh, and graphics, baby. With grip, speaking <laughs> of grips and graphics, Race Tech. Race Tech suspension. Check them out, please. Privateer Choice. Uh, riders like uh, Vince Freeze, Ben LeMay, uh, Cody Gilmore get their suspension. Then they choose Race Tech, Stephen Mages as well. Uh, many Race Tech guys out there uh, killing it. Privateer Choice for guys. And they do motor suspension, motor work as well. Besides the suspension work, 65 years of championship winning engine building and tuning. Race Tech engine services are dyno, track, and flow bench tested. Look, get your oil change and your suspension, if nothing else. Uh, use the code Pulpamex16 at Racetech when you're checking out to get any discount on any suspension work that you can. And uh, they're taking their air forks and they're turn, make, turning them into uh, spring forks, too. Show attack forks. So, uh, all right, these are the best emails uh, of the week from the... Uh, yeah, when are we going to have a... Normally, you have a commercial break, like every 10 minutes. We're going at 9. Commercial break at 9. So you, you uh, skip one, right? I don't know. We'll try to get all three in, but for sure two. Right. Is there something wrong? No, I want to drink or, you know, go to the bathroom. Well, go. I'll, go I'll read these emails. No, go. I, want, I want to listen to oh, the okay. emails. And then we've got Noof coming up, Canadian motocross expert. I don't think I know him. What's his name? Uh, Noof. What's his real name? Ryan Lockhart. He works at Atlas Brace. He used to race pro. Probably raced against yeah, you. Yeah, I think uh, yeah. I remember. I don't right. know him, though. I don't. Jason sent this email in. Uh, Steve, you've given so much free content over the years that I really felt it my duty to show you a pit board in this one. Kiefer is a great guy and every man and a real every man's hero, but kissing Pook on the lips? For me, he's desensitizing you to what my book is, Dirty Riding. For Christ's sake, he enthusiastically gave sex advice to your audience in the After Dark segment. He may say it, it shows his true love, but I'm not so sure. Kiefer is showing you a wheel, protect the inside, and keep the race line. DV, where do you stand on this? Like, we had a big debate on our show. Kiefer kisses uh, two or three people's wives on the lips when he sees them. Not tonguing them, closed mouth kiss. You're European. You guys kiss on the cheek. Maybe you kiss on the lips. It's no, a we, bit, don't. we okay. don't. We don't kiss on the lips. That's an American thing. Like I've seen, like uh, even like uh, grown-up kids uh-huh. with their parents, yeah. like kiss on the mouth yeah, and yeah, stuff. Yeah. That's something we never do. I do you th- kiss your kids on the lips or no? Yeah, my kids. Yeah, now we yeah. are. Okay. Yeah. What but about they're kissing, small? They're small. So. What about kissing your buddies' wives? Your no. good friends. Good friends. No. Never. No. Okay. Right. No, no, that's, that's Kiefer insists there's nothing wrong with that. It. It's that's just, it's like just, that's plain weird. <laughs> well, that's what I was saying. And I'm French, and uh, we're the, really liberal. You're on that pretty open minded, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're pretty open minded. We see boobs at the beach, you know. We right, go to right. these yeah. chicks naked at the beach. Right. We don't care. But Pookie thinks it's classy. Well, I don't she know. She says it's classy. That, we that don't Ke- have the same definition of classy. Pookie, come up here. Oh, um, <laughs> the meatloaf. The meatloaf. <laughs> um. So, yeah, okay, I want to get your feelings on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's weird. Okay, so Austin and, said... And, and FYI, I did not kiss Pookie on the lips. Yeah, you did not. I was watching. I was see what's <laughs> going to happen. Um, yeah, I'm, like, I'm not, like, I'm not a prude. I'm open-minded, too. Like, whatever, I don't care. But I was trying to tell Kiefer, that's weird. Yeah, don't and, do it. And he was like, no, no, hey, no. Kiefer, if you listen, don't do that ever again. He, he kisses his other buddy's wife's on the lips. We got a voicemail about him kissing a, uh, his buddy, a guy's wife's on the lips. I mean, just a little peck. What, not- about, what about it? A- does uh, his buddy kiss his yes. wife on the Yes, buddy kisses Heather. So there's kind of like a, like a, they kind of like a, a swing girl kissing. I'm going to kiss the shit out of Heather when she sh- when he comes when she next I, uh, time she comes in. I already said that. I'm kissing you on the lips. It's yeah, awesome. you like that? Yeah. Did, 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 
Are you looking forward to it? Yeah, I'm sure what's up. <laughs> so uh, Austin sent this email in. What's going on, Mathis, and, every studio, and, and everyone in studio? His question is, what national should he go to, DV? He lives in Jersey, equal distance to Unadilla and Southwick. Uh, Unadilla's legendary track, and his dad has stories from the 80s, and Southwick because he doesn't know how much longer it's going to be along, around. Which track should he go to? Uh, Unadilla or Southwick? I'll go to Dilla myself. You would? Yeah. I'll go it's, Southwick. Nah, it sucks to go there. Like, uh, the national for, like, riders, it's horrible. You spend all day in a, in a plane, and then it's far from the hotel. It's far from the airport. It's It kind of sucks to get there. Mm -hmm. But it's still Unadilla, though. Unadilla is more legendary than Southwick. <laughs> you know? And Southwick, you can't see shit. That's true. You can't you, see much. Yep. You can't see shit. You're right. Like, Unadilla, you can... See half of it. Okay. You know? Yep. Southwick, it's like Washugo. Oh, yeah, it's great. <laughs> yeah, you see, like, trees. Yeah, right. You see trees in one corner. Uh, all right. Last email here for Race Tech email segment. Uh, Justin Simpson, love the show. Thanks for all you do. He used the pulp code to order a few sets of goggles. Uh, his order arrived super quick from X Brand, but one pair of goggles they sent was different than the one he ordered. He emailed them to let them know, and within five minutes, he had a reply from Rich Taylor apologizing for the mix up. He had another pair out to me the next day and included some tear offs to make up for it. Great product, great customer service supporting the show. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Justin. If X Brand don't goggles. Wear X, you, you won't, won't win. win. You won't win. This next guy on the phone here, he knows all about X Brand. He wore X Brand to dominate the Vet Nationals at Walton one year. And, uh, oh, wait, here's a text message for. From, uh, Kiefer said, fuck you, and DV. Uh, so he's <laughs> apparently listening. Uh, this guy once wore X-Brand goggles to a whole shot at Gopher Dunes as well. Atlas braces own Ryan the Noof Lockhart. What's up, Noof? Hey, man. How's it going? Good. DV was asking about you uh, before we got you oh, on. Yeah? Did you ever race against him? Did you ever line up next to him? Yeah, I lined up with him. I want to say um, it was in an LCQ in 06 maybe st louis but i had a flat tire and like i already planned on lining up with a flat tire because i wanted to get my night show money <laughs> and i didn't have a spare wheel and i lined up right beside him and i want to say that he was like his mechanic was like dude you got a flat tire and i'm like it's good it's good i just want to do the start to get the money <laughs> he's private hashtag privateer life <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I mean, I wasn't going to change it. I wasn't going to change the tire after the semi. Yeah. Um, was he? This yeah. is DV on Buku, probably. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yep. yeah. All right, there we go, DV. <laughs> He's shaking yeah, his head. He's still shaking his head at you, Noof. He's still right now. Still <laughs> that's good. Shaking his head. Ten at years you. later. Yeah, yeah, really, right? Uh, thanks for coming on, buddy. How's everything at Atlas Brace? Yeah, it's good. Things are uh, things are busy that time of year, and uh, yeah, moving along, uh, moving along nicely. AtlasBrace.com. Uh, Marty Davalos wears one. Jason Anderson wears one. Bummer about Anderson's uh, sickness this weekend. He had altitude sickness and couldn't ride. Isn't so. that Filippoto too? Filippoto yeah. had it? I don't know. Oh. No. Uh, oh, Atlas Brace. Yes. At Atlas Atlas RV Brace, yeah. also uses Atlas Brace. Yeah. So, Fossiotti, Matt Gerke. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. why we want to get you on here to talk about the first round of the Canadian Nationals. So, I was there. Okay. So, <laughs> first of all, the live timing did not work again. <laughs> Again, <laughs> what is with these guys in the live timing, Noof? Like, seriously. We knew that. Dude, we, we called it. it. We called it. It's I unbelievable. Um, we, weren't, we weren't right about much else, but we <laughs> called that the live timing was, gonna, was not. Hey, the Canadian uh, 
uh, Federation guy, they still wear like those uh, painter suit, no, white suit. No, that's a CMR. That's a CMA. <laughs> these are the guys of the CMRC. These guys are different. Oh uh, yeah. Listen um, to this. Listen. Listen to this. Though. Okay. This is like the best classic. So, so they like blow the horn for the for the ten minute before staging, right? And uh-huh. the, the two fifty guys are going to staging, and like we're up there, and it's like. We're waiting and we're waiting and we're waiting and it's like taking forever. They're already like an hour and a half behind schedule at this point, like for the first moto. Mm-hmm. And we're like, what the hell's going on? So whoever was on the dozer touching up the track ripped the transponder line like completely out of the ground. Okay, so they, <laughs> so they, they wrecked that. So whatever they fixed it caused about a half hour delay. The second 250F moto, the same dude does it again, rips it out two <laughs> times in one day. Like how does that happen? <laughs> at the same spot and everything. Yeah, the same spot. Oh geez, dude! They were about two and a half hours behind. It was uh, it was on schedule. Like, on schedule, was, yeah, yeah. It's like friends, friends like that. Oh really? Uh, um, it's a shit show. The four fifty guys. Did they have their helmets on for thirty minutes waiting the stage? At least. Millsaps is, is probably like, "What the fuck am I getting myself into?" <laughs> and it, it was it was hot, like like extremely hot. One of the hottest outdoor races I've been to in a long time. And, really? Huh? Um, wow. It was like, it was, well, 40 plus, well, around 39, I want to say. So what's 39 that, like Celsius. Jeez. Yeah, 105, 107. So. Oh man. Um, well, hopefully they only got nothing to do, but go up. I heard that new video app was good. And then I heard it was bad. So I'm really not sure whether it worked or not, but you know, well, yeah, I heard it was. I heard it was pretty good. I think it was just like a lot of downtime, obviously, because like the day ran on forever, and like the video was like just playing through. So no, yeah, I got a text um, from a from a team manager down here that sent me a screenshot of just the pits, and he's like, "It's been this for way for an hour." People were just walking in the pits, and I'm like, God, I don't know, bro. I don't, I don't know what to tell you. you. You know what's crazy? They still have the same mentality, like in their scheduling, that that dudes are still riding all four motos, and like right. That's not happening anymore. Like, have the other guys on the line yeah. when the moto's out there. Dude, the American guys, um, the, the, the nationals down here because of TV and everything, there's yeah. no intermission, and they are picking their gates with five minutes to go in the moto. Yeah. Yeah, no, no. There's there's 45 minutes um, to almost an hour of downtime of nothing. Like, there's no support class racing. There's no nothing. Yeah. Um, it's just like watching the track dry out and watching the dude tear the transponder <laughs> line out. That's all the, the it's list. It's an excellent point. Like, why not? Yeah, sh- shorten it up. There's no reason, literally no reason to not, to not shorten no, it up. Not, nobody's riding. Nobody's no. riding four motos anymore. No. It's not happening. No. Um, so, Gurky wins the first moto, right? Uh, yeah. Millsaps gets second. If Gurky doesn't fall in the second moto, does he go 1-1? Like, was he the best guy or was Davey? What's your take on the on those two guys? Yeah, I mean, Davey was impressive in the first moto. He came from, like, third or, four, or fourth, I think, and he closed it up really tight on Matt, and then he kind of settled in and looked like everybody was on a bit of survival mode because it was so hot and the mm-hmm. track was, like, really hammered, so you could – see people were pacing themselves and then they'd go for a couple laps and then back it down. But second moto Davey was really good. I mean, he stretched it out to, I want to say almost 15 seconds at one point over Fasciati. Um, but Davey, Davey and Matt were the only guys that I saw, like have any aggression to like aggression at the beginning of the moto Colt was really mellow, like both motos, mm-hmm. um, and, and whatnot. But, um, the, Gurky, if he had to get a good start in the second moto, I think um, 
I think that would have been good. I think they would have went at it. But I don't know if you saw on um, Instagram, but did you see Matt's hands after yesterday? Yeah. Yeah, they were bad. Like like destroyed. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think Matt even knows that his hands are destroyed? Do you think <laughs> I don't think he I don't think so, no. Um so those two were the class of the field or, or was Colton on their level? Colton was really good and like I said, after the first moto he he said, Man, I paced myself way too much and then mm-hmm. when it was when he tried to go it was too late. But I don't know what happened in the in the second moto, but literally with a lap to go I started walking away, and then I watched the finish line, and Colt was, like, within a second of Davey. I don't know if Davey fell on the last lap or he just really checked up, but Colton was probably the best I've ever seen him at the first round. Yeah, yeah, he starts slow. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, so those three were, were mockery better than everybody else. Medi had a little bit of like an off day. Better. Benoit was off. Yeah. yeah, they looked like they were 30 seconds down at the end of the day. Well, the ben, moto. Benoit, was pretty, Benoit was pretty good. First moto, not so much. Mm-hmm. Second moto, um, he was a lot better. He battled with Colt for a while, actually passed Colt at the beginning of the moto um, and kind of ran in there and then slowly kind of dropped back. But I thought it was pretty good for his first first 450 round. And Medi? Medi just did not have a good day he was he couldn't get by Alessi um in the first moto and then I think he ended up running in the back and falling but his starts were just okay and mm-hmm. he just was he was off for sure he he was probably not happy after that and Donk wasn't happy that's for sure oh, I, Donk, Donk. I was dude Donkey Angie Donkey Angie <laughs> yeah. Donk works with uh Mitty? yeah yeah Donkey Angie yeah. what, what bike is he riding uh, Yamaha's. Yeah, right. Gurky and Medi are teammates on Yamaha. 702-586-757. You got a question for Atlas Braces own the Noof about Canada, Canada or maybe his own comeback. For the first time in three or four years, Noof was not on the line. So, really sad. <laughs> I was happy. Yeah, really, right? 40, 40 degrees in Kamloops? Yeah, no shit. Yeah. Um, no, it was and, uh And the 800, did the 800 have bike problems? Freeze did, right? One moto? Yeah, um... I don't know about the first moto, but I know the second moto for sure. Um, he kept every time, like he kind of looked okay in the back of the track, and then he'd come along the front um, where everybody was standing, and there was like a lot of revving going on and then a lot of looking <laughs> down. I think he ripped a sh- shifter or something. <laughs> but, so, uh, he, I yeah. mean, the leading edge team, we did talk about them. They, they need some work. They, they, they yeah. need some help, right? I mean, it's, let's be honest. Yeah, I – it just, I mean, Alessi was pretty good, but man, I, I didn't expect him, you know, to get dropped that quick, that mm-hmm. early in the motos. Um, it just was kind of odd to see. I mean, usually his sprint speed is really good, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, those guys had nothing. Freeze, I don't know. He Freeze had a terrible first moto. Him and Brock Hoyer, which probably not many people know Brock Hoyer, but they battled for about twenty minutes. If you're, yeah, no Brock offense to Hoyer, Brock Hoyer, but you shouldn't be. Yeah. He, <laughs> Yeah, I didn't expect him to be battling with, with Vince at no. round one, especially when Hoyer hasn't raced since um, Calgary National. And he has a job, and he, and, he has, and he has a full-time job. Yeah, yeah. So, mm. um, But then second moto, Vince was actually riding pretty good in the second moto. Yep. And I think he was in, like, fourth, and then he just disappeared, so he had bike problems. But um, I did witness after practice um, a bit of a, a bit of an incident where he was pretty unhappy with, the setup and struggling with the track and um mm. yeah so well, it was did the cmrc let his three second faster qualifying time stand 
No, I don't think so. Oh, okay, because he was fastest in qualifying. Freeze was by three seconds. Really? Yeah, and, and Schuster, yeah, no. Derek Digger at GDR texted me and said, yeah, he cut the track, and I never saw it fixed. So. Yeah. I, as far as I know, he didn't have first gate pick, but oh, okay. I, I, didn't, I didn't pay that much attention to it. Right. Uh, Gary, uh, you were at Kamloops. Uh, welcome to the show. Um, what's up? What's up, Gary? Yeah, hi, guys. Yeah, I'm telling you, that was some kind of hot yesterday and dusty as shit. Oh, uh, I saw you race uh, Newfin, uh, the vet master. Good job, buddy. Uh, was that track as gnarly on Saturday as it was on Sunday for the pros? Well, you know, I'll tell you, it got different. It was a really shitty, garbage, rough, um, square edge, no flow. They, I don't know if they, I think they started watering the track, like, probably Friday night. Like, it was, like, powder burns everywhere. So, normally, Camelot gets that deep, um, a little bit more U.S. style, like, kind of rough and big breaking bumps. But it was just shitty and choppy the whole freaking time. So, Mm. Um, not a lot of fun. Yeah, there's lots of Americans were saying that. Yeah, they thought it was. It reminded them a lot of Glen Helen. As a matter of fact, some of the guys said they thought it was rougher than Glen Helen. You know, which is kind of hard yeah, to believe because yeah. you know Glen Helen gets so freaking rough. But man, I'm yeah. telling you, I, I was pitting for two riders yesterday, and uh, we're sitting in the mechanics area, and they don't even have the live timing up. And you got kids, you got guys qualifying. You can't even give them a pit board number because they didn't have the numbers up in the time qualifying. It was just a gong show right from the get-go. The Amex One Moto, they were on the line. They were on the line for damn near an hour. And it, I don't know what they were waiting for, but probably the timing. And then when I went to try and protest at the office, they said, oh, no, you don't understand time qualifying. I said, yes, I do. I says, I says my kid is, is third and catching the guy who was the second LCQ guy, and you're telling me he finished 12th? Oh. And there was all kinds of people up there. <laughs> Finally, later on, they admitted Oh yeah, there was an error. Somebody ripped up the line. Thank oh, well, you. Oh man, it I, was crazy. But I saw the official time. Always t- oh, a good time. Lots yeah, of fun. Can, Hot as hell. All right, thanks, thanks, man. Uh, I saw the uh, I saw the sheet said freeze. If Colton was seventh. This is official sheet, and I'm just like, what's going yeah. on? And, um, we got a tweet that Alessi had no front brake either moto shifter ripped off start of second moto and freeze ran out of gas. So oh wow, ran out of gas in his bike or his body. <laughs> I think his bike. I know. I know that that was. Um, I was over there on on Friday night, um, talking to those talking to those guys, and um, they had these different tanks or something. And I know Freeze didn't wasn't pumped on the tank or something like that, so he probably went back to a stock tank. But and they ran out of I want to say that they knew that they knew that there was, it was only going to last for about uh, thirty three minutes. They were claiming, and, and the moto was longer than that. So yeah, who knows? Was it Sandy over there? Is it Sandy? It is. It is kind of. Um, it is sandy, but not like deep, deep sand. But um, I was so hot. I know a whole bunch of people were having issues with boiling fuel too. So um, I know that Tyler Medaglia, both motos on the 350, boiled fuel and the bike was sputtering and popping. Why, why and those guys don't go to uh, uh, Exxon and and buy like regular gas? Just, yeah. They, well, yeah. Exactly. That works. Yeah, they probably didn't realize how hot it was going to get. It's a 450, you know? guys. Yeah. You don't have to spend. 30 bucks for a gallon of stupid race gas. Um, so 250 class, Noof, uh, Dylan Wright won the first moto, then he hits the gate in the second moto, and, and he has to start with his motor off. Is that what I read? Uh, okay, so here's what happened in the first moto. So I'm standing there, and I'm watching, and for whatever reason, I was watching, like, he was with, like, a couple other guys. He fully alessied the gate, like, timed it perfect. Like, he was going before the gate dropped. 
and he had a massive hole shot. Like, it couldn't have been any more perfect. Right. Well, he did the same thing. And I saw um, a Facebook video or an Instagram video today. He tried the same thing in the second moto. Oh, that's so dumb. And it's so dumb. he didn't even come close, and he blew through the gate because, of course, in Canada, if you hit the gate, it just blows over forward um, <laughs> because they don't, they, don't want it, they don't want you to pal drive into the gate and then wreck the gate, and then they have to fix it. So, right. anyways, he blew over the gate from what it looked like, and I'm telling you, he was – three seconds down the straightaway before the gate even dropped. You remember when Jason Lawrence did that at like uh Hangtown a couple yeah. years ago? He like popped over yeah, the gate. Popped and over the gate like, right. Yeah, that's what kind of whole shot it was and then of course they red flagged it. And then I heard that um it wasn't yeah, they ended up giving him a stop and go penalty after the after the red flag. And then but originally they wanted to dock him a lap. Well, oh, geez. you dock the guy a lap, like he might as well not even line up for the moto. He's already a lap down. Yeah. Well, I, I have so many questions. I don't even know where to start. How, but, how would you yeah. dock somebody if the gate actually goes all the way forward? If it doesn't stop uh, you, you know, yeah. it's their fault, yeah. you know? Yeah. No, exactly. So it's such a gray area. Right. Um, that I think they ended up giving him a stop and go. But ironically enough, he ended up crashing his brains out on the first lap. <laughs> And then still had to do a stop and go. <laughs> and he rode it. Yeah, so, and then the poor kid, I mean, he rode his heart out in the first moto. And so he does a stop and go. And then all of a sudden he comes around. He's pretty much a lap down by this point. And he rode the whole moto, but I think he only got like 30th or something like that. So, like, what a waste if, of if, energy. He ha- if he hasn't timed, by the way, don't do that anymore. Don't time the gate. That does not work unless no. he looks like a clown most of the time um, yeah. when he tries that. Uh, can the kid win or was it just the gate? Lucky the gate thing. No, I mean he. Yeah, no, he 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 straight up won that first moto. I mean he was. Well, yeah, but if he had a if he had a huge head start with timing the gate, you know. Yeah, well, the first one wasn't like that. I mean, it was crazy enough, like super noticeable. He probably had like three bike lengths out of it, but Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think I do believe that it would have been a good. You know, Thompson got a really bad start in the first moto. Uh, Moff was out in front, did lose. It was really weird. Everybody lost their brakes this weekend, like Alessi, obviously. Yeah. Moff and Bayer lost his brakes. Medag- Tyler Medaglia lost his front and rear brake. In and, he boiled, and he boiled the gas. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he might yeah. as well. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it was good. Okay. I mean, like I said, the first Moto 250 class, the three guys that were on the podium were the three guys that I didn't expect to hit a podium. I mean, maybe, you know, a few, few throughout the season, but mm-hmm. not that quick. Um, and uh, so and then, so Pettis blew a motor in the second moto, right? When he was... Pettis, Pettis had just passed Moffenbeier for the overall. So, yeah, he passed in the second um, with, I don't know, it was probably over halfway into the second moto, and then he never came around, so he blew a motor, um, but uh, which was kind of a shame. I think Moff probably would have got him back. Yep. But um and yeah, it was a it was a bit of a crazy day. Jer Bear had problems. Yeah, he went down in the first moto and um his starts weren't great. Um he was just kinda okay. Didn't look like a whole lot of mm-hmm. enthusiasm out there. <laughs> a lot of enthusiasm. So Moth yeah. wins you overall, yeah. Who would have thought that? Did you get any shit from our preseason podcast from anybody? Uh the only one that gave well, two people, Jason Hughes gave me shit about Galdi. Um, like he was yelling at me semi because of what Galdi said or whatever, and they have their own issues or what whatnot. Um, <laughs> what did Galdi say? Kate, I don't remember what Galdi said on the show. Was it bad? I don't know. Something like, 
something that, that he's too sensitive. And, oh, okay. You know, you yeah. got to something yeah, along those lines. And then, and then, like, as soon as I got there, because I was, like, nervous. Remember I kept saying it throughout the whole podcast? I'm like, I don't want right. people bagging on me and shit. So I get there, and the first team that I go to to do some work stuff, I see Cade Clayson. And he just starts yelling, I'm a point stealer? Like, really? That's all I am is a point stealer? And I'm like, I've never talked to you in my life, and you're yelling at me because of something else Galdi said. Because of a, oh, Galdi said that. Okay. Galdi called him a point stealer. Oh, he's this, this, it's awesome being in the media, yeah. isn't it, Noof? Yeah, yeah I know. Yeah. Other than that, it was all good. Nobody else right. was. Uh, Listening to this, Nobody I want to go race Canada. Do you? Sounds like it's fun. <laughs> Let's do it. I'll get, I'll get you a bike. I heard there was some drama this weekend, but I can't figure out what was going on. But somebody said, hey, you know how f- you said Freeze and Alessi would be uh, full of drama? And I'm like, yeah, for sure. At some point, one of those two guys will do something. And they said, well, it wasn't that. And I can't really find out what it was. So I don't know. <laughs> I, I, who knows? But with stop and go, with blowing the gates and stop and go penalties and DNFs and brakes and fuel and and one hour on the gate and one hour on the yeah. gate. Awesome. That sounds like the dozer, the dozer guy, <laughs> Johnny on the dozer, yeah. <laughs> ripping up the live timing line. So. Yeah, it's no, a, it crazy. It's a Tarantino scenario. Yeah, really, right? <laughs> um, so okay, yeah. So we're looking at Millsaps and Gurky and Colton, maybe, huh? I mean, it's early, but those three, if yeah. you want to, you want to talk about it. Um, I know it was good. I mean, I mean, honestly, like Davey looked hungry out there. He wanted it. And I, I was a doubter and mm-hmm. I probably shouldn't have, and I should have probably realized what I was talking about. But I honestly thought in the first moto, I thought around 15 minutes, man, he can drop back. Hasn't probably been, uh, at least I didn't think been riding a ton, but man, he was, he got better as the motos went on. Well, like I said on our podcast, he's a world-class rider. Davey Millsaps is exactly. phenomenally talented. But, but you say he's hungry. He might be hungry. What? What? What do you? He needs to eat. Oh, he needs to eat. <laughs> he needs to pay the bills. <laughs> no, yeah, he, he, you know, he does mean? look skinny. He, he, he looks really skinny. He he has good and financial incentive to get this thing done. Yeah, because yeah. I'm not. You know, he has uh, some uh, uh, bad seasons, yeah. and at one point you have to pay the bills and yeah. you need to eat. So I would have loved to have gotten in his mind when he showed up at Canloops and looked at the ribbons and the the, the presenting things in the gate and. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the weeds. I mean, honestly, like the the race in in general was pretty normal as far as like the atmosphere and stuff. I mean, mm-hmm. it, there's no reason. I mean, we're we're into this thing for 20 years that the CMRC has been putting on nationals now, and it, it can't go behind schedule like that. I get home at like midnight, almost one in the morning last <laughs> yeah. night, and I just watch. Right, exactly. And it's only a three yeah. and a half hour drive. Yeah, like it was yeah. Just, it was just crazy, you yeah. know, and. um I don't know, but overall, I mean, hey, it was good. The racing was good. Yeah. Um, I think the battles would have been a little more intense if it hadn't have been so hot and right. nasty, the track. It just, lots of guys just really settled in, and there was big gaps between everybody. I mean, after, after like, third in the 450 class, it was, like, almost a minute back. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that. It was I saw huge. That. Was, what, how it was, was huge. the, the point-stealer had problems with his bike, he said on Twitter. Oh, really? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I was so upset that he was yelling at me for something I didn't do. Uh, can Atlas Brace get DV a bike and get we get him up here? Uh, get him up there? No, we, let's do it. Let's do it. I'll come. I'll be the mechanic. We'll go racing. It'll be good. It'll be a good story. Yeah, yeah, there we go. 
Uh, sounds fun. <laughs> All, right. Up. All right, Noof. Yeah. Thank you for the uh, opening round update. Uh, it does sound like a really good series. Some huge, really, some good depth and some great guys up there uh, doing well. And uh, I wanted to get. We the... didn't talk. We didn't talk about Hayes though. That kind of. Oh sucks. yeah, Hayes is is he done or what's the deal? His knee's done. Really? Damn, dude. Not even didn't even make it a moto. He looked. He looked good in practice. Like yeah. He was is that really the Hayes? Uh, Jacob Hayes. Yeah. Race from yeah. He went down in the first corner, um, so it started off bad. And he did – I mean, he went from literally last to – and like I said, the depth is not really there, yeah. but he went from last to ninth in about four laps, yeah. which was impressive on that track. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden he disappeared, and I guess he just – yeah, he tweaked his knee and the rollers from what I've been told and rode off the track, and nobody saw him again. So, so what's going to happen now is is that – um, Monster Cowie, Cowie will put a replacement guy on there, which will probably be the dude that ended up third. Was that Brandon Leaf for yeah. Leaf number seventy that we were kind of semi talking about? He was pretty good. A uh-huh. um, little bit of luck on his side, but I'm sure they'll put him on the bike. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and Cole, I called Cole for the title in that class. I'm still confident in that. Although we can't, we we perhaps counted out um, Offenbar a little bit. So I think so. I think so. But Cole was really good all day. I mean, he was smooth and smart and didn't really do anything crazy. He he rides that bike, so you can't even hear him out there. He just is floating around. Like I said, he's kind of more of a 450 guy, yeah. but it really worked for him. And he's really good. He won he won the 450 class last year at yeah. Nanaimo, which is coming up this weekend, so I'm sure he'll be really good there. Awesome. Thank you, buddy. Hope everything's cool. good at Atlas Brace. If you need a brace, check them out at atlasbrace.com. Official brace of uh, a ton of riders out there. Some really good guys at that. So, uh, Noof, thanks for the cool. report, buddy. Thanks, guys. Talk to you later. All right. See you. Ryan Lockhart, everybody, the new. We're going to commercial break. Come back with David Pingree. Got some of your segments to go. We got David Villeman. Are you going to Canadian National this show? Uh, yeah, I think so. Near the end of the series, yeah. You want to go? Let me know. Let me know. You would go. I might. Is that in Quebec? Are you going in Quebec? I might go to Quebec. Kiefer's going to race him. I might try to go to the one in Quebec. What is that? Uh, I'll get you the date. I forget. But Kiefer's going to race two of them. Let's do, let's do a trip. Take me oh, to Mont- Montreal and stuff. Buddy, buddy. That's right. Mont- I, I go to, I've never been to Montreal. Montreal strip clubs? Epic. I heard it's in, that city is insane. They're epic, yeah. I want to go. All right. Not for, gonna- not for the strip clubs. I, yeah. don't, I don't care about chicks. But just to <laughs> go out some. I don't care about chicks. All right, everybody. Who what- did that drop? Is that you, Travis? No, that's him. Yeah, that's Travis. You didn't see me. I- Travis said, be careful. You're going to end yeah, up like, you like that? You're gonna end up like Gibbs. <laughs> Is that Kiefer's wife? Clippy, Clippy. Uh, yeah, that's Kiefer's okay, wife. Do it, do it again. I got it here. Yeah, you like that? Oh, yeah. Uh, all right, everybody. We'll be right back with the great David Villeman and much more on the Pulp Mech Show presented by BTOsports.com and Fly Racing. Hey, this is the voice of Supercross Guy, and you're listening to the Pulp MX Show. Hey guys, this is Jason Thomas. I wanted to talk to you for a minute about Fly Racing. Fly Racing has grown by leaps and bounds since I started wearing it back in 2003. If you go back and look at a picture from back then... And flash forward to now, where you see guys like Trey Kennard, Andrew Short, Justin Brayton, Weston Pike, and the 250 Rockstar Husky team wearing, you'll see what I'm talking about. We're now producing premium products, but our goal to give you more bang for your buck hasn't changed since those days. Our F2 carbon helmet, worn by all of our pro riders, is what I consider to be the best value in the motocross world. Our new Evolution 2.0 and light hydrogen lines have been continually improved and perfected over the past couple of years to give you the ideal fit. Whether it's off-road, supercross, motocross, or just riding in the backyard with your buddies, 
we have something purpose-built just for you. I invite you to check out our website at flyracing.com and of course your local dealer and online retailers to learn more about what we have been working on. Follow us on social media at Fly Racing USA and post pictures of you riding on our Fly Racing wall on our website. From all of us at Fly Racing, I want to say thanks for listening and support companies that support Pulp MX. The Pulp MX Show is brought to you by BTOsports.com. Whether you are looking for new gear, helmets, boots, or you need to rebuild your bike from the ground up, BTO is your source for all of your motocross needs. As a proud sponsor of the BTO Sports KTM race team and the heart of the BTO Sports amateur motocross team, it is obvious that we are about more than being just a store. We support the sport that supports us. Us at BTO Sports want to give back to you, the listener, for supporting us and the Pulp MX Show. Use coupon code PULPMX when placing your order at btosports.com for a VIP listener discount. Certain brand restrictions will apply. Hey, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Pulp MX Show. That's right. Hey, listen, I know a bunch of you people probably need suspension work. I would bet that a lot of you people need suspension work. Pookie, how's your suspension? Ah, I definitely need some work. And from who? Racetech, Obvi. Obvi. For over 30 years, Racetech has been supplying the racers, riders, and tuners with factory-level suspension for the everyday rider. Each setup and product is 100% guaranteed and made in the USA. 10% off Racetech parts and labor. Use pulp code PULPMX2015 when you order. And, uh... I guarantee you guys need some springs. You need some suspension work, your bushings, your seals. Vince Freeze uses Race Tech. Pookie, who else? Who's your favorite rider that uses Race Tech? Omaha Zone. Cody Gilmore uses Race Tech. That's right, everybody. Cody Gilmore uses Race Tech. They offer a full line of high performance springs, suspension parts, suspension revalves, of course, the world famous gold valves as well. Race Tech suspension. Check it out, bro. Gear Alloy Wheels. Since introduced in 2004, the Gear Alloy brand has dominated the truck, SUV, and Jeep market with a wide range of styles, sizes, and finishes. Featuring unique, aggressive off-road styles along with fashion-forward SUV styling for today's discriminating sport truck and off-road vehicle enthusiasts alike. Designed and engineered in SoCal in order to stay on trend with design. And sourced worldwide to ensure the highest quality, best-looking product available. With styles available in 16-inch through 22-inch diameters and 5, 6, and 8 lug applications, including 10-inch and 12-inch wide options. Whether you drive a Ford, Chevy, GMC, Dodge, Ram, Toyota, Nissan, or Jeep, there is a gear alloy wheel style for you with 20 different wheel styles to choose from in black, machined, milled, and chrome-plated finishes. Gear Alloy is a proud sponsor of the NFAB and Pro Yamaha GNCC race team and has been a longtime supporter of seven-time WMX champion and X Games athlete Jessica J.P. Money Patterson. Be sure to check out all the Gear Alloy wheels at GearAlloy.com or ATDWheels.com. Get your trucking gear. Gear Alloy wheels for your Jeep, truck, or SUV. Get your trucking gear. Bolt-on one of our ride engineering triple clamp sets with a much smaller hit to your wallet than other manufacturers. For around $635 complete with rubber-mounted bar mounts and poly cones, you'll save hundreds over the other brands and enjoy the same benefits. All ride engineering clamps are made to flex like stock, which assures suspension action is not compromised. 
We offer both a soft and firm polyurethane cone to better tune for the rider's needs. All triple clamp sets are lighter than stock by 4 to 8 ounces depending on the model. Other than those pesky KTMs which are the same weight. All ride engineering clamps are available in two or more offsets to customize the way the bike handles for the rider's intended use. Most clamps also have the option of adding a Showa steering damper. Add our one-piece anti-twist bar mount with eight pinch bolts instead of four and keep your bar straight in the event of a crash. Vent posts can be unscrewed and replaced for $19.95 and fit both our clamps and stock too. Visit us today at ride-engineering.com. MFAB is the undisputed leader in high-quality accessories for your truck, Jeep, and SUV. For products that are as unique as your vehicle, check out MFAB Off-Road Accessories. From nerve steps and lighting accessories to the all-new Adjust Step and Endura Step. MFAB has you covered. MFAB products are handcrafted in the USA, delivering unsurpassed quality and durability with cutting-edge style. Available in cab length, wheel-to-wheel, and bed access models, MFAB nerve steps offer the widest array of configurations to access your vehicle. NFAB also offers a wide range of mounting solutions for auxiliary lighting, including pre-runner light bars, light cages, and full replacement front bumpers. All NFAB products are backed by a lifetime craftsmanship warranty and a five-year finish warranty. To find out where to buy NFAB products, visit www.n-fab.com or call 866-806-NFAB. NFAB, truck products for truck people. Hey, everybody. Uh, thanks for listening to The Pulp Show. Listen, Chris Kiefer here in studio, and if there's anybody to talk to him about these new Michelin Starcross 5 tires that come in hard, medium, soft, and a sand version, it's him because he did the testing on them. Kiefer, uh, which, uh, talk about the testing. Which ones did you like? Well, when I tested them, I tested, uh, tested mostly with the mediums and the soft, and we went to all different types of tracks in Southern California. And the good part about it is that the medium um, terrain tire was good at every track we went to, even with some sand, hard pack. So there's a wide variety I could use with that medium tire. Yeah, let's face it. Most guys have the money only for one set of tires, one set of pattern tread. Right. Mediums are where they're going to go. Yeah, medium is a good choice, and especially if you've got uh, anywhere from soft all the way, even to really hard pack, it's pretty good. Michelin's been around a long time. They've done a lot of things for tires, uh, Kiefer, and uh, they managed to improve just about every part of the Starcross 5. One thing they're super proud of, though, in talking to the guys at Michelin, is that they shaved weight. It's uh, 10% compared to their, their previous tires, which uh, 10% when they're rolling mass tires is quite a bit. Yeah, too. you got to think about it. It's unsprung weight. So uh, when you're dealing with a lighter tire, which you know the new Starcross is, and I tested with previously with their previous version with the MH3, um, I got a little bit better acceleration and braking. And uh, that's not to mention their, their casing technology, but just the, the lightweight itself is a huge advantage on the track. So there you have Michelin Starcross 5 hard, medium, soft, and sand. New off-road and motocross tires now available wherever Michelin tires are sold. Check them out at michelinmotorcycle.com. The leader in design and development of high-performance dirt bike camshafts, Hot Cams is now a proud supporter of the Pulp MX Show and its listeners. Looking to increase the horsepower of your engine without spending a fortune? You need to get a set of Hot Cams. Engineered using state-of-the-art valve train software and CNC machined from 8620 billet steel, Hot Cams camshafts are one of the most economical, reliable, and easy-to-install ways to add 5 to 10% power gain to your engine. By selecting one of our three stages of camshaft profiles, you can specifically tune the 
power band of your engine to best suit your riding style. Designed, dyno-proven, and made in the USA. Hot Cam's performance camshafts are used by privateer riders like Jimmy Albertson, Mitchell Oldenburg, Michael Lieb, Adam Entignap, Nick Schmidt, and the Monster Energy Leading Edge Kawasaki team. Hot Cam's wants to help you get the extra power you need by offering all Pulp listeners a 30% discount on all orders placed online at hotcamsinc.com. Type in the discount code HOTCAMS2015 at checkout. Hot Cam's, unleash the power within. Usually, safety comes at the expense of comfort or mobility. Notice how we said usually? The all-new line of Atlas braces are 20% lighter, have three times more suspension in them, maintain the much-needed flexibility, and even contact 27 more percent surface area of your body than the competition. All in a smaller overall package to make it feel like you're wearing less. The experience speaks for itself. The only thing left to do is join RV, Jason Anderson, Dean Wilson, and Martin Davalos to experience why Atlas is the fastest-growing neck brace on the market. Get yours today at atlasbrace.com. Follow them on social media at atlasbrace to find out new and exciting things all the time from Atlas Brakes. We thank those folks for coming on the show. If you're on the fence about a neck brace, please try the Atlas one. Best one out there. X-Brand is continuing to focus on low cost and high quality in the new year. RCH Racing's Brock Tickle and Freddie Noren are on board with Matt Bichalia, Daniel Baker, and a host of others to make up a motivated group. Our simple approach to a fresh look, unmatched comfort, and elite performance remains pegged in the red. You can rest assured knowing X-Brand has you covered with a full offering of lenses, tear-offs, laminates, nose guards, and our zip-off system. Order direct to the EKSBrand.com store and enter discount code PULPSHOW16 to save 30% now. Works Connection is proud to be a sponsor of Pulp MX because just like you, they're passionate and dedicated to the sport. For over 23 years now, they've been producing innovative products like their Pro Launch Start Device and the 123 Easy Build Elite Perch Line. Just take a look around the AMA Pro Pits and you'll see Works Connection's proving ground for products under the canopies of Yoshimura Suzuki, RCH Racing, Star Racing, and other top teams. Plus, they now stock hints and clutch components, peg armor, ARC levers, and FASCO products too. Visit them on the web at www.worksconnection.com. Works Connection, your one-stop shop for cutting-edge products. Do you own a KTM like Andrew Short? Then listen up. You can stop searching for the best place to get genuine KTM parts and accessories. Grab a whole shot like Shorty. Go directly to KTMPartsExpress.com, your number one online source for KTM parts and accessories. There's no shortage of genuine KTM parts in our huge warehouse, as well as a full selection of KTM power parts and power wear accessories. We also offer the same aftermarket parts and accessories that you see on Shorty's bike for your own KTM. 29 years of experience would be impressive, but we have over 35 years of experience in the motorcycle industry. We're here to serve you with a huge inventory, great prices, and fast, dependable service. The staff at KTM Parts Express is not short on experience and will process your order with speed and accuracy. Our goal is to get you the parts you need in the shortest amount of time. If you're in need of KTM Parts or accessories, this is the place to shop. KTMPartsExpress.com 
Roost MX. Roost MX, the official graphics company for both Cobra Moto and Cycle Trader Rock River Yamaha team. For over 16 years, Roost delivers professional-level graphics for every rider from amateur to pro. Choose from our huge selection of graphics online and make yours one of a kind. Roost also offers a wide range of other custom products from t-shirts, sticker kits, helmet kits, trailer graphics, and more. With our quick 48-hour turnaround, shipping orders is top priority. Be sure to check out the new Pulp Nation section to get your Pulp MX swag. And follow us on Instagram at RoostMX for monthly sales. Get your equipment looking fresh by visiting RoostMX.net and use the discount code PULPNATION to save 20%. RoostMX. Don Emler had a simple vision for FMF Racing when he started it in his garage back in 73. Provide top-level U.S. racing equipment at the grassroots level. 43 years later, FMF Racing is known for delivering the world's top performance exhaust products. Today, Don's vision continues to guide the family-operated company in its 100,000-square-foot, state-of-the-art manufacturing facility in the heart of Southern California, where 100% of everything is built under one roof. FMF is factory. Ride Engineering is stoked to be the only brand offering a trick billet brake caliper. Machine from billet aluminum, this front brake caliper comes in anodized black or machine silver for that trick factory look. We use larger pistons than stock for more power, reduced weight, and have machined openings for better venting to keep the temperature down under heavy abuse. Add our braided steel brake lines for a more consistent feel and cut the amount of pedal travel in half for more efficient braking. Combine our braided lines, 270 rotor, and billet caliper for the ultimate brake system and a great way to lower lap times. Visit us at ride-engineering.com. Want a chain and sprocket kit but aren't sure what you need? Then call Vortex Racing at 800-440-3559 and get hooked up with a V3 performance kit. They have more gearing than your garage has room for. With over 30,000 possible gearing combinations, Vortex has the right gearing for any track condition. It's a ridiculous amount of gearing for nearly any bike. Join the ranks of JS7 and Chad Reed in the 2016 Supercross Series and rock a Vortex Pro. Rocket. Available in red, blue, black, silver, and now green. Yes, green. Call a doctor, because things just got sick. Warning. May cause extraordinary power, excessive performance, and speed so fast your eyes will bleed. Call Vortex Racing at 800-440-3559. Mention promo code PULPMX16 and get 40% off your next order. 800-440-3559. VortexRacing.com or email Jake at VortexRacing.com and mention the Pulp MX Show.
Coachella. Uh, you know, talking about Coachella, uh, tickets go on sale Wednesday. For, ne for next year's Coachella? Yeah. Are you in with Charlotte again or what? 11 a.m. She wants to go again. Does she really, huh? Wow. That was so fun, though. Welcome back, everybody. We had uh, Matt Bichelia, Oscar Weirdeman, Ryan the New Flockhart, Danny Stevenson all on tonight on the Pulp Mech Show. Check out sponsor deals for all of our codes and everything else uh, that we can help you out with. Sponsor deals on pulpamexshow.com. We've got our codes. We can help you save money at uh, by just by listening to the show. That's right. It's that easy, folks. Gear Alloy. Since introduced in 2004, the Gear Alloy brand has dominated the light truck and SUV market with a wide range of styles, sizes, and finishes for the enthusiast marketplace. Featuring unique, aggressive off-road styles with fashion-forward SUV styling for today's discriminating sport truck and off-road vehicle enthusiasts. Gear Alloy 12-inch uh, wide wheels have over 6-inch lip. They have 10-inch and 12-inch wide options, uh, 16 through 22-inch diameter choices, 5, 6, and 8 lug applications. Whether you drive a Ford, Chevy, GMC, Dodge, Ram, Toyota, Nissan, or Jeep, it's their Gear Alloy wheel. Uh, we sponsor, they sponsor the MFAB, Ampro, Yamaha, GNCC team, Gear, Gear Alloy Wheels. Uh, the Gear Alloy Cold Call is usual, all usual segment. Uh, but we had so many guests tonight, so many jam-packed guests that we thought uh, we would just, instead of uh, cold calling someone, we would just give them the Gear Alloy uh, sponsor uh, segment, and that's David Pingree. What's up, Ping? How are you? Hello, Stephen. I'm very good. The 1997 125 Supercross Series saw you and my in-studio guest go at it. Time and time again. 97? 98. 98. No, 97. 98. We went 1-2 in Houston, 98. Yeah. Oh, Mathis, that was Team FMF Honda's very first podium finish. Was it really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Nice work. Remember when DV I was... put it to me. <laughs> DV with the weird, tall Frenchman and, yeah. Yeah, 1998 Houston. Were you wearing first yeah. gear then? or? Yes, I wore first gear all the way until 2000. So, yes, <laughs> I will say yes. Pingree was just upset that he lost to this French guy wearing Euro gear. <laughs> what, what am I, what's going on with my life? I, I remember back uh, in Bercy, the first couple of times I ever raced against DB, uh, Mitch could not say his name right. He called him Voluminum. <laughs> yeah. And Voluminum guy. He's pretty good. He's pretty good. It's pretty good. Keep an eye on him, Ping. <laughs> And then uh, um, Ali Seymour used to call me Aluminum, you know? Oh, yeah. yeah, that used to be one of my nicknames. Yeah, that's right. Actually, Ping, you beat DV for King of Prince of Bercy one year, right? Uh, 95. Yeah, it was 95. 95, yeah. Prince of Bercy. There was a lot of good dudes in that race. You go back and watch it. Man. Yeah, uh, you, but you killed, you've, you killed us, though. You were like, he was way better. Yeah, you won four out of five mains, Ping, or no, five out of six yeah. or something? Or what was it? Five out of six. Yeah. Five out of six. Yeah. One, yeah. Um, he was way yeah. better. I don't, know, I don't know what happened after that. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, I do. I broke my femur, blew out both my knees. You broke your femur in uh, San Diego 96? Yeah. Is that it? Yeah. Yep. 
Yeah, the, the week oh, after the same race that Wyndham uh, broke or Wyndham broke his collarbone the week four, and DV and Pingree's looking good DV for the uh, for the title, and then he goes and breaks the femur. And Jeff Widow won the race. Yeah. Yep. Good time. <laughs> Pig, always comes, Pig always comes on here and gets, his failures get mentioned over and over. <laughs> uh, no, uh, it's all good, man. Got me to where I'm at today. Yeah, how's things so, at fire? How's things at the firehouse? Good. I'm actually at work right now. Oh, are you really? In trouble? Yeah, because here's the thing, though. I'm on here to promote. Stuff yes, yes. Let's get this work talking. related. Right. So that's the only reason I'm uh, doing this. But uh, I wanted to just. Mentioned to all the Pulp fans, uh, we've got a, an online auction for a, a, an engineer here at my department that, that's got this really gnarly kind of cancer, and he's doing chemo and radiation, and he's in it deep right now. And uh, he's got a couple little kids. He's only 30 years old. It's a really, really bad deal, as most cancers are. Mm-hmm. So we've we've done a ride day, um, raised some money for him, and I've got a uh, Joe Aloff actually works with me here at this department, and he and I rounded up a bunch of gear, and we've got stuff from a lot of dudes. I mean, um, Dungey, Rocks, and yeah, it's a really like uh, if you go on eBay, it's phenomenal the amount of guys that you got it from. Yeah, yeah, a lot, a lot of good stuff. And uh, there's actually, did you see that Albi jersey? Yeah, like I may bid on this thing. It's pretty legit. It's. Uh, Super ugly. Remember that old Diaz? Yeah, be, it is ugly. Have. Yes, it is ugly. But it's it's uh, it was when he was number uh, 111, and each one has one of his world titles written on it. You know, right? Super cool. So uh, anyway, there's some neat stuff like that. A helmet from Trey that's signed. Um, Mickey Diamonds. Mickey fun. Diamonds retro answer jersey. Yeah. Yeah. From uh, Project 90. Project 88. Or, uh, Project 88. 88. Sorry. Yep. Yeah. Anyway. Um. So really cool stuff on there. All the be- all the. Profits, everything goes straight to this charity through uh, what's called the Fire Family Foundation. Road to Recovery is helping us put this thing together. Anita Button's been awesome. Oh, there's a Jimmy Button jersey, too, speaking of Anita Button. So lots of stuff on there. If anybody's looking for, like, a good Father's Day gift or just to buff out their collection, or maybe it's something sweet for the Lions Den, I'm just saying. (laughs) Well, I was actually – I probably should – should have donated something from the Lions then to you. I never really thought of that. <laughs> you probably should. You you're not. You're not taking. My, you're not taking my Bradshaw pants. Fuck you. <laughs> you're not getting those. Um, F you, dude. But uh, how do people? So we go to eBay. But is there? How well, do they search for? You it? can either go to eBay and search uh, Corey Norton Charity Auction, or um, look at my Twitter, or Instagram. I've got the links on there. There's gonna be something on RacerX tomorrow. Um, I know Vital uh, has also posted something. So. Right. Okay. So if yeah. you look around, you'll be able to find it. It's out there. It's only it's going for a week, so I think it ends this coming weekend. Right. So uh, just trying to raise as much money as we can. Ricky Carmichael signed jersey. Oh, your uh, your buddy. Let me get that. I know you get, want that probably? Let me yeah. get my bid in ASAP. Um, actually, we got a call for somebody wants to maybe donate some gear. Dustin, what's going on? Uh, uh, welcome to the show. And um, did you say you want to donate some gear? Yeah, actually, I have a couple. Uh, I have a signed as. Uh, JT goggles, uh, Billy Leninovich gloves, and uh, um, Nico Izzy jersey. See if I if that'd be able to donate that to the um, charity. What do you think, Peng? You got room still, or? Well, it's already kind of all set up. If you want to donate that, though, I know there's another uh, auction coming up soon that Pole Position's doing for Destry Abbott. Oh, man, I'd love to see you send it there to those guys. Yeah. Um, I don't hate hate to turn anything down, but I kind of have all this thing is already up and running and. Um, 
it's well, yeah. Well, if there's something that Destry can use to help, no doubt about it. So yeah, yeah really get in contact. Got a long road ahead him too. Yeah, so. contact. Uh, uh, you know what? Um, little D at fmfracing.com. I think that's. I, should, I can probably give that. I don't. It's not that big of a deal. That was probably not good to give. That really, up. you don't All think right. so? I don't know. Well, I don't know. Is that? Is good? Spam him up. Hey, everybody, send little D some spam. <laughs> All right, never mind. I forgot I said that. Schmittle little D sh- likes gay porn, everybody. So good. <laughs> <laughs> Schmittle Schmee is Schmee from F. Um, All right, Dustin, yeah, uh, check it out. Uh, contact Dustin, FMF. thank you, though. And uh, Yeah, thanks, man. I think you. Uh, thanks. Awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, you all. It is kind of all set up, and it's all going to one thing, and and it's all you have to set it up. I've done it too. I did it for Blair Morgan. You got to set everything up as a charity, so you don't get eBay fees and all that kind of stuff. So it's a bit of a pain in the butt once you get everything yeah, up and running. A bit, right. A little bit. Um, I, I, to go in and adjust it will be tough. There are um, there are a lot of cool things though, for sure for the moto enthusiast and uh, and everything else. So please, yeah, check it out. Uh, maybe I will go on there and take a look and see if I need something for the lines down here. Yeah, peek around. Yeah. You're making those big pulp bucks now. So yeah, huge pulp bucks. Uh, i got to pay <laughs> you the extorbitant st- studio fee whenever you come up here. So, What, what fee? Extorbitant. Oh, <laughs> I've never exorbitant. heard exorbitant. Exorbitant, sorry. Exorbitant. exorbitant. Oh, I just, oh, oh, that I just had a chocolate chip cookie. I think there's some <laughs> stuck in my mouth right now. Um, uh, uh, so, yeah. Is, is Pookie, did Pookie make a delicious dessert again? She just no. She cheaped out, bro. She just took oh. store bought chocolate chip cookies and warmed them up. Like sometimes it's ice cream sundays, oh. and then it's uh, it's cookies with ice cream in between them. And tonight, bro, she did not put in the effort. It was not good. So, you know. Um, all right. So hey, uh, is your buddy Eli Tomac going to figure this thing out? I don't know. You know what? I had a pretty interesting talk. Um, I don't know if this is going to get anybody in trouble, but. His old chassis guy, who got let go, yeah, because he was kind of button heads with the Kawasaki mm-hmm. team leaders. Um, I happened to bump into him. He's taking a job with KTM over in Austria, and uh, he was saying that they're basically determined to set this bike up like the way it was for RV. Well, this is how we did it with RV. That's how we did. we know how you know they were very they weren't very open to his analytical approach he was very calculated hey i i plotted all the geometrical points of it and here's the you know he was getting very scientific with it he's got a program he used at honda and stuff and they didn't want to hear it they're like no listen we we know what we're doing and eli wasn't happy with some things and um this guy was getting mad he's like man you guys aren't letting me do my job i'm supposed to be you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) helping him with suspension and chassis and you're not letting me do what I think is we should be doing. So anyway, it was just very telling that maybe um, things aren't as rad as right. we all thought they might have been over there. And um, to answer your question, I don't know. I hope so. I, it's shocking to me that they can't get him comfortable and he's as off the pace as he is still. I thought outdoors he'd be, he'd be closer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Um, Great second moto. I like what so. But I talked about it in one of my columns. Mm-hmm. If you look at it, look how many guys at Cowie struggled other than RV. You know, Mills have struggled. Yeah. Wilhan did not do so great. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Europe, the uh, uh, Sal wasn't, it's not doing great. Uh, RV did not do very good. Right. His back setup was only one way. And Yeah. So maybe there is a maybe an issue about not being open-minded to try different things. 
Well, DV, I mean, you know this. It's like you you can't have just because something worked for one guy. It's like I've jumped on guys' bikes before and went, "This is freaking horrible. How do you ride this?" Like, I, you know what I mean? I know. It happens and I to think me. RV, the way he steered with the back end, like yeah. that's very unique to the way he rode. Yeah, I you rode. Uh, sometimes I would ride a MC's bike mm-hmm. when you would leave, like after, like uh, at the end of the day. <laughs> I'm like, uh, let me try that thing. Yeah, I tried for like half a lap. I'm like, how can you ride this thing? I, yeah, I, I couldn't have d- yeah, do but, anything with MC's but, bike. But that was you, DV, because I would dyno your motors, your setup. I would dyno Chad's and Timmy's and yours, and yours bike was so different than those other two. And and with your, your bars and your front tire and your everything and your suspension, like you were the the weird one to to not insult. Yeah, you. but if, Just, if you okay, talk but, to but DV, made it work. It no, no, of course, yeah. That's, that's oh yeah, he point, made it work. You know, like fuck yeah, he did. Yeah, but yeah. if you so talk you, to Bob Oliver, the engine guy, he would say. He liked the way my engine was on the dyno. Well, it, yeah, it, it just hit. It hit. It came smooth, and then it hit. I remember your curve exactly. It came on smooth, and it went, and then you had a ton of power, and the over-rev was pretty much the same. Chad and Timmy's bike would build a little bit more steadier. So. Yeah. So, yeah, you have to custom make. Yeah, yeah, every you bike, know, yeah. You have all those spots available for you, and you have to pick and choose the right one, the one you're comfortable with. You know, the way RV rides, I don't see too many people riding with that setup. Right. You know? And, and, and Ping, so. you know, from your Motorola Suzuki days, when you guys were going through setups with, with that thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I don't, we're not going to get into those days, but... <laughs> those bi- those uh, bikes are at least 23 horsepower. Yeah, they were... <laughs> <laughs> at least. At least. No yeah. argument there. Yeah, 23, uh, 24. I just and I'm not behind the scenes at these Cowie meetings. Yeah. I don't know who's what or whatever. Wow. But I just know. I know I, I have. You can't go yeah. well. Yeah. These parts work. They worked on that bike. They worked for him. We've got three titles. Let's put them on here. They got to work. You got to start, especially when you've got a new bike. You got to start stock. And as laborious as it may be, you got to go through all that shit one piece at a time and, and figure yeah. out what works for you. Exactly. That's exactly so. what I said. Hey. Before, like people start with. Uh, a modified bike to start testing instead of yeah. of trying the stock bike and actually telling people what what it does and then work from a stock bike. Wow. You go through all the process. They start riding on a new bike, a new team. The bike is already modified. They have, they have everything on it. They have a piston, cams, this, suspension, but they don't have a base setup. You know, that's why when you yeah. change brand, this, this is a, a big process. You almost have to test a little bit every day just to, you know, and bolt stuff on little bit by little bit. Funny you guys say that. I was talking to Kyle Bentley from RCH. And so at the end of the year, Kenny was on Showa stuff and winning nationals, you know, much better performance at the end of the nationals than he was beginning. So to start this year, though, they took a bone stock bike because – Everything's different. Motor's different. Suspension components are different. Uh, suspension systems are different. He was on spring. Now he's on air. And he was on Showa. Now he's on KYB. They started with a bone stock RMZ450. That's the way to do it. Yeah. Yeah. I found that you interesting. Know, yeah. It takes a long time. But if you want to do it properly, that's the, the way to do it. If you start with a, a bike that's all modified already, then you don't know what's going on. Right. Um, yeah, it's interesting. Hey, you know, another thing, another thing about Eli too, um, and I listened to you, you were talking about this on a, a show, uh, one or two shows ago about Eli, about maybe physically he's not there. 
I mean, if you look at the guys he's racing against, I mean, Dungey and Roxon, they haven't really taken any time off. They haven't had long periods of injury where their fitness dropped. So they just continue to build and plateau, build and plateau, and keep getting better and better, especially Dungey. When was the last time he got hurt? I mean, yeah, never had Collarbone, whatever, three years ago in Supercars, yeah, like, right? A long time. So, so what I'm saying is for him to come back after however many months Eli was off and he's basically starting in a hole, you can't, you can't get to their level of fitness in mm-hmm. eight months, seven months. You just can't. He's constantly either overtraining or, you know, he's got to find that line of doing the best thing he can do for himself. But I, I, he's not going to reach their level of fitness. Maybe not all this year. Yeah, maybe it's that so, long, you know. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think um, that's definitely got to play into it a little bit. Late in the motos, <laughs> he's not the guy he was last He year. is the most unhappy third-place rider you've ever seen. Ever. <laughs> Yeah, so. I know. Probably winning those five motos the way he did last year is the worst thing that could ever happen. <laughs> yeah, because a little bit, huh? He's yeah. putting everyone, himself and everyone else, is putting so much expectation. Like, well, dude, you won by a minute and a half last year, and you can't win now at all. Like, what's wrong? <laughs> you suck. <laughs> yeah, you suck. Can't um, believe you're only getting third. Yeah, really, right? Um, all right, that's buddy. Not, that's not realistic. You got to go? Well, only if the good people of Lake Arrowhead call need me. Can you, are, any, are there any cats <laughs> and trees? Uh, what's the gnarl- not, not hey? Yet. What's the gnarliest call you've been on? Dude, I just had a two nights ago. I had a huge structure fire out here. Two condos completely fully involved in fire at one in the morning. Oh. I didn't go to bed after one. I got up at one and never went back to sleep. Jeez, yeah. Okay. Anybody die or everybody all right? No, everybody got out. Jeez. Um, everybody got out. Is it a lot like backdraft when you go in there? <laughs> uh, the fire doesn't squeal at you and, huh. you know. Well, I mean, guys yelling, little, get out of there, like man. Get out of there, man. And the guy's like, it's coming. It's coming down. No. No, but okay. back, backdraft is a real thing. That actually, yeah, it is. It's a, yeah, it's a real like scientific thing that could actually go down, right? Yeah, that um, yeah, happens. Uh, let's get to Skippy's call here. Skippy, welcome to the show. You want to know what DV's favorite bike was, so let's expand this to Ping. I already know what Ping's going to say, uh, but uh, DV, what's your, what's your favorite bike over the years? Skippy wants to know. Actually, I had two of them. Okay. I really like the, uh, I've said it before, but the steel frame YZ250. Mm-hmm. I think uh, I think oh oh three oh four were the best ones. Yes. That we had, and then uh, and then we I really like my uh, privateer MDK CRF four fifty two thousand seven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that was a uh, a great bike. The the base uh, the stock base was very good, and we had a. Uh, uh, MGK in-house engine was actually pretty good. Mine was really close to stock, really, really close to stock. And then RG3 suspension, and, you know, mm-hmm. that was great. We did a couple of days of testing for Supercross for outdoors. I never changed uh, settings in suspension all year, so that was good. And, Ping, you're going to say the Primal Impulse Suzuki R125. That yeah, was a good bike, man. Well, you loved it, right? Yeah. 2000. Yep. What do you think, Skippy? Jeez, I, I, I got nothing to say. Jesus, my uh, 
uh, brother's 03 YZ250 was probably the most admired bike I ever had because he always got hole shots and always did well and he's always fast and uh, yeah, I was I read 80 beginner at that point so I didn't care but uh, yeah that's that's yeah I got nothing to say. All right, Skippy, we, we just blew Skippy's wig back. All right, thanks, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, uh, Nate. You got a question for David Pingree? I do. Okay. How are you guys doing tonight? We're good. Thanks for calling, buddy. Yeah. Good. Uh, real quick, uh, announcers for last week. I really like what you have going with uh, Wygant um, and having to drop a certain phrase. It makes me giggle and makes it fun to listen to. Um, uh, well, actually, that, that I have you know, Nate, that uh, we have been having fun with that. But it all started with Ping. Um, that was Ping's deal from our podcast when Ping was still on the show. I got Will Hahn in a in an in stadium interview, like before the night show started, he was up on the podium when they interview people to come through. And I got him to say swamp donkey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Nate, so yeah, we have fun doing it. Last week's was um three toed sloth. Um, yes, and the comparison to the two fifties was way yeah, funny. We just tough to tough to break. He will not use sperm whale. He says that that is too far. That's Pingree's <laughs> that's Pingree's word of the day. That's the sperm whale is my white whale. I can just never get anybody. <laughs> no, to no. This week's is pickled onion for high point in, in a couple weeks. Pickled onion. That's awesome. So okay, I'll get to Pingree. Um, hey, uh, your article asked Ping is probably one of my favorite articles that I look forward to every week. <sighs> Fuck um, you, Nate. Fuck so my you. question. I like observations myself, but whatever. F oh, you, uh, okay. Yeah, you got to go with that. Um, <laughs> So I think Ping, since he draws boobs on about everything out there, and if I asked for his autograph, he'd probably draw a set of boobs on my forehead. I don't know what he's talking um, about, Ping. Do you know what he's talking about with the boobs? I don't know what he's talking about. I don't. You know, I keep hearing that. I'm not really sure. All right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That, okay. Um, so I I don't think I've heard Ping uh, weigh in on kissing Pookie yet. Oh, and okay. I'll tell you what, if yeah. even my best friend or my dad tried to kiss my wife, I'd probably kick him in the nuts. Let me get ping up the speed on this. Uh, no. I'm, oh, okay. I'm, sorry. I'm, sorry I'm about that. Speed. I'm up to speed on it. Uh, <laughs> okay. And? <laughs> well, there's a couple things at play here with this. One, i got to know somebody pretty well before I'm kissing them. Yeah. And I don't know how much time Kiefer spent at the Mathis house. To me, probably not enough. And <laughs> it's a little weird. Deep. And step two, yeah. I I got a real weird time kissing girls that are taller than me. So I feel like I'm kissing my mom, you know, like head up. It's just weird to me. So I'll just give Pook a hug or a high five and yeah. we'll keep it at that. Yeah. And uh, Kiefer's buddies kiss. Uh, Kiefer kisses his buddy's wife on the lips. Uh, he kisses his his buddies kiss his wife on the lips. Bro, um, hey, you know, you know where he 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 lives in the high desert, man. Like, yeah, Victimville and hysteria. It's like the weirdest <laughs> little area. <laughs> um, so, look, thank you, gentlemen. Thank I'll you. let you go. Thanks, Nate. I mean, DV is French. There's porn on in France at 10 p.m. <laughs> There's boobs out at every beach, and DV's like, yeah, that's weird. Oh wait, sorry, I forgot to turn your mic. Yeah. Uh, there is yeah. even boobs on uh, commercial on TV, like on prime time or during right. the day, like for like uh, a shower gel or something. Yeah. There would be like naked chicks, but kissing on the lips is weird. <laughs> yeah, I mean a cheek that's that could be classy. Yep. You don't get to the lip. You just don't do the lip. It's he, just yeah. inappropriate. Yeah, Pookie says it's classy. Yeah. Maybe that just means yeah. she yeah. likes it. Yeah, yeah. She likes it. Pookie is naughty. <laughs> um, so, anyways. Uh, All right. Hey, guys, I got to okay. run. I don't want to. So, uh, eBay auction. Uh, yeah. Give the name yeah. again. Corey. 
Corey Norton, Norton. Uh, benefit auction. Yep. C O R Y N O R T O N. Or uh, like I said, just yep. look at my Instagram or Twitter links or look at racetracks tomorrow. They'll have something out on the website as well. Fantastic. All the listeners of Pulp, check it out. There's some really cool stuff on there. Thanks, Ping. All right, boys. Good catching uh, up. Have a good night. See ya. Gear Alloy, everybody. GearAlloy.com. Cold call. Uh, David Pingree. We didn't call him, but we'll, we'll take it anyways. Gear Alloy, uh, official sponsor of the NFAB and Pro Yamaha off-road team of Randy Hawkins. And uh, we thank the folks at Gear Alloy. If you're looking for some wheels for Gear Alloy, there we go. We gave away a set from Trivia Questions a couple weeks ago. So we thank those guys uh, for coming on. Um, NFAB, JGR, check in N-Fab.com, of course. Uh, check them out at NFAB Inc. on Instagram and Twitter. Um, again, Jeep Truck and SUV parts. We deal with them. Uh, they're big part of our show Thursday noon Moto Fly Race and Moto 60 show presented by NFAB also we take an hour of your calls talk about the upcoming race with uh, Fro Fro's been on it for a little bit here we signed an exclusive deal with Fro to have him on every Thursday so pumped about that um, this week uh, I checked in with Billy Antonez uh, he works with Barsha he works with uh, Pike uh, and also too he talks to Phil so that's enough uh, also Buddy former arena cross uh, god um, Buddy Antonez and here he is on the JGR check-in all right, everybody, for the NFAB JGR check-in uh, from Lakewood MX, NFAB, N-FAB.com, of course, proud sponsors of Phil Nicoletti on that team, as well as the whole team itself. Phil's running the NFAB Yamaha uh, machine out there. Let's talk to uh, Weston Pike and Justin Barsha's trainer slash riding coach, the arena cross uh, god himself, Buddy Antonez. What's up, Ant? What's up, Bud, man? How are you? Um, I'm doing great, man. Thanks, uh, thanks for having me on to do this NFAB report. Yeah, no problem. Hey, let's talk about uh, uh, Lakewood a little bit. First of all, Pike's out. He hit his head pretty good at uh, Glen Helen, but he should be back for High Point, right? Yes, he will be back for High Point. He just needed to, uh, you know, lead to the uh, heed to the advice of the doctors and mm-hmm. uh, make sure he rested his uh, noodle for the time that needed to make sure everything's okay with those concussions. Uh, so he can come back and be at the top form that he needs to be. Yeah, you don't want to fool around with those things nowadays, for sure. It seems, so. like, yeah, it seems like it's getting uh, one of those things where you, yeah, you just want to. You have the time to take a precaution. It was right. It was a, the best time too with the weekend off coming, so you get you know a little bit there. I mean, yep. I know Weston wants to be racing, but sometimes you make those smarter choices and it doesn't breathe another injury or something like that. It, it makes your racing actually better down the road. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, Justin Barsha's day up and down, uh, bike problem in the first moto, from what I understand, and uh, yep. second moto, a good start, went backwards a little bit, fell. So, I mean, it's been, I think, probably his best race of the year, though, if you look at it from just a speed point of view. What's your take? Absolutely. This was Justin's best performance of the year, for sure. He looked the most comfortable on the bike. He was doing so many things uh, right on it. Uh First moto is just a bummer, you know. Those things do not happen very often, and and uh, you know, just something happened there weird with the bike. So they got a fix for the second moto, and he was he was putting in some laps there, you know. And he he's the type of guy too. He gets stronger from halfway on. So uh, we knew in that second half of that moto, he was even going to be probably pushing for the podium. Uh, but then he tipped over. Gosh dang it! So uh, you know, these guys never mean to fall, and they don't fall that often, but. Uh, it was one of those deals where it fell, lost three positions, but he was still pushing back up on that pack again mm-hmm. um, and then just couldn't get around him. He was making some mistakes when he was getting it up to him. But went off of him, reeled him back in like two or three times. So um, on a performance level, it was top-notch, you know, and right. he gave it his all. So I'm looking for that right there to carry into um, the next week, uh, Mount Morris, for instance, uh, after the break, for him to start making his way towards those wins again. 
Yeah, do you think he can? Do you think, I mean, we saw last year, I mean, he challenged Dungey. You know, obviously, Roxon looks amazing right now. I think you guys, everybody on the team, you, yourself, Justin, you guys would take podiums every week or challenge for the podiums. Can he get there? I mean, are you, is the class too, too deep, or is it him and he needs to adjust a little bit? What do you think? Well, you know, to be honest with you, the class is fast this year. And it, it is. seems like it's yep. even a notch above from last year. Um, so it's just a matter of, you know, with anything, it's the confidence. And I think this, this weekend, other than the, the crappy little race luck thing that's going on, mm-hmm. um, like my dad says, we've got to go out there and create our own luck. So um, Justin riding as well as he did, that's starting to, to turn that corner and, and make that luck go away or go the right direction because he's riding so well. Mm-hmm. So once that happens, he will. So, you know, the thing he needs to, we need to work on is, is when he gets that good start, his first three laps got to be a lot better, more on the level, because then we can get to that halfway and then make a push at things. Because, um, like I said, he's really good after halfway. So we did a lot of sprint stuff going into Colorado. We'll probably stay with that. Um, but I have every belief that he can get up there and win again. Uh, he's proven it before, and I think he proved it last year when, you know, people really didn't think he'd win last year, but he sure did it. So now people know he can win. Mm-hmm. Now it's just a matter of finding that right combination with, with everything, track, bike setup, him, and just uh, starts and putting it all together. You know, it's funny, we talk about, and I've talked about it with him uh, and with you as well, you know, he sometimes revs the shit out of that 450, he's clutching it, mm-hmm. and you've always tried mm-hmm. to work with him on that, and you did a good job with it, but I, I was standing by the announcer's tower up there, and, uh-huh. I, and it, uh-huh. it almost like sometimes the when you're when you're pushing, when you're trying, the bad habits come back in. And Bud, man, you may need to take off that shifter again and take the clutch off and, and, and get him <laughs> get him some more lessons. I may need to put a blister on his toe again. Yes, uh, you know and that's part of it. You yep. know, making sure we're we're working on this thing. So they do creep back in. Sure. You know, yep. and, and and so that's what I mean. Like getting all these pieces of the puzzle just just right. You know. So yeah, got to make sure we go in and work on that stuff some more. But when he's riding on point. You know, he will make those shifts and we'll do it all. But when he gets antsy, you know, that bam-bam comes back into him and he starts, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. getting after it and the reds start going up high and, and all that. But, you know, the good thing is, is with my work with Justin over the last, you know, year and a half is that he understands it now. And so sometimes he can catch himself doing it and make mm-hmm. the adjustment. But sometimes when he's going flat out, you know, there's no problem. Uh, Phil, <laughs> Phil on the NFAB Yamaha. Uh, you're not directly working with him, but you're around there. You yep. talk to him a lot. Yep. Uh, tough day for him. He uh, he was going fast and just crashes both motos. So that was a bummer thing because Phil was riding really, really good on the day, and uh, it's just a bummer, you yeah, know. Yeah. And then the second moto, I tell you what. He didn't get the grades or starts, but before they hit the Red Bull <laughs> big jump, he was up to sixth already. Dude, from, the, from the far out gate, from the far outside gate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, you know, um, Phil, you know, look at him in a hole. He's His speed's higher this year. He's on a better level this year. So um, hopefully, you know, he can get through this and we have a weekend off. He can get mm-hmm. everything healed up and, and kind of put that behind him and start moving forward, you know, because I think Phil can knock on the, on the door of a top five this year few of them. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, Buddy Antonez on the NFAB, JGR check-in. Uh, before we let you go, Budman, uh, Denny Stevenson's on the show tonight. He wanted, to, he wanted to come on and talk some nationals and different things, yeah. but, but he's got a 125, and he's been riding and mm-hmm. racing, Budman. He's back. The Debo <laughs> 360 is back. <laughs> he, yeah, I love it. You know what? It, it's great to see him 
motivated and, and riding as much as they're trying to ride as much as he can and racing and being back, Debo's back. But I'll tell you what, you know, he needs to stay in the Midwest where he's king, make sure he doesn't come out west or or east or anywhere where that gets the competition gets a little stiffer. Just stay in his, stay in his wheelhouse. Know your lane. Know your lane, Denny. <laughs> know your lane, exactly. <laughs> awesome. Hey, Bud Matt, thanks for the uh, time on the NFAB JGR check-in, and uh, I appreciate it always. Uh, good, Thank you, and uh, we will see you at High Point, I'm sure. Always great to do this for NFAB. They're a great supporter of JGR and, and racing, so uh, glad I could do it. Thanks. See you, Bud. Thanks. Bye. Bye. N-Fab.com is Buddy Antonis talking about uh, Barsha, Pike, and Nicoletti's weekend. Pike should be back soon. And uh, Barsha, uh, DV, he, uh, he's starting up front. He's going backwards. He had a bike problem. He's crashing. He's been okay. He certainly doesn't look like he's going to turn it around like last year. And you've always been a guy that's like he needs to learn how to ride that thing better. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a big problem. It's been a big problem since he moved to the 450. I think he hasn't figured it out yet. And uh, if he doesn't, it's going to be difficult, I think. Um, um, I think he yeah. needs to ride smooth, the gear higher. He doesn't. I've seen some footage from Engtown. I don't know why he still revs the shit out of the bike when he's in the air. And I don't know what <laughs> that accomplishes nothing. You know, <laughs> yeah. so uh needs to, you know, ride smooth, the gear higher, um, less rear brake, less clutch, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, keep momentum. You know, it's uh, all, his philosophy of riding has to tremendously change if he wants to improve. I think that's a, the big issue. Uh, Brent, you've been on hold for a while. Welcome to the show, Brent. What's up, man? What's your question? Oh, geez. What's up, Brent? You there? Hey, hey what up? Hey, I just had a question. Um, what do the factory teams do with their wheels between each race? Do they, like, refurbish them or mount Brand new wheels between each race. No, we uh, we usually rebuilt them about halfway through each series. We oh, okay. would, we would rebuild them, put on new rims and new spokes on, and the hubs would stay the same. And uh, the hubs usually lasted all year long. I, I think, no, actually, I shouldn't say that. We got a new set for motocross and a new set for supercross, and then we rebuild them halfway through. And then the old ones become practice wheels. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So that's what happens, man. Cool. Thank you. All right. No problem. Thanks, Brent. Uh, Ryan, what's up, man? Um, you want to talk about Buddy Antonez's interview? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think that, uh, you know, it, it just made me wonder uh, the similarities between uh, Trey Kennard and uh, Justin Barsha and their, you know, terrible starts, first off, because they're both capable of being front runners. However, uh, what do you think their similarities and uh, what differentiates them as riders? Well, Barsha's starts have been good this year, man. Uh, Ryan, Absolutely. He's, yeah, he's he. Oh, I thought you said they were poor starters. You said they're good starters. Well, at the beginning of the year, yeah. they were poor, but all of a sudden they just started just shitting out of the gate. Just yeah, but, starts, yeah. Canards, but, Canards outdoor starts have been good. Yep, absolutely. But what, uh, as far as the results, what is it uh, between you know mentalities and so on and so forth as that? Uh, you know, makes them do well or not do well, or is uh, what do you think is the mental you know, differentiarities. What do you think, DV, when you compare Barsha versus Kennard? What's your take on those two guys? Um, they, they don't ride the same. I don't think Kennard is, is as aggressive as Barsha. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's kind of like um, like the way you should ride a 450, and then you have Barsha, which is pretty much extreme. 
Yeah. Like Canal would be like halfway in between. You yeah. know, it's still Canal can be really, really smooth. There's rocks in on one end and he just lugs it and uh, yeah. And no, I'd say more like the Dungey maybe. Dungey, yeah. But Dungey like right now it's a little it's not aggressive enough. Yeah. You know, kinda it I think he he rides with a safety margin a little too big. Yeah. And then uh but yeah, those guys you know, shift gears and roll the turn. You don't see them like uh, do stopping goes in a turn. You know, like uh, and they try to find the lines where they actually um, let them roll the turns. You mm -hmm. know, um, Basha, you see him like sometimes going inside and then clutching it from stop and go, yeah. and then or going way wide and yeah, going, yeah. and going yeah. way too wide and clutching it on the outside. Um, and that's tough physically to do that. Yeah. When you start running a 450 like this, you get burned <laughs> yeah. so quick, yeah. you know? And, um, yeah, the amount of uh, fitness you need to ride like Dungy or Roxen is way less than, you know, Barsha, for example. Right. You know, you need to be way more fit if you want to ride 35 minutes like Barsha. Right. For sure. But, yeah, I think those guys are... I think Canard can be really, really smooth. He showed it. He, he won some races. You know, he's, uh, he's a national champ. But um, I think it's sometimes um, line selection too. Mm -hmm. You know, it's it's more like racing IQ at one point, and then finding the lines that let you actually be the smoothest you can. You have to go. It's not a sprint. You know, people think it's a moto is a sprint, but it's more like a, a marathon. You know, you mm -hmm. need to kind of save energy and actually ride. You know, super smooth. Right. All right, thanks, Mike. My, my, no, hold on, one more question. Sorry, guys. Uh, the thing was is that, that uh, in my opinion, that Canard uh, has a very elbows up traditional riding style versus Barsha is super, super wide open. Just doesn't give um, a fuck. And like, like you just said, you know, is a uh, a very, very non traditional, you know, or more modern style, if you would. But where do you think that uh, Trey Canard's you know, very elbows up, very just proper riding style fits into play. Yeah, he is. Here. He is sits at the front of the bike, keeps his elbows up, his body's in a pretty neutral position. Yeah, but you know, yeah. Denji's pretty it's yeah. also like that. Yeah. You know Trey's yeah. shorter so it looks more like yeah. yeah. But talking about Bosher again, I think it would be some things that he could do is kinda like ride um trails like a GNCC type of deal. Mm -hmm. Um like in the mud. Right. You know, do some. Uh, uh, oh, we saw him in the mud last year. Yeah. Like a trial stuff, right. like going over, like just trial and then GNCC type of enduro right. type of riding where it's wet, where you could actually learn the um, uh, throttle. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah, be easy on the throttle, find the traction, and kind of work on his legs. I think that would be like a mm. great great exercise for him to kind of like understand how to get traction and you don't have to pin it to go fast right. you know yeah all right thanks ryan appreciate it man thanks for calling brilliant guys thank you all very much thank i appreciate you. it uh canard's moving to red bull ktm next year i don't know if you uh, read that but uh, how many guys is it gonna have well they got three and apparently they, they might have a fourth they may have a fourth so i'm trying uh, i heard they're trying to unload um, wilson to bto yeah, well, Wilson's contract's up, but yeah, they want it. They want him on BTO. Yeah, uh, his contract's up. Yeah, 
Yeah, Wilson's contacts are up, but but um, he's going to come back pretty soon. He's riding already. Been riding a lot. I think he'll, I think you'll see him at Redbud. So I, I thought maybe Canal would be a good fit at BTO actually with the the yeah. fly racing, right? And maybe somewhere with maybe less pressure, mm -hmm. more like he worked for the other guys that went there, you know? Right, right, yeah. And uh, I think Alex Martin's going to end up at TLD KTM also. So we'll see. That's not 100% for sure. But Who, Alex? Alex, yeah. It'll be T TLD KTM. Why would he leave? They have four guys next year. Ferrandez, Nichols, Harrison, Plessinger. They have they want to hire one more guy, but I doubt they want to pay him. You know, it's not probably not going to be worth it. So, so Alex was only on a one-year deal? Yeah. Oh, that yep. sucks. Yeah. The way he's doing, and then they sign other guys, and I then know. they don't have room for him. I know. Uh, so if he's there, I bet you if he stays, it won't be for as much money as he can, go, can get the TLD KTM guys. Um, Pulp Mech Show presented by BTOsports.com and Fly Racing. When it comes to BTOsports.com, call them. Tell them you listen to the show. Tell them you use the code Pulp Mech. They'll save you anything that you need for your bike or body. BTOsports.com. And let's go right into the Tweets of Travis segment. We interrupt this broadcast to bring you this important bulletin from BTOsports.com. Here's the Tweets of Travis. Kane, btosports.com, whatever you need, man. They, they got it. Uh, they don't have the online code anymore, Pulpamex, unfortunately, but you can call them and uh, mention Pulpamex, and you will save money. And uh, they've got a shit ton of parts, and a lot of our sponsors uh, and have uh, products at BTO, so you can, uh, you can it's a win-win. You can uh, save everything, and uh, it's great, bro. I have a question. Don't bro me. Yep. Why is there a, a rooster in the intro? That's very French. Well... DV, why is uh why is the sky blue? You know? Yeah, right. they don't know shit. <laughs> uh, righty. These are questions submitted to at Pulp Show, by the way, on Twitter. And Travis picks the best ones and uh and reads them to us. True. Hopefully I don't True. Hi Travis. Hey. Hi. Hey. Hi. Hopefully I don't touch any that we already got on. There were some of those, so uh, here we go. Uh Adam Armberger wants to know what what are the reasons behind the different subframe geometries for AMART compared to web? Um, are there different subframe geometries? Um, they cut them. I imagine every team book cuts I their subframes. I assume there were because um, I've never noticed. I can ask. Uh, I would assume they're cut legs legs length. Yeah, they're both both pretty short dudes though, so I would think they're not. Yeah, but I think Alex is way shorter though. Yeah. Okay. But yeah. Yeah. They, the the one the subframe hit their butt, so yeah. they put it down. All right, this one's from Kyle. He says, uh, oh, we already touched that one. It was, it was, is J-Mart the favorite still? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was the infam question today. Yeah. yeah, good job. Um, Ernie Roach wants to know, is Roxon peaking too early? Do you think he can maintain this level of domin dominance? Uh, well, DV was saying earlier that he thinks he's, he'll lose. He'll lose. Can he? Lose what? Yeah, yeah, nah, is, yeah. is he going to go 23 out of 24. What they say about RC and James back in the day? Did they? Everyone say that they? Yeah, lose? but they were even more dominant. Okay. But, but um, yeah, he might lose a few. It doesn't look like it now, but um, but I'm I'm over this uh, peaking type of deal. Those excuses. It's, it's, there's no peaking or not peaking. You know. You know, RC picked for peekaboo. RC picked from, you know. Mm -hmm. For 10 years. <laughs> He's very good at peaking. Yeah. Fairy peaked at Summercross. Yeah. yeah. And Glenn Helen. Yeah. Birdscreen first moto. Birdscreen first moto. You know, Dina? Yep. But, uh, yeah, no, I, I think the, the peaking thing is kind of like um, excuse or I don't know. Uh, 
if you start, you know, it's good to pick early. I like it because you can actually kind of ride the wave or just kind of uh, maintain yourself during a season rather than work hard and to get to that level between races. You only have a few days. There's a lot of traveling. Um, and uh, actually, racing is, is practice. You know, you get fitter when you race at 100% because you do two motos with only like an hour or a couple of hours in between. And um, if you start the season on top, then you just kind of maintain and you don't have to work that hard in between races. So you don't, you don't kill yourself and then uh, you, you can stay fresh for the race. So speaking early, that's, that's a b- bad and fake excuse. Now, if you have, if you have Kiefer say that answer verbatim, it's a completely different, uh, different answer. <laughs> different, different, yeah, yeah. Different meaning. Right. Uh, Why? Uh, Kiefer after dark. Yeah. Oh. Uh, this one's from Travis Del Nicky. He says, at what point do you think privateers should call it quits? Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> I don't think you want me to answer that question. I mean, look, if, if you have a job and you enjoy racing and you can make the motos, cool. No problem. If you do not have a job and you cannot score points at a national after one year and you have no hope, there's no hope. You can make the motos, but you you, just, you can't get the points. You can't. Go get a job. That's what I. Yeah, that's what. You know what? I've stopped racing in '09, and from time to time, from time to time, I I see uh, names that I think they race on average. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, and they still like barely qualify for a night program or for national moto. I won't. Which I'm fine if you have a job and that's your hobby and you want to do that. Cool. But who does that? Who has a job? Who can who can work? I don't know. Who I mean, works? The guys can work. Who works? Well, they do supercross. They work when? When do they work? I don't know. They work from uh, the iPhone or the computer. Well, I'm just saying, like, you cannot have a job and, and and race or, you know, I don't I don't get it. How, you're always gone. You travel. Obviously, you don't fly. You yeah. you drive. So, yeah, if you race for a few seasons and you barely can. You at the edge of making a night show or not making a night show or making the motos, and every race you're in the last chance qualifiers in the national to, and then you overall the, the top forty. Just give yourself a year no. or two. I, I say give yeah, yourself a year a, or two. F- yeah, a few years, but then you know what? You won't make it. You know, and making it is only like. You know, maybe 10 guys that make good money in a 450, you know? Yeah. And so might as well go and make money somewhere else where you don't get hurt. And and there is a future because, you know, it's, it's tough. You can't, you won't be, you won't go from just barely making it, the night show. Yeah, you're not all of a sudden to, just going to turn To around. making yeah, yeah. half a million in, in, in a couple of years, right. you know? All right, next question. This one's from Charlie. He says uh, he wants to know how many people contribute to or work for Pulp MX. Oh, I don't know. Does DV count? Like, does co-host count? Sure. Yeah, then, I I, then, then I lost I was, track. I, I would know. say maybe just, like, more full-time people. You. Swizz. He's not full-time anyway. He works on the old Mondays. Oh, well, then it's a Swiss. I have no full-time guys. Me. That's it. 
Only full time, but contribute. They do a freelance. It's Travis, freelance. Travis, Swiss, Moser, Blazer, Troy, uh, JT. Count him. I think. Um, Me. Yeah, but I mean, if you're not count, Kiefer, yeah, but if, if you don't count co-hosts like you, it's and freelance. It's freelance. And then Kiefer, then you, then Berlu, Berlu. Yeah, I mean, there's eight. There's. Yeah, I don't know. All right. All right. Uh, this one's from Kenny. Who picked those questions? I did. Oh, okay. Uh, this one's from Kenny. He Watson? Wants, he wants to know, why does DB hate me over a misunderstanding? Steve. Oh, it's just, oh it, Steve, really, it really is Watson. Steve, this, please tell him the whole story. Who picks these questions? <laughs> There's no misunderstanding. He was out of line, and I wrote him off. End of story. And that's, but you don't get a second chance? No, I, I, I hold a grudge for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't talked to people for years for like something I didn't have like. Have you really? Yeah. I hope I never piss you off. I like yeah. you. I like you oh, when you I come up here. And, it, and it's easy. What I do, I block your phone number on my phone and I block you on social media so you don't have, you don't bother me anymore. And you don't. <laughs> because he was out of line and he should have not said what he said. Yeah, it happens. <laughs> all right, that's it. That's it? Yep. That's all you got. We we right. covered most of the other ones. Okay. All right. So. BTOsports.com. Use the code PulpMX when you call, and you will save money at BTOsports.com. You can always send questions into Travis at PulpMX Show. He runs the uh, uh, Twitter account. He also runs the Instagram account that he did not post to tonight at all. Um, so that's awesome. And, um, yeah, well, thanks, everybody, for listening. Appreciate it. Did you get that, Jeff? Lame. Yeah, I caught it. Okay. Jab, jab. If you weren't building the app, I might. I actually was. I was coding over here the whole time. So if Watson wants you to come on his new podcast show, you're not going to do it. Uh, he won't be able to ask me anywhere. Because, okay, so yeah, this number, the number he, thing. He can't contact me anywhere. Right. So. Okay. No email? Nothing? No. Uh, no. Screw, no. Do we, put, do we have some taps queued up? Do we have taps queued, queued <laughs> up? <laughs> <I wish. laughs> um all right, everybody. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, Matt Bichelia, Oscar Weirdeman, Ryan Lockhart, Pingree, Danny Stevenson on the night. Jam Pack Show. As always, 702-586-7857. You can call in, leave your voicemails, and uh, these are the best of the best. Steve, I'm worried about Pulp. Even though you got a face made for radio, you were great on TV. If you get this TV gig, I'm worried that these people are going to put you in a spotlight mm-hmm. that you've never been in before. Mm-hmm. And the Pulp of Next show is going to suffer for it. NBC Sports, bro. Don't let TV make you 100% of the time 75% Pulp. That's it. Bye. Don't sell out, buddy. NBC Sports, bro. I'll no, be- don't sell out. Thank you for the tip about my caller. I fixed it. Yeah. Uh, online. So it's a good show. We you, had fun. You could have said I texted you to give you advices. You did. I'm, Thank a, you. I'm a nice guy. Yeah, you are. That's nice. It was cool. Nice of you to uh, to do that. So uh, appreciate but that. But orange glove, just forget. Well, that was a joke on JT's orange gloves in week one. Yeah, but you kept them for too long. Oh, okay. <laughs> TV, the TV critic. <laughs> uh, NBC Sports. Yeah, I killed it. Me and Jenna Corrado did great pre 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 show. So, but unfortunately, they're 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 not coming back with that. So, why don't you do the the regular yeah. show? The main TV show? Yeah. They'd never asked me. They got Georgia, who's better looking and has a yeah, better Yeah, but in the booth. Well, Langston is in there. I I think Langston does a good job. Um, 
They'd never ask me. They'd never, they don't know what I'm going to say, DV. They're gonna, I'm going to start yelling about something and, you know, they're going to be like. That's good. Don't sell out. Stay core. Stay, stay, I'm staying core. Staying core to Pulp MX, bro. I was told this week that I had a chance of getting a big time sponsor for this show, but I would probably have to clean it up because the owner is a, you know, doesn't want like dirty shows or swearing and everything. And I. So to just, my, just take a hike. But no, I thought to, my, I thought to myself, like, eh, that ain't going to happen. No, it's not. Right. I mean, what can I do? I'm not going to do it. Yeah, you have to stay core. Yeah, I'm staying core, bro. I'm broke because of it, but I'm staying core. Well, not broke, but you know what I mean? I'll be poorer for it. Just take it out of Travis's pay. Don't do not do Metallica or Red Hot Chili Peppers. Stay core. <laughs> All right, I'll stay core. If I need investment, can I come to you? Can we come to the bank of DV? Can work uh, on some terms? Yeah, but my interest rate is high. Oh, dude, that's crazy. All right. Yo, Popa Mex, love the show. All this talk about air forks, air forks, and talk about the air heating up. So they're running just regular oxygen? Why aren't they running nitrogen in it? Nitrogen doesn't expand, doesn't have the same properties, just regular, you know, breathable air. Just wondering, or if they're running some special air mix. Anyway, that's it. Love the show. Keep up the great work. Yeah, they, uh... Thanks for the advice, bro. Uh, they, they they even they, put nitrogen in the tire. Yep, they run nitrogen, so it still uh, still heats up. So, hey, nice question. I was hoping you could answer on the air. So, I'm listening to the Glenn Helen uh, race recap that you guys are doing, Legion JT, and you're talking about Tomac. So, every time you bring up Tomac over the past few years, you inevitably talk about his uh, his first two rounds. Last year, how he just destroyed everybody and was dominating until he got hurt. And then you compare how he's riding this year or how you think he was going to ride in Nationals to those first two rides last year. Do you think that maybe last year, those first two rounds, that insane blazing speed he showed was, uh, I don't want to call it a fluke, but I don't know any better words. Like maybe his, he was just on those two days, and that wasn't something, had he not gotten hurt, that wasn't something he was going to be able to keep up throughout the year. He was just feeling it those two days. Everything was clicking, and he just railed them off. So maybe what he's showing this year is how he would have looked the rest of last year. I know that might sound crazy, but you see guys come out, like uh, Reed that one year at Hangtown. He just came out and whacked everybody. Uh, you see these rides happen here and there. Uh, Ezra left back in Phoenix 10 years ago. Came out and dominated everybody one one round, and then nothing for the rest of the year. So I don't know if you could uh, talk about that theory later. I mean, I get it. Guys come out of nowhere and win a race, and they have the day they can't be touched. Robbie Renard had some days. Uh, Yogi in Phoenix in 03 had that day, you know, on a Cowie. Um but Tomac won five straight motos over three weeks. And he was a national champ. Hard to say you, you're on that day or uh, just it worked uh, out. Yeah. No, it's not a freak. He, he was, he's a national champion. He won Supercrosses outdoors. It's not like he came out of nowhere and won five motos in a row. Right, right. All right. Hey, Steve. It's uh, Janky Mike. I came up with Keeper a couple weeks ago. Hey, Janky Mike. Uh I had a, a question well, and a comment. This is the guy that made that award, right? Mike made that award? That's the one. Yeah, okay. Right. Did he kiss uh, oh, hold on. Keith he, Phil's he, wife? He gets into that. Hold on. 
I went to Glen Helen. Um, I got the uh, quote unquote super VIP tickets that were like ninety dollars, and I couldn't even sit in the fucking bleachers. There, it was ten dollars to sit in the bleachers by the finish line, and another ten dollars to sit in the bleachers up by the big triple jump. Is Glen Helen just like a, a money-making machine for nationals? I mean, what a joke. VIP, you can't even sit in the bleachers. That's not very VIP. Oh, and- Glen Helen's a shit show. They are concerned with nothing but money down there. I raised the World Vets two years in a row. You had to pay for everything. They, When you wanted to sign up for extra classes, they didn't even check your driver's license or anything. You were just like, yeah, I'm signing up for plus 30. And they just were like, okay, we'll just take your money. Like, they didn't give a shit how old you were, whether you were breaking the rules or not, which a ton of guys do. They don't care about if you're a B rider or an A class or in a C class or anything. They just want your fucking money. At Glen Helen, they sell every single spot out for VIPs, uh, companies, and sponsorships. And these guys, like this guy, you can't sit in the bleachers you buy a vip ticket you can't sit in the bleachers they're suck they're they're, they're horrible money grabbers going on they always have been they've always been that way they don't pay their flaggers shit they got kids volunteering and they're watering their faces of jumps they let quads go out uh on practice with the big bikes because they don't care it's just more money 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 uh two-stroke championships and world vet championships special practice days you pay for that pay for everything hey um just tell us all you really th- Yeah, yeah. I just, I, they're just money grubbers, man. That's all they are. And you go to a national, it's part of the, one of the reasons they left the series. Because they and MX Sports were butting heads because they were getting sponsors that were separate from the series because they wanted the money that they wouldn't accept the series sponsors. So I think the MX Sports told them to beat it, and they left and whatever. Do you know how like, much um, MX Sports slash AMA charged to organize a national? No idea, no. They, you mean from a track point of view? Yeah, almost no. a track has to pay. No idea, don't know. Some tracks, are, MX Sports runs everything on some tracks. They rent the tracks. You know, they'll write a check to, to Jonathan Beasley at Bud's Creek. Here you go. Just go away. Here's the money, and we'll run everything. Other tracks like the Richies and Millville, John Martin, they are partners with MX Sports somehow. But no idea what it's I, I don't have any idea. But I do know that Glenn Helen are money hungry. Absolutely. I mean, I don't know if this guy's correct or not, but if you spend money on a VIP ticket and you can't stand in the bleachers, can't sit on a bleacher? Like, you got to pay extra to sit on a bleacher? Really? So where do you go with the VIP ticket then? I don't know. I don't know. Oh, and uh, I was uh, I qualified for a uh, enduro cross race, and I'm, I'm on the I'm on the starting line, and I, and I look up into the uh, stands in Ontario. And Kiefer's kissing my fiance. Boom. Kissing her right on the lips. Kiefer. But I'm okay with it now because he does it every time he sees her. So I think I'm with you. I'm coming for Heather. Yeah. 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 I mean, I mean he, he's in a. What's, a what's the worst thing that could happen? You being on the gate and some dumb, creepy dudes kissing your fiance in the stands. <laughs> Kiefer, Kiefer will say, hey, man, I'm affectionate. That's his comeback, right, Travis? That's his comeback. All right. He says, oh. I'm, uh, <laughs> all right, all right. He says, I'm affectionate. That's his comeback. And I mean, all right, you are, clearly. So. I just got beat that. I don't know if I left a message or not, but um, the term balls out. It's a centrifugal um, 
governor system that's on a train, and when, as they build RPMs, the balls fling out, and when your ball's out, it means you're going super fast because the circles all the way out. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Tell those guys, and you should be able to say that on any TV or radio station. It's not a derogatory Damn term. Damn it. Yeah. Except for when you say it. NBC NBC wouldn't let me say balls out. I couldn't say balls out. But as this guy said, yeah, don't set out. Don't set out, bro. Okay, bro. I won't. Stay in the lion's den. Hey, hey, it's a lot easier to be like DV's attitude when you literally have millions in the bank. Like literally. <laughs> don't don't sell out. DV has at least a million dollars in the bank, right? Yeah. Uh, maybe two. I, w- I would hope I have way more than this. Okay. Well, I'm just saying maybe two. Very easy to be like, dude, stay core. <laughs> stay core. $2 million in my bank account. So, a lot easier, DV, to be staying core like you. You can stay core. Because you literally have a few money. So, you think I'm rich, and I'm actually richer than I think I am. That's good. <laughs> well, no, I'm just saying, like, I, I mean, you just have at least a million dollars. So, it's very easy to be like, yeah, stay core. <laughs> All right. Steve, what up? Cooksey, Western Power. Anyway, hey, uh, I listened to it. I know you killed it on the NBC Thank pregame you, Cooksey. show. Thank you. Um, you absolutely dominated. It was badass. Uh, very fun to watch. Although, dude, you missed a huge opportunity. Did, did you not tell Parado about your relationship with Connor Fields and BMX, who's going to be in Rio and probably going to win gold in BMX for the United States, who you had in studio? Um, yeah, there's your way in. There's your contact, man. I couldn't believe that you never dropped that. So, anyway, missed opportunity. Um, and then also uh, on the poll, as far as ATV, UTV, I think people are going to lie because nobody wants to admit to owning an ATV. Uh, it should just say UTV. That's not as embarrassing. So, thanks. Later. Uh, yeah, I should have I should have dropped Connor Fields. He could have took me to... to Rio to do BMX uh, commentating. So, do you I really know anything about BMX? No. Well, I don't know. I just want to go to Rio. Jenna's going to be Tour de France. I told her to take me there. Jenna's uh, going to do Tour de France? The girl I was hosting with? Yeah, she does Tour de France coverage every year. So she goes to France for three weeks. She, she actually, like, uh, improved in seven days. Yeah, she did. Yes, she did. Absolutely. I thought she was horrible in Hangtown. Oh, did you? Yeah. yeah. And I think she was... She was okay. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. yeah. No, she, she's, it's the, you know what? She knew I, nothing. I'm, she knew nothing. I'm really critical, you know? But if you tell me to learn about hockey in one week, yeah. I couldn't do it. Right. So I, I give it up to her. But And then she actually improved yeah. tremendously in one week. Yeah, I agree. Did you just sign that table right there? Yeah. <laughs> okay. I wasn't supposed to? I, I don't know. Yeah, that's fine. It's hashtag great radio, bro. Everybody did it. I can't do it? No, you can do great it. Great radio. Yeah, you can do it. Uh, speaking of great radio, the folks at Roost MX, um, let's give away a great radio t-shirt. Let's do that. Uh, you have to be the 934th caller. <laughs> Good luck, Trav. <laughs> Good luck, Trav. Uh, I'm going to be here a while. <laughs> contest at PulpMXShow.com. We're going to give away a set of graphics and uh, and a great radio. Um Great radio, bro. T-shirt. So we're going to do random caller, BrewsteMX.net, at contest at PulpaMexShow.com. Great radio, bro. T-shirt and a set of graphics for your dirt bike. So. Hey, just listening to the folk show. Um, you guys are talking about the Supercross section that was at Glen Helen. 
And, I mean, you're, you're kind of bagging on a little bit, but to me, I think that was – maybe it didn't need to be a melon, but that seems to be like a section that needs to be a supercross race, something that made the, the you know, fastest, greatest guys in the world on a dirt bike look like, you know, like they were just struggling every single lap. Um, I don't know. I, I, I liked it, even though it was on a – motocross track it, I, it was good lots of uh, time lost and gained in that section and it was every single lap to listen to this message oops what'd you think of that uh the track at glen helen complaint riders complaining about that triple step up 74 miles per hour they yeah. were going down a straightaway i've talked to about it in my column um i I liked Glen Helen like sometime at the on practice days yep. on Thursdays. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, if it's not too hot and then they're overcast or whatever, the track could be really really good. Mm-hmm. But at the race, they overdo it. They do stupid jumps. They do split lanes. They they overdig at one point. They used to overwater that straightaway. It looks like it was like a angel cross almost yeah you, you have an uh, they wanted an obstacle yeah. everywhere on the track you know so i think uh, i never liked it i never liked glenn Helen on race day ever i don't mm-hmm. think i ever liked it <laughs> so, because they overdo it the guys that do the gyms they don't know what they're doing yeah that, that rhythm section was ridiculous a triple step up you don't need a triple step up at 70 miles an hour. It doesn't make for good TV. On TV, you don't realize how big it is. Yeah. Uh, there is no passes. Everybody jumps it anyway. But it's super dangerous. So I don't... No, I think it's... You know. Right. It, it's it's ridiculous. Right. Uh, Kyle, welcome to the uh, Pulp Mech Show. You want to talk about track conditions? Talk speaking of tracks. <laughs> oh, it's good listening to you guys. I was just thinking about... Uh, I'm a part-time listener and... I was listening to archives. I've only been listening for about nine months or so. Okay, cool. But a Thanks. year and a half, two years ago, you definitely seemed very doubtful according to public opinion of you and your show. And now just where you're at with being able to go on the NBC, and it definitely seems like your voice and your inside scoop on everything is really being heard, you know, along with JT and all the commentators, the guest hosts that you have. And it seems like people are listening because there are changes on the horizon for Supercross, and people listen to you, and I think that that's a really, really cool thing. Thanks, bro. Did you um, did you see? Thought, hey, did you see that? Uh, uh, I was on behind chasing the dream. They put the Pulp Mech show on chasing the dream. That's how much credibility well, we have. They've done bro. it. They've done it twice. Bro. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. So that and. I mean, realistically, the average viewer of Supercross or Motocross probably doesn't know of you, but definitely your voice is being heard. But what I was thinking, you know, the question I had is with you and David Copperfield, I mean, Billman, is track conditions. So a lot of the old schoolers talk about with track conditions, how they were difficult and only the, the top elite could figure it out, or you build a 125 that can jump a triple. But it seems like lately with motocross, the track conditions have been way more gnarly. And, of course, the riders are complaining about it, but do you think that that yields to better racing or even muddy conditions yield to better racing? Or what's your guys' thought on that? Does it take a really gnarly track to make the, you know, the, the, separate the men from the boys, so to speak? What do you think, DV? 
Yeah, I think uh, you know if the track is a freeway, you know it doesn't. There's no difference. You know, everybody's going to pin it. You right. you see it when in first practice, like times are really close together on outdoors, mm -hmm. and then when you see times in second moto when somebody when they're tired and it's ruddy and and bumpy, you know. Uh, yeah, you need to. I think they they do, uh, uh, especially in Supercross. They they fix the track. They make it too mellow. You know, mm -hmm. yeah. in Supercross, yeah. it, it's way too mellow. Um, but but rough, outdoors, rough tracks make for mistakes. Yeah, yeah. I think we like rough tracks. You know, because you can always find. You have to be intelligent where to find a good line. You know, the lines in first moto is not as good in second moto. You have to evolve and um and you always have like a couple sweet spots where you have like uh where you can pass guys or mm -hmm. you find that little line yeah. or you can set somebody up you know uh, have you every time on one track i always had like a a couple spots where yeah. uh, <laughs> i could pass somebody because i had a good good line so that was interesting to come yeah. up with you know think about that yeah yeah, yeah. and uh but i think the trucks um um outdoor since it's one day it's actually uh it's good it's pretty rough yeah you know? yeah it does yeah um all right there you go kyle thanks in, man thanks for the call as in in regard to it being an entertainment sport in your guys opinion would you rather see it be a gnarly you know super gnarly where the riders hate it that makes interesting racing or something where the riders like it but the racing's mediocre uh, outdoors or supercross what are you talking and supercross i like to see a tougher track it makes the riders make more mistakes the re the tracks are too small and the bikes are too good these days um you need a tough track and unfortunately it's a it's a tough sport but uh and, and it causes injuries but I, it, it, that's what makes for good racing and that's what makes you know it, it exciting for outdoors no i'd say keep the keep the uh you know, keep the uh, speeds down and keep the monster jumps out of the outdoors and, and, and let the racing happen from being naturally rough and ruddy and everything else. But I think if, if the riders have fun, it makes good racing, you know? Yeah, yeah. I think that goes with it. Right, yeah. You know, and they can charge. If the track is crappy, you know, it never really makes good racing or good TV, I don't think. Thanks, Ryan. Thanks for the call, man. Or Kyle, sorry. Thanks, Kyle. You guys have a good night. All right, you too, bud. All right, let's finish up these voicemails, Trav. Message, press 1 uh, to respond. That's my good job, Hey, Steve. Uh, you probably already know this, but uh, last, uh, this past Monday's um, uh, episode isn't, isn't, isn't uploading to Stitcher, and that's the way I usually listen to it. And, but um, I don't know if there's maybe, maybe you quit using them. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, anyway, just heads up. All right, thank you. Bye-bye. Hi, Kyle. Hi. Um, yeah, Stitcher had a problem. It wasn't on our end. We uploaded everything else. Stitcher had a problem. They fixed it. Last week's show went up today on Stitcher. Hopefully tonight's show goes up Tuesday. Uh, but, uh, Trav, did you see we – were, I was retweeting stuff. Do you have another thing that works for people? Like, I don't – I don't. I, I listen to a lot of podcasts, sports podcasts, mm -hmm. and I just use that podcast app on my phone. That's what I use. Swiss Course Swears by Podcatcher or something. But yeah. Like, why would people use Stitcher? Uh, I don't know. I've okay. never actually used it, so I'm not sure. I know right. I've read certain things about why, but I don't remember what they were. Get, um, use the podcast app on your phone. Uh -huh. uh, even on Android, there's a podcast app. When you get on Wi-Fi, download all the shows you need so you're not using up your data bill or yeah. use your data bill, whatever, and then listen to them there. I'm not really that's, sure. That's what I do. Yeah, so, like, 
I love Stitcher. We've been using it for years and years for all of our shows, but I don't know the what what's the deal with Stitcher? Like I'll, I'll download it and use it this week and I don't know what the difference is. I'll I'll report back and like people are like, It's not on Stitcher, it's not on Stitcher, and I'm just like, Okay, there's literally four other ways yeah, to get the show. There's so many other ways to get it. Yeah. So. Like if Stitcher's not there, go to the app, go to the Palmex app. And if you don't want to go on the app or don't want to buy it, go to Podcaster, uh, podcast on your app that's yeah. on your phone. You know? Yeah, so, I'm, not, I'm not really sure. So. I know, like, Nick Way, the purple podcast app on your iPhone is mm-hmm. in their stock. It's always been there. Uh, Nick Way had no idea he even had it. So maybe there's some of those guys, you know? Well, now they know. Yeah. You have a podcast app on your Do you, your you phone. listen to any podcasts at all, DV? Do you? Do you? Uh, French sports, yeah. Okay. How do you listen? On your using the app? Oh, the podcast app? Yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, okay. So you or would use... you use something else? <laughs> well, that's what I'm asking. It's, yeah, it's that's there. what I'm asking, right? Yeah. So, um, okay. Hey Steve, uh, I was just I was just seeing. Uh, I don't know how to catch the Canadian motocross series. Like that doesn't play anywhere down there, but it does seem like it's going to be a pretty interesting season. So I was wondering if there if you would do like I don't know like a quick five ten minute update on the Pulp Show every week or just what's going on up there. It doesn't have to be long. I just. I'm sure a lot of people are in the same boat as me. They can't watch it, and they huh. they are interested in what's going on. And I know how you like Canadian motocross, so I figure you might you might be able to do five ten minutes, just just a little quick update. Well, according to DV, just throwing that out there. What do you think? Well, according to DV, the thirty that we did tonight was too long. So uh, we're going to try to cover the series here and there. Yeah, I think it's interesting. I think there's some big names up there, and I want to I want to find out what goes on. So. There's also going to be a photo report on uh, photo report with captions on pulpamex.com every uh, hopefully every Monday or Tuesday from Lissamore. So Can you not throw me under the bus from um, off record stuff that I say? Why? How did I do that? You just did. That say was too long. Oh, oh then yeah, the yeah, Canadians yeah. gonna hate me. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. well you know I'm just saying. Um, it's funny though, like the. Okay, like the the photo reports that we do on Pulp every year, Listen More does them. He puts a lot of Americans in there, talks about their day. And, dude, I look at the Google Analytics stats, and, like, they don't get many clicks. And it's like American racing fans, They if you're not racing in America, they seem to not give a shit. Same with GPs. Like, they, American, the general American racing fan does not give a shit about the GPs. I do, you do, the hardcore fans do, Geyser, Fabra, they're incredible riders, hurlings. But the general fan does not give a shit. And it's too bad. And I don't think they give a shit about the Americans in Canada. You know, if you're not here in America, they don't care. Do you agree with that? Yeah. Generally you, speaking. You, yeah, you can see it. You go to Glenham National, there's, you know, what, 30,000, 25,000 yeah, 15 to 20, yeah. 20,000. Yeah. You go to the GP, there's, if there's 5,000, they're happy. You know? <laughs> I don't think there's even five. Yeah, exactly. You know I mean? Yeah. So, and, and, and I don't know if you guys have noticed, but America's lost the last three motocross nations by getting just outridden. Just being beat straight up, which tells you that those riders are bad asses, that they can beat Dungies and Tomax and Barshas and, and Jeremy Martins. And so when they come to Glen Helen, maybe you'd want to see them, but nope, nobody cares. Yeah. I do, you do. Of course, people listen Obviously, to this. Obviously, they, they, want, they want an American to win. Also, if that's, they're not there, they yeah. don't want to see it. I don't know. Uh, Geyser or Fabra, who do you like for that MX1? Oh, it's going to be tough. It's weird because they. They the same rider almost. Yeah, I know. they kind of like ride a, a little bit out of control. They they always like they they're don't aggressive, quit. Huh? They're, they're aggressive, aggressive man. and I think they found they found their match. You know, so 
Hey, Geisel's doing good, though. Um, I thought AC had a, a little comeback in him. Our, bot, our guy, Caroli. Yeah, he won a couple of GPs. Yeah, and won then, two in a row. And then now he's not as good. Yeah. But, you yeah. know, it's... Hey, he's a eight time? Is he eight? Yeah, eight time. Yeah. But yeah. He won't, I don't think he's going to win this year, though. No, 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 no. It's only, what, five, six left? No, more than that. Come on. No, not that much. Really? I don't think, yeah. Oh. I'll check it out real quick. Well, there's two in America. There's Matterly. There's there's Mantova. That's four. I'll, I'll okay. just go right. next. Right. I'll tell you how many there is left. Hey, Paul. I have a question. I just picked up a new YZ250S 2016, and I was wondering what's the best way you can break it in or what's a good idea to break it in before you start riding it really hard because I know breaking a bike in is very important. Thanks, guys. It's actually not important. Breaking in a bike is so overrated, dude. Just don't take it out for the first time when it's cold in the deep sand. Stay away from that. Other than that, ride the shit out of it. Change your oil right away. You know, put it, put an hour on your bike and change the oil. Put some good oil in the tranny. Um, you, you don't need to worry about, you know, 30 minutes in third gear. Remember that old thing when you're braking in a bike, like when you're growing up? Nah, but just, just go, just go like uh, 75% for like one tank and you're good. Yeah. It's, you know, it's, let it's, it cool. Just change your oil. Just don't go out in the and, deep sand in a yeah, cold day. Just ride like 30 minutes, like... Don't rev the shit of it for 30 minutes. Just stop. If if you want to change the oil out of the track and ride again, maybe do it. And then, yeah, that'd be good. Uh, how you know G- what? How many GPs? Eight left. Okay. Pink for me. Uh, I said what, six? You uh, said four. No, I didn't say four. Travis, what do you say? I said five or six. I don't remember. Thanks. Okay, Thanks whatever. For yeah. he's, awesome. from, he's from Switzerland. <laughs> Neutral. Uh. Hey, Steve, it's Travis from Southern Maryland. Hi, Travis. Hey, man, I meant to call you last week. Tell you a great job on the uh, NBC Sports Starting Gate pre-race show. Thank you. Uh, I know everything. Talking about your buddy old Bob Costas going down to Rio. You know, Bob's probably yeah, Bob got some special high-dollar NBC Sports Zika-proof suit that he's going to have on down there. So hopefully your old close friend Bob now, co-worker, mm-hmm. can hook you up with uh, something because I know you're actually going to get by, bit by mosquitoes wearing a hat, sunglasses, T-shirt, cargo Cargos. shorts, and yep. shoes. So Flip-flops, bro. Tell him to hook a brother up, man. Flip-flops. Uh, appreciate everything you guys do with the Pulp and Mech show. And uh, thanks. See ya. You like Bob? Hey, yeah, I mean, me and Bob Costas are going to be the same. I think he's, I don't like him. Really? I don't really have an opinion one way or another. I just know we're going to be together in uh, in Rio. So. Hey, Paul and Max, Steve, uh, this is Rich. Um, I just had a couple of questions. How did Martin Davalos become Marty? And also, um, that uh, tweets at Travis... That is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard, and I laugh every time I hear it. I don't know why, but anyway. Um, and then also, um, a lot of riders talk about how they hate California. I'm a native Californian. Um, I, I, I don't get it. Uh, maybe it's just, you know, being so close to the industry, it's just a lot more pressure, a lot more eyeballs on everybody. Maybe that's 
that's what it is. I know LA traffic's miserable, but anyway, it's just kind of curious why everybody seems to go on and on about how they, they hate being out in California. Um, and also, one other thing: where the heck is Chicken Licks Raceway? Anyway, uh, thanks, uh, Marty. I heard certain Martin Davalos called Marty by Millsaps, who's uh. his buddy. I'm like, okay, Marty. Is that right. really important? No. Uh, not really. And then what about California, DV? Do you, do you like living in California? You're from France. Yeah, and I'm from France, and 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 people say, oh, they they hate France, and I don't get it either. So, um, no, California for a rider, the dirt is no good. Uh, motocross track are no good. Uh, traffic is no good. Traffic is no good. It's hot and dry. The tracks are like not prep very well. You know, riders that like back east when there's clay and, you know, more moisture on the track. And then, you know, in Florida, it rains almost once a day. If you live in, like, Costa Mesa, Noops, Seal Beach. Noops. Who says Noops? Noops, bro. (laughs) Lurking in Noops. I I never, I never. That's Dirt Shark. He calls it Noops. Yeah, but. And you want to be like Dirt Shark? Yeah, I'm oh, Dirt Shark. Okay. Noops, lurking. I didn't even know what you meant when you said Noops. Um, New anyways, Beach. If you yeah, if you're now. if you're lurking in Noops and Seal and Manhattan and Costa Mesa, California's a fucking bomb. Lurking in Noops. It's not. It's not. If you live down nah, there, it is. Costa Mesa sucks, dude. If you're by the water nah, in Cali, it's, not, it's sweet. Nah, yeah, baby Laguna, San Clemente. Your cold seat, Dana, San Clemente. Dana, yeah, Sealy is in Laguna Beach. If you're Cole Sealy, you're making millions of dollars. You live in Laguna Beach. Your chick is super hot. I don't think he makes millions of dollars. Yes, he does. He doesn't. And, and your life is very good if you're he, Cole Sealy. He doesn't. He doesn't make He doesn't make millions. Yes, he does. No. A million. Yeah. Well, he's made millions. Is my point. Like he's. Made, I don't. Okay, yeah. I don't. Seriously, I think you you out of the Dude, reality. He's he's a five fifty a year, five hundred grand a year plus gear and everything. Yeah. Guy. Take expenses winnings, away. Winnings. Take plus expenses away. Bonuses. Take ex- expenses. Bonuses. Not too many of them. When you get third, you get ten, fifteen grand. It's not like a big deal. So. Okay, now we're arguing about okay, no, 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 but okay, just well. stop saying everybody is fucking living it, you know. Okay, he he right. can't afford a house in in Laguna Beach. Well, he lives in a house, doesn't he? Wouldn't he buy it or no? Uh, do you think he can buy one? Yeah, he's he cool silly, bro. He could, and then he eats like Del Taco for dinner. He's got his chick and no, surfing, and his fucking life's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe stop, stop saying people make millions. You take this, you take... You take well, expenses away. Okay, I don't. I don't. You do- take whatever you spend living life, and then you pay taxes. All right. Well, you know the, the half a no, million. The half a million is yes, only two hundred. I'm aware, but nobody, nobody talks about the after tax things that you take. Yeah, home. but that's what it's on well, your okay, bank account. But you're the only guy that talks like that. Gross income okay, doesn't yeah, matter. No, nobody talks about net income. Who Johnny? Johnny, an accountant. I wonder what his net income is. Nobody says that. Yeah, but gross income is irrelevant. Well, okay, but it all depends where you live, how you live, what you spend, and the taxes you make. Most nice. of them have like corporation in California, which they pay a lot of taxes. You know, I don't know. You know, right. so okay. stop saying millions and millions. Oh, you you make millions. You've got millions in the bank. Thank you. I think I make I, I make more money uh, than City though. Damon, what's up, man? How are you? On the Pulp Mech Show, presented by uh, BTO Sports and Fly Racing. 
uh, fly racing basically gear out there. Yeah, no. Uh, fly gear, I mean, best out there, bro. I think that with a, uh, a points chase, when you change the rules, it, it, it kind of destroys the legendary status of the 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 people that came before on that. You know what I'm saying? Like um, the points reset, all this other nonsense. I just think it destroys like how hard it is to win the championship. Oh, and, it's the same thing. I don't know. I don't get it. I mean, you got to. Well, well you what gotta, I mean, it's like when you say like there's a point reset or 10 races, this, that, and the other. It just destroys how legendary it is to win the championship. Uh, I uh, think you'd be more badass if you win the chase. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I get what you're saying. Like the legends didn't have to do that, but whatever. I mean, things change. Times change. Do you know, Damon? They used to only have uh, uh, eight races a year in Supercross, like in the Hannah days in the late seventies. Well, they, also they like, had eight races I, a year. I understand. Like Reed won his championship for, because of different rules. So he's one of my favorite riders. But I understand there was different rules at then at that point, but. Different I rules? think it takes away. Well, okay. I mean, do you feel? Are you a NASCAR fan? Do you feel like Jimmy Johnson's? No, some of his. Not okay, a NASCAR well, fan at all. You know, I don't know if Jimmy. You feel like Jimmy Johnson's titles are? He's won them with the Chase, and so, uh, you know, Dale Earnhardt Jr. did not win his with the uh, with the Chase. So, um, I mean, whatever. Times change, man. We got to change with them. And uh, these guys are gnarly, no matter what. You still got to win and qualify to get into the Chase, right? So, um, right. But what's the point? If the points get reset, well, you're not. There won't be. Not everybody. I don't know how many freaking times I got to say this. Nobody's going to be set to zero. There's going to be handicaps. You're going to get a. If you are the points leader, and you have the most race wins, you're going to get the most points when the chase starts. You will be in the I'd points. Like, lead. I'd rather see like a, a change in the in in and 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 as far as like maybe like heat race wins or things like that would yeah, be more no, fun. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I would I would do that. I do heat race wins. I do a pole position. Um, you know, I do all that. Who's your favorite writer, bud? Guy Cooper is my number one. No, but the guy that actually um writing now. Uh, Chad Reed. Okay, your favorite your your favorite writer. He gets her um at the third what race. He did. What let, no, let, let me let me let, let me tell you a scenario. Your favorite writer, anybody's favorite writer. Yeah, her breaks a collarbone uh, round three. Can't be champion anymore. Collarbone in a couple of weeks, you can ride or, you know, you come back, you know, you make the top 10 after 10 races. Then your your favorite rider can actually go for the championship. I Do you like that idea? I think what they're talking about is if you win a race and you're not in the top 10, you still get in. Injury Injury guys, you know what I mean? If you yeah. win a race, you'll get in. Yeah, but that's good. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, no what about the guys that, you know, look at Tomac. He, he lost the championship at the first race uh, two years in a row almost. Remember, like, when yeah, he got yeah, hurt, yeah. you know? Yeah, absolutely. So if he comes back at round nine and win it, then he can actually compete for the championship. It's you know? fine. Just embrace it. If it sucks, balls will go back. Uh, and it's good for the industry, yeah, too. Yeah, I agree. Like I, It's good. Yeah, I just wanted to take away from the hard work that people do and the consistency that people They're have. They're still working you know hard. They're still working their balls off. Everybody's working just as hard. Nobody's going to slack, you know? Yeah, I think that it might might be like a different strategy uh, approach during the regular season, I guess. Yeah. But at the end of the day, you know, the best 
the best writer should win. You know? They always have. <laughs> yeah, they would. All right. Thanks, Damon. Thank you, man. Thanks. All right. Uh, It'd be good. Even for the industry, if you yeah. if you're a team, like, dude, if Justin Braden won on a Honda back when RV blew his knee out, like RV would have one less title, big deal, and Braden would be in a much revered place and make more money, and everybody would want Justin Braden. It's great for his career, and like that's not a bad thing. But look at a tough. Look at a even Roxon. You know, like last year, he gets hurt, or you know, he crashed in Atlanta, get yeah. hurt, or Oakland. Dude, it makes everything more interesting. And then the team spend that much money, and then they know they lost the championship after a few races. I'm like, and then you work so hard, and then you have to go to a race uh, just for race wins. There's no, yeah. no nothing. So I think the chase, and you don't, you know, I'm overall seeing guys uh, winning championship two races to go. That sucks. Four races sometimes. Yeah. It yeah. sucks. Uh, last call tonight. Skippy wants to talk to you, DV, about the Wyndham, the Wyndham Pass. Skippy, what, what's up? Uh, so the chase format, that was... That no, was, no, the Skippy. Skippy, you want to talk to him about Wyndham and DV? Well, I know, but was that a heat race pass or was that... That was a main event pass, wasn't it? The, uh, I, I, I can't really describe it as a pass. <laughs> well, yeah, true. It, goes, it was it, main event. It was in the main. It was main event. Are we talking about s- 12 years ago again? Well, I mean, I'm just wondering what that, uh, that was, that would have been a chase thing, huh? If, if that was a chase format, then technically that race, that was kind of early in the series, wasn't it? Second round. Yeah. Yeah, but I only got I got seventh still, so it's not a big deal. Yeah, you're still still bad, dude. You you are. But what was your uh, what would your uh, mentality throughout the entire rest of the series? Is that uh, even with the seventh, it still has to mentally block you in some kind of way, or do you just not give a fuck the rest of the series? I mean, you still got second in the series. No, I don't. Right? I got fourth that year in the series. So I wasn't really in the hunt to win the championship that year anyway. So I was only in the hunt a few, a couple of seasons anyway. But um, uh, You're still a yeah. champion in my heart, bro. Let, let's put it this way. Let's put it this way. As a writer, <laughs> if you're winning the championship by 30 points at round 10, you hate the chase format. Well, I've heard that the KTM guys are very against this. Shocker. You, 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 <laughs> you, you hate it. Right. Only one guy. The rest of the field, they're so excited because they get another, they get a shot. Yep. You know? So, basically, it's going to suck to the, for the guy that's like had a 20-point lead after 10 races. Yes, I understand that. But for the rest of the field and the rest of the people like in the, in in the, the stands, yeah. Yeah. in front of the TV... Uh, listening to Pulp MX, we are excited. That's Absolutely. Right? Well, well said. All right, everybody. Uh, Matt Bichelia, Oscar Weirdman, Ryan Lockhart, Ping, and Danny Stevenson on the night. BTOsports.com, Fly Racing, NFAB Jeep and Truck Parts, Race Tech Suspension, Vortex Racing, X-Brand Goggles, Hot Cams, Gear Alloy, Works Connection, Mitchell and Starcross 5, Atlas Neck Brace, FMF Racing, great guys at FMF, DV dependent on FMF to all those race wins in his career. Yeah. Every single one, right? With an FMF. I think I was the first FMF guy to win a 250 main event. Really? Uh-huh. 
Wow. Okay. Yeah, we'll have to ask a little D about that. W Wheels, Guts Racing, KTMPartsExpress.com, Roost Graphics. Remember, you want to win a set of graphics and a t-shirt? Email contest at pulpamexshow.com. We'll take the best ones. Two under the number two UNDR and Nitro Circus on board. DV, thank you, man. You, you brought it tonight. I, I was really, I was impressed with your, your co-hosting duties tonight. I thought I impressed you every time. Tonight was extra. Don't you feel, Travis, that DV kicked it in a little bit? Definitely brought the A plus plus game tonight. Hey, I, was, rather than just the A plus game. Hey, was I as good as Mathis on that pre-show? Not quite. Ooh, not quite. He was not pretty quite. good. Did you watch the pre-show? Yeah, of course. Oh, I did. Okay. People, hey, I, people complain that we spent too much time last show talking about the pre-show. But that was like yeah, a, a landmark. You're going to be on there. Well, that's what I mean. I'm that saying. That was a landmark. Right. That NBC was like, Sports, bro. Come on. Yeah, you well, gotta. And they paid me for it. They paid me. How much? What would you think that was worth? I want to raise. Um, what do you think they paid me? Five hundred. Yeah, it's five hundred. <laughs> was it? Yeah, yeah, it's five hundred. I'm, I'm yeah. good. <laughs> I don't even care. I would have done it for. I would actually told them to probably keep the money for all the paperwork I had to fill, fill out just to get paid to be an NBC Sports contract guy. You got to get ten ninety nine like, yeah, and all that oh, shit. Dude, everything. Like I'm 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 had to fill the same forms that Bob Costas had to fill out back in the day. So uh, I'm now on NBC Sports like books. You're on the payroll. Yeah. Yeah. Five hundred bucks. So uh yeah. Uh hey there's no race this weekend, but we are gonna have a show on Monday. Um so yeah stick around. We'll be back next Monday. Uh Chris Kiefer will be in. The great David Villeman in for the Pulp Mech show presented by BTO Sports dot com and fly racing. Thanks DV and uh let me know how things going. Uh come back up when you can. Yeah, I will. After I come back from France, I'll be here. Oh that's right, you're going to France. Yep. So uh all right everybody, thanks and we will oh thanks Travis. Thanks to Swisscore. Thanks to Moser. And I'm uh wait what? And I'm gonna go and kiss Pookie on the mouth. <laughs> things got weirder tonight. Yeah you like that? Alright everybody and we will see you next week. There's something I want to get off my chest. And it's about that summer when you went away to community college. I got an offer to do Playgirl magazine. And I did it. I did a full spread for Playgirl magazine. I, I mean spread, man. I pulled my butt apart and stuff. and I was totally nude. and It was weird. I, I mean, you probably didn't hear about it because I went under the name of Mike Honcho. I just wanted you to know that, if you could hear me, if it got into your brain somehow, that I spread my butt cheeks as Mike Honcho.